Show me your salami, motherfucker. I was hoping you weren't going to say, what do you think about Pascal or whatever the hell. Any words that came out of your mouth after you said that, I really didn't hear because I was kind of stewing. are my buddy until the end not just a buddy you're, you're my, my best, best friend, friend. <laughs> ah, nice. i love that song yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Watsy Party Horror Show where we're fighting the good fight for the horror nation Boom! The best Halloween party in town. Ha <laughs> ha! Damn right! Folks, we are a three-act podcast released at the beginning of every month, and in each episode, you can expect to hear a comprehensive list of upcoming genre releases, followed by a horror topic of discussion, and finally, an in-depth breakdown of a horror film of our choosing. Folks, we are here right now, episode number six of the show, and it's our Watsy Halloween party celebration. I'm your host, Mr. Watson, podcasting from just outside of Olympia, Washington, and my co-host here at this horrendous Halloween-y hoedown is... Dave Z, and damn, have I missed doing this. Oh, wow. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's been My friend, long. yes. <laughs> It has. It's, it is good to be podcasting with you yet again, my man. And, and folks, I, I think it bears mentioning that we had some, I had some major tech problems on my end that pushed back production of this episode here, which is why you're likely hearing this later in the month than usual. Folks, my lovely MacBook Pro went belly up the day, Dave Z, the day, folks, that Dave Z and I were set to record this show. We always do it on the first weekend of the month. We were good to go, and then my computer was fried. So for the past couple weeks, I've been without a computer. And I'll tell you this, Dave, it hit me. Just how much of my life, and I don't know if you can relate to this or not, or you listeners can, but just how much of my life is reliant on a working computer. It's, it's, it's honestly kind of awful, <laughs> but, but it's true that literally all my hobbies involve computers in some way. Podcasting for one, computer. Writing, all my documents, where are they? They're online. Computer. Music. Yeah, I can grab my guitar or whatever and strum it out in the porch or the couch or whatever. If I want to record or experiment and dick around, gotta have my recording software. Computer. Photography and video, yeah, go out in nature, unplug, take pictures, record. Uh-oh, editing time. Gots to have my Photoshop, my Premiere Pro, editing that business. Computer, so <laughs> fortunately for me, uh, Dave Z and all you party people out there, my son is a genius. So I was just telling Dave Z and party planning that he gave me this list. My 15-year-old my son gave me this list of computer parts to buy, and he actually just built this computer on which I now record. It's a, an impressive machine. I'm proud of the young man for doing this for me. Lil Watt is the absolute best, but... The dark side to all this is that the hard drive on my MacBook Pro got almost completely corrupted before it gave up the ghost. Mm. So, Dave, I've lost all the Watsy Party Horse Show episodes and associated audio. Now, you know, like from a listener standpoint, that might not mean much because you could just go ahead, download any of our episodes you want from any place where podcasting can be acquired, right? Not a problem. But from a production standpoint, it's a little bit of a nightmare, folks. If you, Dave, let's give them a little peek behind the curtain. You know, I use a professional recording software called Reason Studios. Powerful stuff. Very powerful stuff. It's all, let's just level with everybody. It's why we sound better than all the other shows you like. So that's what's up. No, <laughs> but I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. But the real deal is that on episode number one, 
I built this whole complicated audio template with all my mixing and mastering settings for our vocals, all our original audio bumpers that go between each segment that I made, the playlist you hear during every party favor segment, intro outro music that I wrote for the show, a folder of podcast related sound effects and background music options, and just a ton of little automated tweaks that no one would notice, things that make the show sound pleasing to the ear. Well, all that I found is completely unrecoverable, corrupted, heartbreaking stuff. Thankfully, though, right before we started the show back in May, Dave, I committed a ton of stuff, bunch of content to an external hard drive I've got. So I was able to grab an old episode of my solo cast Horror Corridor and use those audio settings to serve as a foundation upon which we can rebuild the party here. So that covers mixing and mastering, which is a huge chunk of the work. And then Dave, Z, you and my son both had the same suggestion for me. You guys are like, look, download an episode of the party and extract audio from there. So I did that. It was a success. I got all of our audio bumpers. I got Mercy's clickety clackety song, <laughs> you know, which I threw together back on episode one. And I happened to have had a copy of our intro song saved on Google Drive. So Right now, we're just piecing things together little by little, and for, so that way it sounds consistent, this episode and sounds consistent with the other shows, and so this will mean, you know, reconstructing a similar playlist to the one I use, I always use for party favors, you know, producing a new outro theme, which I think we've got covered, so that's already done, and then recollecting a, all the little sound effects, you know, the beeps if we drop an F-bomb, or in the case of Jeremy Freeman from the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, <laughs> a hard end bomb my God, Dave Z. <laughs> the coin the coin toss sound effect we use other little things so i i hope this isn't boring you friends and listeners out there but i just wanted to be accountable to all y'all party papes out there because this is a consistently monthly show we're committed to that this isn't like horror corridor where you can never be sure isn't is there going to be another episode who knows the party happens once a month and you can count on that this was just big Big things that got in the way, all tech stuff. And like Dave was telling me in the party planning, man, tech stuff can be a problem. And you, you've been through it more than most people with with, uh, with producers, you know, with new computers and such. So I'm sure <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you've experienced that hell of a ride. So getting getting everything together. So it's happening. We're here. The party's back on. Dave Z, how have you been, my friend? <laughs> What's new in your horror world, buddy? Oh, buddy. <laughs> I, all, all I've been doing is working and trying, trying to be able to watch a horror movie a day for the month, which I've never had a problem Ooh. doing it before. And yeah. if you balance it out, I still am above the average. But because of something I was watching, some things I was watching for uh, Exploding Heads, they weren't horror movies. It was our last non-horror show. So three straight days in a row, I watched things that weren't horror. So hor oh, wow. horrific things happened in these movies. That's for sure. They were sad and tragic and, and everything else, but they weren't horror and it was weird. And I'm only having time to watch one a day. Most of the time I'm working late. I have things I'm working overtime. I, it's been a, a pretty busy month. I've been pretty busy with, with work overtime and uh, the animals. I, I have my baby, my cat yep. over here and having him is kind of like having a baby because uh, it's a, it's like having a newborn because you got to do yeah. certain things. I, I have to spend time with him before he goes to bed, and I have to spend time with him in the morning, which before I didn't have that with the other animals. I just up and go. But if I if he sees me, I can't just be like, hey, and just walk past him. I just I can't do that to him. So uh, I, I'm, <laughs> more of my time is dedicated to, to this little guy. So um, my time is very short. I, I can tell you that. But... I'm getting by. I'm I'm just a, a little more tired, and um, you know, I was kind of pissed off earlier because uh, I have so many things on my plate, and I was texting somebody, and I said, you know what? Right now, I'm jealous of the single guys that have apartments <laughs> that can watch 31 Days of Horror 
Yeah, right. <laughs> right now I can't. And I know people like that have no problem doing that. <laughs> but I'm okay. Yeah, they're, they're blessed uh, <laughs> in that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I was just venting. Uh, the thing is, I'm all right. Uh, I'm, I, I really can't complain, you know? I, I really can't. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just shut my mouth and not bitch. <laughs> fair enough man you know as for me you know i'm not doing this 31 days of horror thing i i like watching and seeing people's lists online but i i i think you might have said it last exploding heads but i or maybe the one before that but because you guys have been pumping out those episodes lately back on that bi-weekly i dig it yeah. love hearing your voices well mainly yours uh christian uh brandy no just kidding <laughs> i love those guys uh we, yeah but uh you know like you were saying you just can't like bind yourself to uh, like a, a structured you know, this day I watch this, this day I watch this. I would, I, I can't do it. I don't have the, and plus I barely watched. Well, okay. That's not true. I was about to say I barely watched anything, but you know, I've been watching 2019 horror, like a madman as we're rounding out toward Halloween and the end of the year. We'll be talking about a lot of those in the party favor segment of the show, but do check this out. Here's what I've been up to. I've been up to something that I rarely ever do folks. I've been online gaming. Yeah. Dave, I'm, huh. I'm an online, I'm a gamer now. Uh, it just happened. My son. Okay. He, wow. he's a, like a real gamer. I'm not, man. I don't have much of an interest in video games. I I think they're great, but I just don't play them. You know, my son and I will play Halo a lot because it brings him back to when he was a little kid and we would do that together. And we also play a game called A Hat in Time. It's this adorable game. It's it's kind of cool, which our buddy Roberto Amanza plays, who wrote into the show a couple episodes back. He's great. And, and we play those games, but I never play by myself. Well, my son has something called Game Pass on Xbox One. Don't know what that is, but sometimes I guess you can download free games or whatever. Cool. So he's like, hey, play the new Blair Witch game. And I did. Played it to completion, Dave Z, like a month ago. It was a blast. The sound design in that game is next level stuff. Scary and immersive stuff. But the real deal, my friends, this is, I am addicted to playing a game called Dead by Daylight. Dave Z, have you ever heard of this? Yes, yes, I have. Yep. Oh, you have? Okay, well, it was yeah. brand new to me. And folks, if you haven't heard of this, it's essentially like being inside a slasher. You pick your character, you get online, and then... The game puts you and three other players in these random levels. Some of these are indeed familiar settings, by the way, like Haddonfield and Springwood. But the deal is that you're trapped with a killer in this closed off area. And your goal is to start up five generators placed randomly throughout this level in order to open the exit gate to get out of there. But you can also play as the killer. And so then your goal is to kill and stop the survivors from getting those generators going and then you sacrifice them to the entity with a capital e that's brought everything together it's i've never played as the killer before but aside from like the super neat slasher characters that are original to the game itself right there are a lot of the famous killers that we know and love that come after you michael myers freddy leatherface jigsaw ghostface and the monster from stranger things and you can even play as ash williams Laurie Strode and other protagonists from various intellectual properties. Dave Z, this game is exhilarating and I can't get enough of it. I have never been addicted to a game before. This is so unlike me. It'd be like if I fell in love or something like that. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, but I love it. If you're listening and and you're and I'm gonna wrap it up here. You're good at gaming uh, because I am at at this game anyway. If you got an Xbox One, because I don't think it's cross-platform. Yeah, that's game talk, folks. My thumbs hurt from too much damn gaming. Tell you, no, <laughs> they don't. Uh, that's a Jack Black thing from, uh, from his gaming channel he has on YouTube. But we, we folks, we got to coordinate and do some playing together. I'd love nothing more than a game with your friends and listeners, you party people. So email into the show, hit me up on our Facebook group page with your gamer tag, and we'll make something happen at some point, I promise. So, you know, really quickly before we get into the uh, itinerary of the episode, Dave, do you enjoy video games? You play them at all or? 
Uh, I, you know, at this stage, I just do not have time. I'm just, I'm just trying to watch a movie a day and I can't even do that. (laughs) Although there is something I do when I have the time and and we're together and and the mood is right. Me and my wife and my daughter play rock band, which is, is a video, you know? So we do play. I like that. Yeah. Rock band. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do that. Maybe, um, you know. Every couple of months, we'll do. Usually, when we do it, though, we kind of do it like a lot. Like if we do it one day, we'll do it the next or something because it can be addicting. Yeah. And we have fun playing Rock Band. It's funny because I have um, just before dawn, which is a slasher video game, video game that my wife or daughter, one of them, bought it for me. Like I oh. don't know, four years ago or something. And I was I I, I got to play it, and I, I played it for I don't know. I played it for like a month, and then all kinds of crazy stuff happened in my life, and and I stopped playing yeah. it. And I never went back. And um, I just haven't gone back. And, and it's crazy because when that Friday the 13th game came out, of course I was excited about it. It's Friday the 13th. And I even yep. got for Father's Day like three years ago, like the not the game, but it was the, it was the um, like something for the PlayStation, like PlayStation Bucks or something or gift cards for the places. And so just when I got my, got the house and got settled and, and got in, I was going to buy the game. Well, those two things, the, those two cards they gave me are still sitting in my dresser. I never even got around to buying the game. So, oh no, <laughs> I just don't have the time, man. I I choose if I'm going to do something, I I'm just content to watch movies and um yeah. and and do my poster collecting. It's so bad that I was given a poster. It came in the mail. I got a po. It was a gift um from Christine, who who I know was listening to this show as well, but. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, she went to see Three from Hell, and she, I think, she, I think she heard me talking about it on this show, probably that I wanted to go because I wanted to get the poster, and uh, uh-huh. I didn't go because they they let it slip like a couple days before it came out that it's coming to VOD like two weeks after. I'm like, well, why am I going to spend fifteen dollars to go to the movies right, yeah. to see it when I could just see it on VOD for freaking half the price in a couple weeks? So I didn't go. <laughs> and plus, it's a commitment. I come home from work, I got to rush to get there on time. It's a two-hour oh, yeah. thing. I got to come home, and then I'm thinking about bed an hour or so later. So I said, no, I'm not going to go. So she went, and when she got out, there was a bunch of uh, people. And there, pardon me, there was there was a bunch of posters still left over from the giveaway. So she knows I collect, and I, she, I think she heard me mention it here. She sent it to me. So, Aww. yeah, yeah, and it was awesome. But she sent it to me, right? Then, a, then I had to flat it out for a couple of days. Then a couple of days later, there's the whole procedure. Then a couple of days later, I got the <laughs> um, what do you call it, the frame. And then yeah. a couple of days after that, I framed it. And now, and I still haven't had the time to go in there and friggin' hammer it up and hang it up. That that's how. Oh man, dude! I haven't even got like my wife did a half of the the Halloween decorations. I'm still trying to get to the second half of the Halloween. I, I got stuff I got to put up, and I just do not have the time to do it, and it's driving me nuts. So that that's what's going on. That's why I'm. That's why I'm. That's why I gripe about not having time because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Things I want to do. So yeah, video games. It's out of the question right now. I mean, I wish. <laughs> oh, I I feel you. I am like my my video game time right now. Before I burn out on this is cutting into things that I need to be doing. <laughs> like my time management skills right now are poor. And I have people, you know, being like, hey, Watson, come come guest star on, you know, on, on this uh, this episode. And 
and, and, and I, I'm, I'm mentioning this only because if people are like, oh, so you're gaming, that's why you can't do it. No, it's because <laughs> of everybody's on the East Coast. By the time I get home from work, you guys are all over on the East Coast are all in bed already. And so it's not fair to be like, oh, sure, you know, when I get home and, you know, you know I, that's, yeah, so that's why any East Coasters who've been like, hey, why, how come Watson and us haven't collaborated? It's not because of the game. It's because by the time I, I'm getting home, you guys are in bed and girls. So sorry about that, but we'll make something happen, folks. So, okay, I mean, uh, preamble, that, that's behind us. Let's get into the episode itinerary. So first, we've got some listener feedback to read. Then in the party favor segment of the show, act number one, Dave Z will lead us through a list of the October 2019 horror releases. Next in the horror deep dive segment of the show, act number two, Dave Z and I are going to keep it light and festive. So in the spirit of Al Hallows Eve, we're going to first have a brief discussion about a debate that's going on in certain circles regarding the possibility of changing the date of Halloween. Dave's got some thoughts about that. Then we're going to make like it's October 31st here at the party and we're going to each give you our five ideal Halloween day horror watches. It's not exactly a ranking, but it kind of is. We'll explain this when the time comes. And finally, in the showtime segment of the party, act number three, Dave Z and I will give you a spoiler free review of VHS to 2013. After all that, we'll pick our film for the next episode, give our plugs, bid you all a fond farewell. Party will close its doors, but if you've seen, folks, if you've seen VHS 2 and want to hear a spoiler-filled discussion of the film, then please stay for the after party where we go all out. All right then, Davesy, we've got some listener feedback once again. Our first email comes from a man I consider a good friend who I met through the Dark Discussions podcast. I particularly like him because he's a devoted Christian who actually gives Christians a good name. You know, in our genre, Christianity is often depicted one-dimensionally. Christians are cultists or zealots, but Kevin's just one of those dudes who loves people and loves horror. He writes, Mr. Watson and Mr. Z, congratulations on a good new horror podcast. I like the setup. Upcoming releases, topics of discussion, then a review of a movie without and with spoilers. I must admit I still miss Horror Corridor, but this is really good, and I like the conversations you two have. You present good discussions concerning horror makes me think about these topics. And then from here, Kevin addresses a couple topics, Dave, that we covered in our deep dive. He says... I agree that remakes aren't bad, so this goes back to episode one here. I agree that remakes aren't bad, but they need to be done right, but at the same time, there's so much out there that remakes aren't necessary. And then he addresses another episode. Style is good and can make a movie enjoyable, even if the substance isn't as there as it could be. At the same time, you can have a great story, but filming it in the garage or basement would make the film unbearable. I liked We Are Still Here, now he's referencing episode four. That was episode four, right? Yes, it was. I liked We Are Still Here, even though it's set in New England. Uh, That is an upstate New York winter, and this was filmed about 45 minutes from where I grew up in Rochester, New York. You mentioned the Banana Splits movie. I watched the show when I was very young. I'm about Dave Z's age. I wasn't into the characters, but the cartoons. Now I have that theme song stuck in my head. Thank you. I look forward to the next show, and keep up your good podcasting. So... Thank you, Kevin. Uh, You and I have done our fair share of talking and I relish each conversation. I I don't feel like I personally deserve a listener quite as good as you, sir, but I'm glad DDP brought us together because we got similar spiritual views in a lot of ways and that makes for great horror conversation. You rock. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. That's really cool, man. Yeah, yeah. He's listening to everything and I like what you said about being, uh, you know, being a Christian and it being a good name, you know what I mean? And, and doing it the right way. So, you know, and that, that does mean a lot to me, too, because, you know, my upbringing and plus just the horror genre, I think, does that particular sect of people in the world kind of a disservice a lot of the time. Now, listen, I'm, I'm not mm. saying I don't love me some movies that, you know, have some 
awful Christian uh, cultists and stuff like that. But, you know, it'd be nice to see some movies like, hey, why not paint these people as good sometimes? I don't know. Nuance. We talked about that on episode four. Nuance. 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 And I'll never stop talking about that. And, And honestly, Dave Z. Uh, We go from one prominent Christian in the horror community to yet another. Our friend Brandon Young of the Anatomy of Fear podcast has written us. He actually, folks, he actually works for the Catholic Church and is yet another example of a good man who gets the God thing right in a world full of so many people who don't. He writes, my dudes, so I've had a week of much driving, which means a week of much podcast catch up time. I've hammered out both episodes four and five. So now I'm emailing you my feedback and I'm going to do it in a friendly, easy to read bulleted format. And Dave, you can't see the words because uh, I've got them in front of me, but it's, it's pretty clear stuff. So not that I expected anything else, but great episode. I'm unsurprisingly impressed with your shows. And this one was no exception. It has felt similar the whole time, but it feels like you guys are really setting in nicely. I consider both of you my friends. So listening to two of listening to two of my homies is enjoyable and yeah, I mean, I consider Brandon a friend as well. I mean, he's he's my favorite Brandon in this community as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> can't play. Sorry, B. <laughs> he doesn't, does B listen? Does B listen? I think so, but I can't 100% say that. Okay, because he didn't respond when you asked them if they listened, but Christian said he listens to some of the episodes. So I don't know about that, B. No, I love <laughs> B. Uh, his next bullet point is directed at you, Dave Z. He writes, okay, here we go. I'd like to make fun of Dave Z. For listening to fish <laughs> because they're terrible. <laughs> but I liked what he said about having context around that specific album. I'm typically in the camp of preferring films that don't require additional context to understand it, but it really can enhance the experience. For example, stories of Pascal Logier and Martyrs or Ari Aster and his films. So Dave Z, what do you say about that fish hate? <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing I was stewing on. So everything you said after the fish, I thought I was hoping you weren't going to say, what do you think about Pascal or whatever the hell. Any words that came out of your mouth after you said that, I really didn't hear because I was kind of stewing and thinking about how I was going to respond. I'm dying over here, Dave. Dude, ah, dude, I'm telling you, you are not going to find more talented musicians than the people in this band. If you are a fan of music, sit down and listen to a guitar solo from Trey just pick a, oh my God. And the drums from Fishman, dude, is freaking off the hook. I could understand. It's almost like movies. You can't say something, you can't say like the, the Exorcist or The Shining is terrible. You could say you don't like it. I can say okay. But you cannot tell me that Fish is terrible because the, the talent, I listen to all different kind of music of all genres and I love I love music so much that I was listening to a podcast the other day and somebody said, would you rather, if you had the choice to go blind or to go deaf, what would you pick if you had to choose one? And everyone yeah. obviously knows that I love fucking, I love movies. All I do we're talking movies. All I do was talk movies. I watch, but I love music so much that I had to sit there and legitimately think about this. That's how much I love music and rely on it in my life. So wow. I listen to a lot of music. That's the bottom line. And the talent in the band Fish is off the charts. If you don't get a jam band, that's fine. It's like someone saying they don't like Suspiria or Neon Demon because it's style sure. or substance. And we've yeah. been down that road. But don't tell me. What did he say? They stink? They're awful? Something. I, I, yeah, he said they're terrible. I'm sure he's yeah. he's messing because he knows you like them so much. I'm certain of it. He, uh, Brandon knows you of your fish love. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And, and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on to his next point. He, he, uh, he's, he's responding to something I said about the movie Necrotronic 2019. He says, I w- agree 100% on Necrotronic. I loved it because 
I frequently need films that are just enjoyable. There's almost nothing I like more than my doom filled, my doom filled atmospheric films. But sometimes we just need a snakes on the plane type film, no subtext, just a movie that's exactly what it is and fun. And to that bullet point, I couldn't agree more, Dave. You know, I mean, isn't it nice sometimes to turn off your brain and just enjoy some dumbass shit? <laughs> that's oh, yeah. me, man. Of course. What is banana splits? You know? Yeah. Ex- yep. Exactly. And so he goes on to say, Dave, look forward to hearing your thoughts on the wind. That is, uh, he says it's in his top five of the year so far. Wow. As for your topic, I too am excited to see. What, oh, he must be meaning last episode uh, about when we talked about the the future of the horror icons. So he says, as for your topic, I too am excited to see what happens with many of my favorite horror icons as I get older. Although I'm sure I'll be long gone by the time there's some real big changes or interesting adaptations. I feel that we are leaving the horse scene in good hands with our kids since all three of us have kids around the same age and we are training them well. And so, I, I, yeah, I think he's right about that. We've all got our kids into that good horror, that's for sure. But I will point out one thing, unless I'm horribly mistaken here. Brandon, your son, who's adorable as all hell, by the way, isn't he like pretty a pretty young grade schooler? I mean, David and I got them teenagers, so I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's funny that as the youngest dude here, I have the oldest kid. That's kind of weird. I just turned 35. My son's almost 16. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that's about to happen. So you're moving on. I don't want to <laughs> age myself here or tell the ladies too much about numbers. So <laughs> <laughs> No, ladies like that because they ladies want to know that you have the older kids because then they don't have to be bothered with the raising and all that other. You nonsense. know what? That is exactly. I got some flack and I'm not going to go on this whole thing. I got some flack for that interview I did with Jerry Herring. I, I got a couple of things like mm. uh, email where I said I don't want to date girls with kids. And I got a couple. Well, you have a kid. I'm like, OK, listen, it's kids are good when they're young enough to take naps. Because when yeah. you you could go to their 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 you know where they live, you know head up to their crib and then they put the yeah. kid down for a nap and then you have that forty five minutes to do what you want to do with her. And and you know? see and that that that's the you know <laughs> that and, and that is bad. a very valid that is a very valid thing. Not with the kid the the, the girlfriend folks. Come on. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, but the, the whole thing is like okay, look, twenty four year old girls got the 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 two year old kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the the sixteen year old kid. She's not gonna be his mom. And I'm going to have to be that kid's dad. And I'm a good dad. And you know what, though? That, that ship has sailed for me. I, I'm doing my thing. We're not getting into this or I'm going to like, or this is just going to be the Watt pod. You're going to leave, Dave. Dave's like, I'm out. And there's going to be me ranting solo cast style about stuff. And we don't need that in our lives because honestly, for me to have healthy boundaries, I need to just follow my bliss, folks. So yeah, <laughs> Brandon buddy. takes, okay, last, last of Brandon's points. <laughs> he takes issue with our coin toss on the last show. He writes, I was so excited when you almost picked We Are What We Are, as that's one of my p- favorite horror films ever. So you killed that buzz. <laughs> but I really, <laughs> I really am. He's where he writes, I really am interested to hear your episode and how you'll tackle an anthology. Keep up the great work, my friends. And thanks to you both for all the support to my show in the past. West Side. <laughs> Brandon, man, he's taking a lot of shots at you. Cause I, I, and let me just say, I, I must point out, I am West Side till I die. No offense, Dave Z, as you are an East Coast gentleman, but my favorite rapper, Cage, is from New York, and the Impractical Jokers are my favorite people ever, and they're from Staten Island. I got that East Coast love all the way. So just you hey, know, hey, listen, yeah, dude, I, I got no problem with someone throwing up the W and West Side. I'm, yeah, West Side. You know, I, yeah. yo, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. And if you want to get into hip hop. Everybody knows that New York is where it began, and that, that, yep. that's the bottom line. So no that, argument there. Uh, there's no there's no East West beef with me. Matter of fact, actually, no. Nah, that's it. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, you, <laughs> you're, you're a cool dude and uh, and a friend, of course. And um, the, the, you know what? The thing about we are what we are is we didn't the way. And I say I think I said it on the show, or maybe it was in maybe it was off the air. But I'm like, I don't know if we want to be typecast of every show having to be that why not just have a movie that's just for fun once and that's kind of what yeah. vhs is i think i think that's what it was i think that's why that 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 came to the 
you know, the, the top for me. I was like, you know, let's just have fun this time and, and not have to, to deep dive into something serious every single time. Oh, oh for no, sure. 2012, yeah. that's next, right? 2012 is next, yes. Okay, well, I promise you, if I win the coin flip, it'll be something more serious again. How's that? Okay. Just for good. Brandon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just for Brandon. Yeah. And folks, that is Brandon from the Anatomy of Fear podcast. So please yep. do us a favor and check out check out that podcast. It's a show that's remarkably similar to my solo cast, Horror Corridor. And both Brandon and his co-host, Alan, they wear that on their sleeves. They shout us out like every episode, Dave. So, so we're the f***ing guys. <laughs> Much <laughs> love, Brandon. <laughs> and now... Yes. We got a quick message from a listener who I've actually met in person. She's a friend of the show. She drunk Facebooks more than anyone I know. Her name is Melissa, but you might have seen her on the page as Mel Swan. And she DM'd me the following. And here's what it reads. Watson, I will write into the Watsy show in an official capacity soon, but I do have two questions for you and Dave that I hope you'll address when you record next time. Number one, would your show ever create a Patreon or something like it so people can give you money? And number two... Since your show goes back a year each episode, how long do you plan to keep that up? Every decade, and she writes, <laughs> every decade will take nearly a year to go through since your show is monthly. Are you really going to put us through an entire year of 90s horror? Is there any <laughs> chance I could talk you out of this? <laughs> so, <laughs> and Dave, you just got your fill of the 90s on uh, the, the podcast Under the Stairs summer series, which was awesome, by the way. Duncan is amazing. And we'll yes. we'll talk about that in the plugs of the show. I got, nice. I love Duncan, man. We recently you. connected and yeah. Good. Whew. We've been talking and we, yeah, and then you'll, you'll probably be hearing Duncan and me talking at some point if we can organize that. But so let's address yes. Mel, uh, Melissa's first question. Yeah, I know. Right, Dave. Yeah. Uh, her, her, let's address Melissa's first question first here. Her first question first here. I'll just say the word first over and over. So what do you think of a Watsy party Patreon? Is that something we should consider? And Dave, I didn't tell you before, but when this whole computer fiasco happened, one of our dear listeners who we've already mentioned, Christine Strau, contacted me wanting to throw money at us. And she, like Melissa, was sad we don't have a Patreon. And so shout out to Christine once again, because I was, I, folks, I was genuinely touched by her kindness. She's listening to this right now for certain. And I hope she knows I mean that. But Dave, you know more, you know more about, if I can even, if you know more about slurring a sentence than I do. No, you more, you know more <laughs> about Patreon than I do. So what do you think? What do you think about a Watsy Patreon at some point? Oh, I see. I was hoping you were going to answer first because. Oh, I can. Okay, please do because I, okay, I don't I have, want everything I say might be for naught. Yeah, you got to oh, say what you got to say first. Okay, fine. Uh, so, I, I my, my thoughts are basically as follows. You know, I don't want. So, one thing I I kind of know what I don't want. I don't want it to alter the format of the show. I'm open to a Patreon for sure, but I don't want it to alter the format of the show. Nor do I want it all to hinge upon. It's funny because Jamie uh, before. No, 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 no. It was after Mel sent me this message. Uh, Jamie Sammons, uh, you know, ABC's A Hidden Horror and all the other great podcasts, she's she's the best, was talking about just the whole ethic, not ethics, but just the whole, you know, what would Patreon, what does Patreon support mean to you as creators and as people who support? And it was it was a cool thread. And I had this whole thing. I, I, so I don't want it. I wouldn't want a Patreon to alter the format of the show. And I don't want it to be about wish fulfillment. For instance, Dave, I am proud of you guys and Exploding Heads for returning back to your 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 like well I don't know if it's your original format but at least your your more relaxed format here soon because that right there is the show that got you guys patrons in the first place and I personally think that return to form is important like you guys bend over backwards to please the patrons which is super respectable but gosh I would be overwhelmed personally and so 
if we and I, you know, and I, I think that was a, a part and a kind of a part of Exploding Heads journey as of this year was a little bit of that overwhelmed uh, feeling. And so if we did a Patreon down the line, I'm not certain yet how I feel about the idea of patrons regularly paying to choose like our movies or our topics. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'd have to make sure that we seriously lead the witness on that, so to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. so our format just doesn't allow for too many alterations. And I like that. It keeps the show solid. But we also can't forget the core value our show offers to listeners, which has to do with our in-depth approach to the genre. And I'd hate for a patron, pa- not patrons, but for Patreon itself to get in the way of that because the second Patreon gets in the way, it's no longer serving its purpose. Does that make sense? Like, Patreon is supposed to be about investing in an existing community, and so I'd want to cater to that. So I'm thinking like Watsy pins, buttons, stickers, t-shirts, perks like that, personal Skype hangouts with us that only the patrons have access to, dedicated online movie nights, maybe once a month or five, six weeks or something like that, something they can count on, additional little mini episodes, just little mini reviews here and there, nothing too grandiose, but just here you go, here's here's some, here's some rela- uh, reliable and relatable extra content, maybe videos on down the line for the patrons to have access to something, things that promote the communal aspect of the party, but nothing that necessarily touches what we do on the podcast to a large extent, because the podcast format and our control over that is of the utmost importance in my mind. So maybe Dave, maybe I'm mistaken, but what do you, what do you think of that? Is my take out, out of line? What do you think about that? I have to agree absolutely with what you said about not impacting what we do on this show when we sit down and record. We do not want okay. that at all. No. I wondered if you were going to agree with that. Of course, I, I have to agree with it. We have a format on this show, and there's no reason to mess it up. Now, if somebody came along and said, here, I'll give you $1,000 to do a second oh, interview, God. a second review, <laughs> a show, I would uh, say, well, Watson, that's $500 a piece. Sorry. Yep. Uh, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Okay? <laughs> if you're talking about a Patreon, that's, that's that, that type of money, that Ooh. see here's the we'll do problem. whatever right that's the problem is <laughs> oh that shoot I, now there we are we're already yeah we're, we're already being problematic here <laughs> <laughs> i know i know but the, see it's tough because i'm going to come off a certain way and it's it's you know what when you when you answer something honestly um i guess you shouldn't be worried about how it's going to come off because i mean sure. you're just being you but i'm just going to say when it comes to patreon i support shows like Okay, let me even rewind. When I first started listening to podcasts, when the Skeleton Crew was like the only game in town for me, like they were the first show I listened to, and to me, they were heads and shoulders above every other podcast I listened to. If they would have said, you have to pay to listen to the show, I would have given them my money. And I've known Alex Fierce, it had nothing to do with my friendship with him. But if they would have said, each show costs $5, we're going to put out uh, two or three shows a month, I would have paid $5 to listen to every show. To me, that entertainment is worth it. I enjoyed the show that much. That's how I feel. Now, those were the earlier days of podcasting and horror podcasting. Now there are so many horror podcasts that... For one show to come out and say, well, you got to pay us, it, it's just not going to happen because there's too I many agree. free shows. But yeah. some shows, in my opinion, are good enough that if someone told me the only way I could listen to it is to donate to the Patreon, I absolutely would. And if I want to see bonus material from them and I enjoy the show enough and I have the time to watch or listen to it, I would do it. I see some shows, and again, this is where I might come off sounding bad, and and. I can't help it, and I don't want to sound arrogant because I'm not, but I, I will state that I think that the shows I do 
are quality and they are entertaining. And I'm just yeah. going to leave it at that. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Okay. That's as, as much praise as I, uh, I, I, the, the biggest pat I will give myself. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying that this is the best show ever and that Exploding Eyes is the best podcast ever on ABC. That we're, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I listen to a lot of horror podcasts and I know some horror podcasts. And yes, the competitive nature in me, I look at success. <laughs> By first and foremost, the communities. The communities are great. I mean, if you yeah. just give me money, I have no community. That that's not so fun. But no, if you have the community, um, that's great. And the listeners and your friends with them and everything else. And I wish everyone that listened was was on the Facebook pages and whatever. But they're not. But still, I. Yep. But I, aside from that, I look at success in two ways of a podcast. I look at their iTunes, and if I see a whole bunch of things like, you know, two hundred and three hundred and, and thousands. I listen to, and and I look at their Patreon and they're they're up in the eight hundred dollars plus and they are shows that I'm just like you know what their show is fine but I think the stuff I do is better when I yeah. see that that is that's the jerk off in me I guess that's that's the bad stuff <laughs> you're gonna say about Dave Z is that I'm gonna look at that and say you know what I feel <laughs> that the stuff I do and the people I do with that we should have the type of income coming in uh, for the entertainment that we give so. I'm always going to be into it for, I'm always going to be in support of a Patreon and no, no matter what it would take to the bonus episodes or many of the different ideas. I feel that yeah. if you are into a show enough and that show is good enough to you, why not support the show? I mean, I, I see shows that yes, they are weekly, but it's only like an hour format and I listen to them and I've tried them and these are like top tier shows that people recommend to me and I yep. try them and I listen to them I'm like, how are these two people? making almost a living or, or at least paying for um, a car off yeah. this show and the stuff that we do isn't anything close to that. What is wrong with the world? Why? Right. So it's almost so much, nah, I'm not jealous, but I'm like, well, if they can make this kind of money, then why can't I? So, yeah. uh, so that's just me being honest. I do want some money. I think it would be great. If someone yeah. thinks that we are deserving of it, then please, but what a way. I, I see shows they have like, they're making like, there's horror pod. I'm not going to name who they are, but there are horror yeah. podcasts. I've seen them. Regular shows that are like ours or Exploding Heads or whatever. And they just get on there to do their stuff. And yes, they're entertaining. They're fine. They're making $800 a month. And I look at that. And, and most of them are like dollar people. So like they have people that, oh. are, that are only giving like a dollar. So that's like, wow. even if, <laughs> even if, yeah, even if each episode is getting 3,000 listens, that's still, you know, uh, that's that's less than a third of the listeners coming in, just giving them one dollar and it's enough. You know, yeah. and I'm like, wow, how do they do <laughs> it? So when I see that, that's why I say, you know what? I think that the stuff that we're doing it should be opened up to that. And there you go. That's all I can say about it. And I hope I don't come off the wrong way, but that's just me being me. No, and, and you know, and I, and I like that too because. I'm really glad that you're of that mind on it too, because I wasn't sure if you'd be like, Oh, like I, I, we shouldn't do a Patreon or, you know, or whatever. I'm, I'm really glad you're on that. And in fact, kind of this whole discussion right here and now, but also what Jamie Sammons thread on Facebook and just thinking about Patreon, I've been, I, I sometimes get a little anxious is too strong a word, but a little 
a little overwhelmed when I see like kind of new, thank God I have my son because he, 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 he keeps me young technologically, but like something like Patreon, I don't support any shows because just the thought of needing to learn Patreon, which I'm sure it's simple as hell, all the complicated things I do and I can't take the time to learn that, but there are shows I want to start supporting financially. And I think, uh, starting this next month, I'm going to start like a, a few select shows like, you know, that I really, that really deliver the value proposition to me that I appreciate most that I'll be, I want to show them my support through not just shouting out, but through with money too. And, and it'd be, and, and here's what I would think. And just to spitball this here before we move on to Mel's Melissa's next question about how we choose our films. But I would almost say rather than monthly, maybe, well, I guess our episodes are monthly. I was going to say by episode because I I've, I've listened to a couple little lectures on Patreon here and there, like on YouTube and stuff and pro Patreon people. And they seem to say like a lot of people have success by doing it by episode or by, you know, by video or whatever your content is rather than by a time frame. Now with horror corridor, that'd be probably uh, <laughs> easier to do because it'd be like, well, okay, then we're only, you know, paying, you know, kind of quarterly, <laughs> right. but like for this show, it would be monthly because we're monthly. And so, you know, anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there that I'm down with that, but it would, I'd want to make sure that our Patreon is about promoting our like-minded community with our shared beliefs and our mutual belief that we all have that, you know, art is, you know, that art imitates life and sometimes life is dark and, you know, we, we, we want to talk about these things to, you know, look into ourselves, look at humanity, look at film techniques and methods and really, you know, that's why we're, that's why I think our show stands apart from, you know, from, from other, not all other shows, there are lots of deep dive shows, but that's, you know, the deep dive category of shows, that's why we fit so well in there because, we deep dive. And I think the, our listeners like that. And so I'd like to cater to that and show them, Hey, you have access to us in certain ways. You, you dropping money on us. Isn't just, you're going to still get those good episodes, but you're also going to get, you know, time with us. If we, when we can swing it and, and little, little perks here and there that will make the community feel stronger. And that's what I would want if whether it's 10, 20 to, you know, a thousand people, I'd want them to feel like, man, we're in this like-minded community with the show as the figurehead and man, they're speaking right to me. And the second right. we stop speaking to you, you don't got to show us your support anymore. And, and I get that. So uh, I think that's the last thing I had to say. So do you want to move on to Mel's next question before we get into party favors? Yeah. And there's just there's one oh, thing yep. I want to say one Go on, thing about the Patreon. Uh, this takes time. We enjoy it 100%. I wouldn't do anything I, I, I didn't enjoy. There's no Same. reason to. You know, uh, th we take time away from our families Right now, my wife and my daughter are upstairs. My daughter just got home from my mother's house. Um, we take time away from our families to do these things, and, and, and we work a lot. We don't have that many free hours. You heard me griping earlier. So that's <laughs> why I don't mind somebody saying, hey, you know what I mean? Here's a couple extra bucks. Thanks for the entertainment, whatever, because then that's yeah. just like that, that, that softens the blow of, of, of taking time away from my family. Like if I tell my wife, hey, there's a Patreon starter for this one. We, you know, some of this might, uh, there might be a little bit of income as a result. My wife would be bet. Good for you, buddy. Okay. I know. I can't, <laughs> it, it just helps things. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like, you know, when she knows that I'm putting things in and she knows there's a Patreon involved, she's like, okay. In a way, it's almost like having a side gig, a side gig that oh. only pay like a penny an hour. But regardless, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what it is. It definitely helps out when you're a busy person and you're, because let's face it. We're not doing one-hour shows here. 
We're, we're doing no. shows. We're, we're, we're getting in and we're researching and watching a movie and, you know, everything else. There's it's, a lot of these shows, all they do is watch one movie, get on there, talk for an hour or less. And then, okay, see you guys next week. Gone. You know what I mean? Yep. And anyway, that, that's all I got. I, whatever. It just popped into my head because I heard my wife and daughter upstairs and immediately I was like, I want to go up and say hi, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Not that I don't love being with Watson, <laughs> because I do. But you guys and you guys listening, I I love it. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not griping. I'm just showing. I'm trying to give a peek into you know into our personal lives a little bit as to yeah. you know yep. my reasons behind the things I'm saying. Because again, I don't want to come off like a jerk. No, not at all. You know, I mean, I I I think the I think the listeners who know you know who know us know that's the case, and and that that's comforting too because it's about the community, and hopefully our listeners know feel they they feel man when when they're when they're doing the doing their thing the way they do their thing they're speaking right to me and as long as they feel that and kind of know where we're coming from and we know where they're coming from that's that's my hope and yeah and then, hey you throw a couple extra dollars on that and I'm not complaining so yeah. um, all right so uh, Melissa then asked us one more question this is the last of our listener feedback folks she asked about how we choose our films for each show now if you're new to the podcast we started episode 1 with a 2018 film and since then We've been going back a year each episode, and the honest-to-God truth is that, well, well, Dave, we've never really fleshed this out. We never really determined a stopping point. Now, stop me now if you think I'm off base here, but I've always kind of imagined, and we've never talked about this, folks. This is like, this is, you're, you're hearing, you're getting more of that behind, this is like the behind-the-curtain episode. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but I, I've always imagined that we would eventually reach some arbitrary random year where we stop the countdown gimmick and then from there, we'd approach the coin toss segment of our show by just bringing our own picks from any year. Like, you've got a movie in mind that you chose. I've got a movie in mind I chose. And then it would just be about who wins the coin toss. Like, what do you think about that? It would free us up to, eventually, it would free us up to choose whatever we want from any decade at any point, any theme, any subgenre. And that whole Watt versus Z dynamic would make for a good gimmick to, when eventually, when we replace the countdown gimmick. What do you think? Does that sound like a decent idea? And if so, or if not, you know, should we imp implement that? Should we not? What, what are your thoughts? Wow. I think that's a fun idea, but I'm cool with either way. I'm cool with continuing on and I don't have a, a, a problem with the 90s because like I said, like you said earlier, we did the, I just did the thing with Duncan and yep. I real I could easily pick one movie from the 90s each year that I think needs to be discussed. Not just because, yeah, I do think the 90s suck overall as a decade. It's the worst decade. Mm -hmm. But I also know that there are at least three or four good movies each year or movies that are worthy of good discussion. So yeah. that doesn't bother me. But I also do like the idea of, of what you're saying as well. I just have a, a, a feeling knowing me that the show would be too centric on like the last five years because I've watched uh -huh. a lot of horror the last five years and there's a lot of movies I like to discuss deeply, but I don't, again, a typecast. I don't want to get typecast sure. as, cause I'm not going to pick anything out of the seventies. I got news for you. I'm just not, I, yeah. I, I'm, it's just not my favorite decade. I'm not as versed in the, honestly, there isn't a lot of stuff to, to deep dive into the seventies. Um, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I will pick some eighties things and some nineties, but I have a feeling that, the last five years would dominate like every time if I got to choose something it would be something that I've actually discussed before even briefly like an end of the year show sure. for exploding ads or any podcast so there is a downfall to it but there's also the element of fun so the yeah. way I feel I'm kind of a go with the flow on it I mean if okay. if, if Watson if, if you decide you know what 
Maybe they at the end of this season. Maybe you do it seasonal style, like we do with the heads. Ooh, like, okay, next okay. season will be the season of the, um, you know, not the season the of Watt the Watt versus Z, yeah, yes. <laughs> season of the yeah. <laughs> It'll be the season of the yeah, okay, the, the verses or something. It'll, it'll uh. be the, the coin flip from any year, or maybe we'll throw a you know a caveat in there. It can't be from uh, this decade. It has to be from. But then I don't know. I don't know. But I'm game. Is is the bottom line? I'm game for uh, you know having some fun with it. Cool. Okay, I'm glad to hear you're open because I, I am too. I, I and believe me when I said that I, I pictured that at some point, whatever that random year is where we stop the countdown, I, I have nothing in my head for what it should be or what it could be or, or anything like that. I just kind of at some point thought eventually there's going to come a point where we're going to go, okay, let's stop here. And, and let me tell you this, and this might play into the downfall you mentioned, or it might cast a positive light on it, but I think that if we started doing, say, a purely Watt versus Z dynamic for the coin toss, honestly, it probably would be a lot of more modern stuff, too. Um, simply because and, and not that uh, because there are things from the 80s I'd love to talk about, maybe s- stuff from like maybe even older, like maybe some super classic, like really old stuff from like, uh, you know, there's some like French films from like the black and white era that might be interesting to do, you know, so every now and then the older ones. But I don't see a, as much of a problem in keeping current, you know, uh, Jay of the Dead from, you know, formerly of Horror Movie Podcast and uh, currently of Considering the Cinema has a has a new show called Horror Movie Weekly, where their mm-hmm. rule is they they choose one of them. Each of the three hosts chooses a horror film and they keep it within the last five years. Just so that way they don't cover ground. I mean, they've been in the game forever, all those people, all those hosts. So they don't want to just cover things they've already covered. And I think that's a pretty cool caveat. And and not that we couldn't come up with different caveats ourselves of, okay, this time it's this subgenre in any era or only, you know, we, we, we're creative guys. We could come up with interesting caveats that would make it more fun. Like even right now, Horror Movie Podcast is doing their like the weekly episodes of best of the seventies, best of the eighties, best of the nineties, two thousands for, for Halloween weekly episodes. And they, their caveat, I don't know if you've heard Dave is that they're, they're not using films from their, their respective top tens. So they're taking those out. And I think that's great because Uh, it makes the discussion. it, It spices things up a little. And I like the idea of taking whatever our dynamic here is with the coin toss at the center of it and spicing it up a little, whether it's by countdown, whether it's by some other little, thing here so yeah melissa we i I, again i'm not sure which year it will be and i know she was like please don't put us through 90s for a year and so yeah anyways uh that's how that's gonna go and uh dave any more thoughts before we we move on no no i besides thanking everybody for for contributing and the emails and messages and everything else um because that's again like i said one of the most rewarding things about any of this is the community and when we got community that that makes it worthwhile because we know people are listening and that's what it's all about. We have friends and yeah. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to be heard here on an episode of the show, email us at Watsy party show at gmail.com. That's W A T Z E E P A R T Y H O R R O R show at gmail.com. Before we wrap up this introductory portion of the episode though, and get into party favors. I do got to I, I have to do this, Dave. I got to take a little time to shout out a few people who made this previous Friday the 13th special for me personally. See, back in September, we had a Friday that landed on the 13th day of the month, Friday the 13th. And so I'd wanted to organize a communal movie watching night online, but something bad happened. The absolute best site designed for online movie watching called Rabbit dot TV, I think it was, went under back in July. And so our so there was no good alternative. Seriously, problems with every site that offers the same kind of service, but none of them offer it that great. 
So Jason Lloyd, our network, our Horophilia CEO, stepped up and just randomly took the reins to help me make this happen. So the site we were using was problematic, and despite Jason's and my best efforts, the movie was glitchy. We were trying to watch Friday 2, Dave Z. The movie was glitchy and eventually crapped out. Because of this, a lot of people popped in and left pretty quickly, but the site seemed to be the only one that offered a voice chat feature like Skype. So a few people stayed simply to hang out with Jason and me, and the ones who hung out the longest were a dedicated listener who we've already shouted out, and I will shout her out again, Christine Strau. Love her. We had Cole from the Joe Blower, Joe Blower, blah, blah, Joe Blower Horror Show, Joe Blow, my God, Joe Blower, ho, blah, 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 Joe Blower Horror Show, horror, horror, horror. my God, Dave Z, chatting it up, he's the man, and Travis Boone of the brand new podcast called The Night Club was in attendance, Joe Blow Horror Show. Hey, go. got it. We essentially we essentially hung out for like an hour and 90 minutes just deep in conversation. It was amazing. I wish I'd taken more time to properly announce that little get together, but I just wanted to see how this first one was going to go. And, you know, just like we were talking about in pre-party planning, sometimes when you're trying something for the first time, it's good to give it a uh, mock-up att- uh, attempt. So, I just wanted to shout out you wonderful party people and Dave, I know you're already familiar with Joe Blow. And like I said, Cole is the absolute man. I love that guy. So, be sure to check out his show, folks, but that's the Joe Blow Horror Show. But Dave, you got to check out The Night Club. Have you by chance? The Night Club? Yeah, brand new. Travis Maxwell Boone is the host. I think he wrote into Exploding Heads maybe last episode. And that very first episode he did is a strong debut. It's him going solo, doing a review of the OG Evil Dead. I got to hand it to him. His soothing voice, his southern drawl, along with the atmosphere he creates with some fantastic post-production work. It comes off like you're listening to this creepy late night AM radio show. And I loved it. The, the other episodes he did after that appear to take a different approach, but I'm hoping Travis will eventually go back to what he did on episode one or something like it because no one is doing these types of shows that we do in that fashion, and it was fantastic. And I, I'm just going to say it, uh, as a solo caster, I felt a little threatened. I felt a little threatened. I've heard Ooh. some solo casters uh, that I, I, I'm not threatened by yet. I'm just going to throw it out there. There's a few of you, and I don't know if any of them listen. I'm not even sure who I'm thinking of in my head because I'm not actually thinking of anybody, but he's really good, and when you hear that first episode where he's reviewing Evil Dead, it's so just late night driving through the desert and the stars are out and you don't know who you're going to see hitching or you're going to see a UFO or a ghost and you're listening to him go good stuff. So shout outs is done. Just the nightclub podcast, Dave, check it out. I will. Dave Z, unless there's anything else, what do you say we get into party favors? Yeah, let's do it, baby. Let's do it. It is now time for the what Z party horror show party favors segment to commence. My friends, we're here in this brisk and blustery month of October, and surprise, surprise, I'm not actually talking to you from a normal location near Olympia, Washington. I am actually, listen to this, I'm actually at Dave Z's house just outside of Buffalo, New York, about to knock on his door to do a little trick-or-treating so he can fill my pillowcase with some tasty little party favors. Now, folks, before Dave Z takes us into the October 2019 releases, we're first going to do a callback to Episode 5 and give you all some quick few sentence long mini reviews of any of the September 2019 movies that we mentioned in the party favorite segment of the last show. Dave Z, I understand that you were able to catch three horror movies from September. Is that right? That was It was three, right? It was three. Yes. Okay. Correct. Well, folks, I was a busy boy last month. Dave Z, I saw 16 2019 <laughs> horror movies. Yeah, this is like, wow. this is nuts. Uh, uh, unique to September, by the way. So how about we do it like this? Uh, I'll go down my list here, and when we get to the three movies in my list that you've seen, one of them is not on my list because I saw it before, but we'll, I, I know what that is, and we'll we'll throw it in there. You can chime in and give your thoughts alongside me. Uh, does that sound okay, Dave? Beautiful. Yes. Sweet. So let me begin by going the first one, and these aren't in chronological order. I just kind of wrote this list. So 
It Chapter 2. Now, I know you saw this one, so let me give a synopsis here, and let's get into that review, little quick mini-review, little discussion. Defeated by members of the Losers Club, the evil clown Pennywise returns 27 years later to terrorize the town of Derry, Maine once again. Now, adults, the childhood friends, have long since gone their separate ways, but when people start disappearing, Mike Hanlon calls the others home for one final stand. So, I've listened to a lot of podcasts on this movie. And while it's far from perfect, while it's got its problems, people made some great points. I can't argue it, but they can't argue this, that this is pretty much what I was hoping for from this movie. I loved it. It's a horror epic for certain, and I'm sincerely happy to know that we're getting horror films of this caliber delivered to our eyeballs. Now, because of the free promo tickets I got for my Screen X showing of this movie, I'm obligated to say a couple words about this, so here we go. Screen X is a new form of visual media. I don't know if you... Dave, do you know what Screen X is? No. Oh, okay. Well, it's a new form of visual media that periodically uses not just the screen directly in front of you, but the walls on both sides of you to put the action in your periphery. It's meant to be a more immersive theater-going experience, right? Now... I believe some people will find it distracting because it isn't happening the entire time. For example, in the case of It Chapter 2, it only activated during the Pennywise scenes, so maybe about a third of the movie. But the trick here is that, as my son pointed out to me while we were there, the screens on both sides of you are lower resolution and aren't meant to be the focus. So to get the best bang for your buck, you should do as you always do and focus on the screen in front of you even as these side screens turn on. And this will allow the motion of the scene to give you a more kinetic experience. And once I realized that, I had a blast with the format. So if you can catch a Screen X showing of a film, be sure it's something fast-paced and be sure to focus on the primary screen for maximum visual effect. You'll be good to go. So that right there is the longest I'll take on one of these reviews. But yeah, much thanks to Jason Lloyd and Screen X for these tickets. My son and I loved it. I'm at a 9 out of 10. That's It Chapter 2. Dave Z, I know this is one of the ones you saw. What are your thoughts, my friend? Yeah, I have to agree with uh, what you said about looking forward to it and it gave you what you were hoping for. And it did. I I nice. really don't have any complaints here. I, oh. complete, I Dude, I, I loved the first movie and I love this movie. And yes. I, I saw the first one three times at the theater. I saw, I saw this one two times. Um... I everything about it to me was it's what a horror movie should be as a matter of fact I think that it was probably even more horrific than the first one if you want to get right down to the horror scenes and stuff like that I guess parts of the first one because it, it's always fun like the first one to me quickly I'll just say this the first one to me was like a movie there's never been a movie like it and there may never be another movie like it again it, it was it had all that fun stuff like you would see in, in, in Goonies and Stand By Me and all that other stuff, yet it was a real horror movie. I don't think that's been done before. I really don't. I think that, that movie stands alone on its own for that. So that's going to be a little bit higher for me on, uh, uh, when, when you look get right down to it. But I think everything they did with this one and, and how they play with the minds of, of adults and what's going on it all makes sense and every time pennywise is on the screen it's great yes. uh i didn't do any comparing with with the with the book because i don't and everything i predicted when i saw part one and people were griping about this that the other thing what i said would happen in part two absolutely did and it's a whole other story i don't have the time to get into it but <laughs> i adored the movie i thought it was great um for me it's between a nine and a nine and a half out of ten i'm way high Nice. I love that. And you know, honestly, that is more accurately what my rating is. And I, yeah, I think it's my son's number one of the year so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear the love for it. I really am. So that makes me very happy, Dave Z. 
So the second movie I watched was Ready or Not. Synopsis? A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. All I can say is that this movie is the most fun I've had with a horror movie this year. It's more than meets the eye, and I couldn't recommend this movie more. It's filled with blood, gore, humor, fantastically written characters, and some intriguing twists that tickled my fancy for damn sure. I'm at a 9.5 out of 10. That's ready or not, and Dave, you gotta see it. Wow. This is, it's one of those scripts, man. It's one of those scripts that was just written for for me. It's like, okay, here's this premise. Now, it, it, it was like the, the, the complaint I had with Gaspar Noé's climax is that you have your premise, which is a cool premise, and that's your movie. Well, this gives you a premise and then ups the ante. And I love it when stories do that because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you intrigued. I loved it. I had such a blast with this film. Totally unexpected. Just I went in cold and was like, oh, well, this kicks ass. So I had a blast with it. Barely any complaints. And so that's that's ready or not. My third movie I watched for, for September 2019 was Haunt. So on Halloween, a group of friends encounter an extreme haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying realization that some nightmares are real. Folks, this is one of the best modern slashers I've seen in recent memory. There, I said it. We, we've got Tom and Andy doing the music. Uh, they did a lot of work for Brian Bertino. The writers of last year's A Quiet Place did the script, Eli Roth producing. I adore this movie for its kills, blood, gore, and, mo and most of all, for its genuine Halloween atmosphere. If this movie were made in the 80s, it would be a classic. It really would be. Don't let this movie slip by you folks. This slasher totally rocks. Haunt, I'm at a 9 out of 10, and man, what a mean-spirited fun ride. I, Dave Z, I, you, you gotta catch this one Halloween week. You gotta. Okay, well listen, so far, you know I have my wish list yep. on, um, and what do you call it? Whatever the hell it's called. Letterboxd. Letterboxd, yeah. Um, those movies, those two movies that you mentioned were already on it. So they okay, definitely great. will be watched. And thanks for reminding me about Haunt being good for the, the Halloween week because it's yep. it's on now for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, buddy. Well, here's another one you, I I think you have on your list as well and one that you're going to, you are, you are especially going to like this one, buddy. Bliss. A brilliant painter facing the worst creative block of her life turns to anything she can to complete her masterpiece, spiraling into a hallucinatory hellscape of drugs, sex, and murder in this sleazy underbelly of Los Angeles. Folks, Dave, everybody, this might be the most insane movie I've seen all year. It's an art house horror film filled to the brim with buckets of blood, downright, and listen to this, this downright pornographic sex, crazy music, Drugs, booze, death, the word f <laughs> absolute beauty. I don't want to spoil anything, but I do want to put forth a little more intrigue than this synopsis offers. Let's just say that this film does revolve around a certain type of movie monster that's familiar to each and all of us. That's all I'm going to say. I'm at a 9 out of 10 on this, folks. That's bliss. Dave Z, what have you heard about this movie? I've heard all I need to hear. I saw the cover Kay. of it, and I saw that yeah. it, 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 it looked like it was trippy with colors, and I've heard like... Uh, you know, one or two words thrown around about psychedelia or trippy yep. or something like that. And I go, mm -hmm. well, sold. I'm in. So that's all I need. When I watched this, I was thinking of you the whole time. I was, I was really, I was like, Dave is going to love this. And yes. another one I'm curious about your thoughts on is uh, Luz and L-U-Z. And uh, the synopsis goes as follows. A demonic entity follows a young female cab driver into a rundown police station. Man, that's the one I pasted. That's the one I chose. God. Okay. Well, <laughs> folks, look, here's the deal. I have never seen a movie quite like this in my life. 
I, I really haven't. The way this is structured, I've just never seen anything like this. It's multilingual, so that's neat. We got German and Spanish going on, but this is yet another strange art house film in the mix here. It's about a demon who is in love with a woman, and the way this demon elects to force itself into her life, it is so weird. It's so peculiar. The sound design in this film is brilliant. This is how you design a movie with sound. It's so interesting. And that score, holy hell, it, it, my God, great stuff. I'm at, I'm at somewhere between an 8.25 and an 8.5 out of 10 here. Highly recommend. That's Luz, L-U-Z. That's how that's spelled. And uh, we talked about that one in the last episode. And one we didn't talk about. Did we talk about? I think we did. Uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, my sixth uh, movie I watched. I don't know if we talked about it, but it, it, that yeah. has been on my watch list since last year. I remember hearing oh. about it last year and waiting okay. and waiting and waiting for it. And I will watch it. Again, obviously, it's on my watch list. So Yeah, and so it, it's a dark fairy tale about a gang of five children trying to survive the horrific violence of the Mexican cartels and the ghosts created every day by the drug war. And so I'm still trying to figure out how I orient myself to this film. I know I saw something extraordinarily well made. I know this will be making top 10 lists like crazy. I'm just not sure how well I connected to it. One thing's for certain though, this movie is dark and unflinching. We see these child protagonists go through hell and it's heartbreaking. I'd wager to say that this is more fairy tale than outright horror, but that's part of its beauty. And so I'm at somewhere between a 7.75 to 8.25, somewhere kind of fluid in there. Uh, out of 10 so it's on shutter check it out when you can folks that's tigers are not afraid i think uh it will impact a lot of people and another shutter film is called belzebuth and yeah belzebuth b-e-l-z-e-b-u-t-h like a demon name it like kind of sounds like Beelzebub. so after losing his family in, in an extremely tragic way detective ritter must investigate a massacre at a school perpetrated by a student what seemed like a pretty clear case becomes much more dense when a priest of the vatican appears with another point of view this film, you guys and girls and everybody in between out there, is almost brilliant. In execution, it's definitely above average, but narrative-wise, those first two acts could be stellar. And I think they are. But I'm filled with regret, though, to say that this film's third act hits this high and then crashes. I hope people disagree with me on that because this could very well be a delightful hidden gem for a lot of people. It's reflective to a point, I think, of the instances of mass violence we see in the world today, and it depicts these things in hardcore fashion. There's a scene in a newborn infirmary in a hospital that is downright evil. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I give this a 7.75 and a recommendation for those who have Shudder. That's Beelzebuth. Uh, number eight is Bloodline. Uh, haunted by dark memories of childhood abuse, Evan, a social worker and first-time dad, struggles to keep his need for revenge in check. So this is Sean William Scott playing a guidance counselor who's basically Dexter from the show, Dexter. If you like throat slits in your film, uh, you'll be pretty happy with this one. Sean William, William Scott gives a terrific performance. I would love to see him in more roles like this. This is a 7.5 to 7.75 for me. That's Bloodline. Next is Witnesses. Uh, four college classmates are hunted by a ruthless drug cartel hitman when they inadvertently record a murder while shooting their student film. So Dave Z, this is found footage. And even though you're the one with the reputation for loving found footage, you know, I also adore this style of film. So just putting that out there into the world. But this film is funny when it wants to be. It's tense. It gets hardcore in a couple scenes. The lead actress is amazing. There's a lot of good here, but we've got some painfully one-dimensional characters on our hands here, as well as some egregious CGI blood moments that take this down a few notches. I still recommend it. I think you should see it, Dave. I'm like at a 7.25 out of 10 on it, maybe a seven, just in that range. That's witnesses. You'll, you'll want to check that out before the end of the year. Uh, no hurry though. Number 10 is Crawl. 
While attempting to save her missing father during a Category 5 hurricane, a young woman finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against bloodthirsty alligators. So this is uh, Alexander Aja, and um, he's directing this, and it stars the beautiful Kaya Scodelario from the British show Skins, who kills it as our lead. And here's just the deal. I mean, all I gotta say is it's big, it's bloody, and it's dumb. But you know what I wanted? I wanted big, bloody, and dumb when I watched it. And I loved it. I'm at an 8.75 out of 10 on this bad boy. Too much fun to deny. If you like creature features and a lot of bloodshed, you'll enjoy yourself some crawl. So that's what we got there. Number 11 is Child's Play. After moving to a new city, young Andy Barclay receives a special present from his mother, a seemingly innocent buddy doll that becomes his best friend. When the doll suddenly takes on a life of its own, Andy reunites with other neighborhood children to stop the sinister toy from wreaking bloody havoc. You are my buddy <laughs> until the end. Not just a buddy, you're, you're my, my best, best friend. friend. <laughs> ah, nice. I love that song. Yeah, it's good. Okay, here's an, Dave Z, here's an unpopular opinion, and I'm just going to own it. I'm not a fan of this franchise, man. Neither I respect I. it. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, well, well that. Let me, okay, hold on. Let me interrupt. Let hmm. me say this. Yeah, yeah. Go. I'm going to tell, tell you the ones that I like. One, two, curse, and cult. How Actually, those are the ones I like too. <laughs> okay. And I'm even iffy on one these days. Uh, but I still like it. I, I do okay. like it. I'm just iffy on it lately. So, yeah, but I'm just not... The Child's Play franchise, man, just doesn't... It doesn't hit the, the check marks I need. You know, whatever. That's fine. Because it does for a lot of people, and I love Chucky. But um, I do, however, think that this little franchise branch off reboot here was a blast. Mark Hamill as Chucky was so damn good in that buddy song. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. smiling ear to ear every time it played. Killer dolls aren't my thing usually. But this was great. There's a kill involving a lawn care machine that is just, that's amazing. One of the best kills of the year. And you know what? Somehow this movie makes you care about this killer doll who just wants a best buddy. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm at an 8.5 out of 10 on that. That's Child's Play 2019. And Dave, what did you give it? You were like at an 8 or 8.25, I think. Yeah, I think I'm an 8. Yeah. Okay, an 8. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Well, uh, the next movie I watched, number 12, is Satanic Panic. Sam's first day as a pizza delivery driver is not going according to plan. At the end of a long day and not enough tips, her last delivery turns out to be for a group of Satanists looking for someone to sacrifice. Now in a fight for her life, Sam must fend off witches, evil spells, and demonic creatures, all while trying to keep her body and soul intact. I had a total blast with this movie, everybody. Uh, total blast. It's more of a horror comedy than anything I've mentioned so far. And I personally like me some horror comedy, Dave Z. I know you don't most of the time. Every now and then you surprise me, though, because, like, Dead Shack connected with you. This isn't as good as that because those jokes were, like, that That dad was just too much for me. I loved him. Uh, but this, this did it for me still. It's bloody as hell. I laughed constantly. The lead girl couldn't be funnier and more adorable. She is just a... You just want to pinch her cheeks and just be like, oh... Uh, that's all I wanted, and, and I got it from that movie. I'm at an 8 to 8.5 on this one. That's Satanic Panic. Uh, fun movie, man. I, I definitely... It's on your list, right? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Another one you'll need on your list uh, at, thir at place 13 here is The Wrath, which you can find on Shudder. So, in the supernatural creeper set in 14th century Korea, a curse is killing the sons of the kingdom's highest-ranking official. When the final son dies, his pregnant widow must face vicious family politics and the vengeful spirit descending on the household. A remake of the 1986 Korean horror essential, Woman's Whale, The Wrath is elegant horror with funhouse chills. So that synopsis, honestly, taken right from Shudder, turned me off a little bit, I'll be honest. But look, let me just tell you this here. This is a fantastic South Korean period peace ghost story, and I will say this like it's it, the synopsis is accurate that it's elegant horror 
with funhouse scares to it. I love supernatural horror. This, all, all those boxes, yeah, it checked them, checked them all off for me. And it's nice seeing these types of stories set outside the typical Western Judeo-Christian template. I dig it. I think I'm like at an 8.75 to a 9 on this. I really liked it and recommend people who like, first of all, Kore Korean movies and who like supernatural movies. A second watch will tell where I really fall on it. That's The Wrath. Dave Z, it's on your list, right? The Wrath? Uh, wrath. W-R-A-T-H. Like The Wrath of Khan. Oh. The Wrath. Uh, no, it's not on my list. I'm going to put it on now, though. Yep. You'll want to do that. It's a, it's on, it's a shutter. Uh, I don't think it's an exclusive. It could be. I, I never know, man. 14, yeah. really quickly, uh, is Ma. A lonely woman befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think their luck couldn't get any better, things start happening that make them question the intention of their host. Not much to this one, but I, I found it to be a solid horror thriller. Great performances, complex characters. Octavia Spencer was fantastic. We get to see Dracula Untold's so that's kind of neat. <laughs> 7.5 out of 10. That's Ma. At 15, second to last one is Hell House, for me anyway, Hell House LLC Lake of Fire. In this final installment, guests both past and present will be forced to battle for their souls in Hell House LLC 3 Lake of Fire as all is revealed about the infamous Abaddon Hotel and the evil that dwells there. So you know what? I, I dig the hell out of this found footage franchise. It's not groundbreaking stuff, but damn it, is it ever some good comfort food, as they say. Of the three Hell House films, this is the weakest for me, but there again, I think it's effective in a lot of ways and makes for an entertaining watch. I watched all three back to back. The end is interesting to say the least. I think people are going to have problems with that, but man, it's a good ride. And if you've got Shudder, give it a go. I'm at a 7 out of 10 on this bad boy, and I recommend it to found footage lovers, especially those who've seen the other, other two. Don't go in without seeing them. It's a direct continuation. Folks, that's Hell House LLC 3 Lake of Fire. And then Dave Z, uh, here's my last watch, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, get together on this one, and of course your uh, your final watch, and that's Three from Hell. So there was no good synopsis on this, the the sequel to The Devil's Rejects. Remember that? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, folks, this is the third in the Firefly family trilogy, and I was overjoyed to catch the Fathom event revolving around this movie, even though it took a hell of a lot of coordination for me to pull it off from getting off work to driving to the theater where where it is because it's not the theater walking distance from my house it's one where I, towns and towns over so listen here's the deal i adore rob zombie as a person uh, as a musician and as a filmmaker hell i didn't even hate 31 i think house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects are stellar movies and in my notes stellar would be capitalized if i'd written that down stellar guys and girls but this three from hell i enjoyed it but it, Dave Zane, I don't know where you land on it because we have not talked about this, but man, it's got too many problems for me to ignore. It does what many sequels do in that it takes one step forward and about 10 steps back. Like if you're going to, I don't know if you agree with this and maybe you'll be like, oh, Watson, no way. But if you're going to follow the devil's rejects after this many years, if you're going to resurrect these characters, if you're going to undo one of the greatest endings to a modern horror movie, you got to bring the heat and make it count and three from hell in my opinion just doesn't had this been movie two? Oh, i'd be down with that uh, you know but as an ending to the trilogy if it isn't the end i don't know it meandered too much and it just didn't have the anger and evil feeling the other two films in the franchise have the psychological genius of house and rejects is all about that peculiar notion that we as viewers are somehow rooting for these just evil evil people who rape and kill they have no redeeming qualities yet we're wanting to see their story continue and three from hell it really lacked that for me, you know, completely and utterly. What what did you think, Dave? Huh, about what you said about the characters exactly? Eh, they were the same character. Oh, I, I can't say they were they were the same characters because 
Richard Brake was in there before. He was, yeah. he fit right in though. Um, mm-hmm. Otis was the same as he was in, in the second one. And Baby was a little further gone, but it makes sense because her, her her incarceration and um, they even make light of it. They, they talk about it. It wasn't just, you know, they they made her act more loony for no reason. Obviously, it's the joint meshed with her head and that will happen. And they touch it a little on that on the one scene when she's looking there and there's a dancing kitty. So, yep, whatever. Um, see, for me, it's this the kind of the same thing I've been saying all year. Uh, actually, since I heard it was coming out, I was like, after 31, I didn't have high hopes for this. I uh, It was one of those movies that if everybody watched it and said, you got to go see it, then I'll go see it. Um, I just, uh, my hopes weren't very high, especially the way it was marketed. It wasn't like something that was coming out to the theater like the first well, the first one didn't, but Devil's Reject was such a big hit. You would have thought that they could have capitalized on that and you could have seen trailers during, you know, sporting event. Maybe, not. okay, wrestling. How's that? During a wrestling match. Oh, yeah. From the director of the Devil's Rejects. So, you know, it's all coming home now or whatever. You know, this is the this is the end of it. And it wasn't advertised. It was kept very low key. I, I thought it was just going to be straight to VOD to begin with. So right off the bat, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not surprised because... Lords of Salem was very low-key, and then so was 31. And 31 was such a drop for me that, yeah. again, uh, and then when I heard more about Sid Haig and his mm-hmm. role and how much he was going to be involved, it, I, it just kept going lower and lower and lower for me. So like Otis actually said in Devil's Rejects, I set my standard low so I wouldn't be disappointed. And mm. that, that's what it was. My, my standard was set low. I got about what I was expecting. I'm but, glad to hear that. Because and, and maybe I've painted my, my my feelings about this wrong, but I did enjoy this movie. Like the saving grace of the movie for me was the performances. Everyone kills it. The other saving grace is that desperation of having the Firefly family back in action. It's like I once joked uh, back on Horror Corridor about ladies in the bedroom. And I, this is crass and forgive me, everybody. But it's like, I don't need you to be good. I just need you to be there. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, but, but that, that, sorry for the, that analogy, but I'm, I'm making jokes, but that's what we've got here. And I'm glad this movie exists, but I'm sad it does too. This movie does contain my favorite scene of the year, though, when Richard Brake is talking about wanting to make adult films, one of which I believe he calls The Salami Man, about a man who goes door to door selling salami. And he's pitching this to Otis while they're kind of hiding out. And every time people open the door for The Salami Man, they yell at him and I'm going to have to do some hard, edit, hard edits here. Show me your salami, mother and just the way Richard Briggs says it with Bill Mosley laughing had me busting a freaking gut in the theater. I'm howling with laughter. No one else was. And now, you know, mm-hmm. I've got my brothers saying that line uh, whenever we see each other. Like, in fact, Dave Z, <laughs> what I'm about to say really happened. No joke. I went to our local butcher shop to get some special jerky they make uh, there for, you know, I wanted some for my son and me. And as I'm standing inside waiting for my order, I get this text from my youngest brother, that re- uh, my youngest brother, Dakota, that read, when you get out of Stewart's Meat Market, show me your salami, mother And I was like, what? And so I guess he'd seen me driving to their lot or something like that. But there I am standing in a line with 15 other people cracking up like a lunatic. <laughs> I just, wow. I, I want more people to be talking about the salami. So I, long live Sid Haig, by the way. Uh, that yeah. was a very sad affair. So I'm giving this uh, 6.5 salamis out of 10, uh, between 6.5 and, and 7 salamis out of 10. Where are you at? Uh, where are you on three from Hell, Dave Z? Wow, I'm 6.5. The same hey, <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And so, Dave Z, you have one more film to talk about that I had already seen 
earlier, but you had seen uh, one more to round out our <laughs> rather lengthy, if I might say so, uh, uh, pre kind of pre gaming uh, for the party favors. So what uh, what what is this movie and what did you think of it? Yeah, I'm catching up because uh, what I did was I had my letterbox, but I've been watching them in order. You know what I'm saying? From when I saved them on on my on the list, so that's why. So I think this came out a few months ago. You know. Yep. But th this one was called The Wind, and again, it was on the list, so I'm doing it in order. And there it was. You know, I enjoy this one. There, the thing is, it's the kind of movie, and yeah, I'm second view Dave, and that's a big thing. And you know, for me, I really, absolutely have to watch this one a second time because yeah. as things are going on. Did you see this or not? I I did. Yes. Okay. Uh, things are being revealed, and more layers are being pulled back, and it goes to a different place where mm -hmm. one one thing you're suspecting ends up being something else and i liked it for that i'm looking forward to seeing it again uh the performances are all just fine uh it, it's a period piece and it works i, I wouldn't call it a western it's kind of it says horror western i was when i think of again i'm not very versed in westerns but when i think of horror westerns that i've seen it hasn't been this you know what i mean Which, no right <laughs> but if you look on the prairie it, it's settler frontier right style rather than like wild west right exactly yeah so you know it's a period p i can't even remember when it is it the 1600s the 1800s i don't think know. 1800s yeah I like early that. 1800s yeah okay but it's the performances are good i don't even want to get into it that much because what you just have the uh you know the husband and the wife and they're there and you see a, an opening tragedy something happens and then uh, you see more people moving in, another couple, and they're not too far away from them. Actually, they're the only neighbors they have. They're kind of secluded on this prairie. And they meet up with these people, and you see like a bit of a, a mental breakdown, and somebody gets pregnant, and yeah. It's uh, not a whole lot I can say, but I will say this. I definitely enjoyed it. There are... I don't know if, if Watson, if you're going to break this down and say that it's the kind of thing that you don't like, because I, I know what you don't like, but I yes. do think that there is something going on here. It's played off to me as something supernatural, although they, yeah. could, they try to maybe explain that it may not be later. To me, it is supernatural, but... Same here, same here. Okay, there are supernatural things going on. There is something at hand here, and it works. It's done subtly. It's... Yes, it's a little bit slow moving, but it's good storytelling. I didn't drift much at all. I enjoyed it. And I'll just, again, I have to watch it again to really get a, a grip on it. But just on that one view, for me, it's an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm I'm, I'm right there as well. And I, I do want to carefully, you know, figure out what that ending is and, and what, the, what kind of resolution we're supposed to take from it, I guess, is all I'll say. So, yeah, I, I, well, well done, Dave Z. So... All right, that does it for our mini review recaps for the month of September 2019. And uh, Dave Z, uh, it's party favors time, man. What we got for October, my friend. All right, October. October 3rd was the release of a movie. And it's a good thing I heard another podcast pronounce it the wrong way because I would have done the same oh. thing. I'm not making fun of them because I, I wouldn't have known. But sure. it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a movie that premiered on Shudder. It's called The Furies. Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yes, uh, and um, you know our, our friends over on Netflix and Chill um, love them, JP and Carly. But uh, yep. they were calling it Furies, 
again, I don't know which one of them said it because I didn't listen because I hadn't seen the movie yet, and I that's how I wrote yeah. it. You know, yep. but I know that somebody called it to their attention. They were talking about it, but I'm not making this time. I'm not making fun of JP. I'm not pulling out the speaking spell card or any of that stuff. They, you know, I get it. Yeah, but they the, were like the the furries, and I was like furries, and I was like, wait, like like the and I had seen the movie before they did, so I was like, uh, um, hmm, okay, let's just let's just let this go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it it is what it is. The furries are furries. Sorry, see now I'm <laughs> yeah. doing it. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> There you go. It's on Shutter. Is it a Shutter exclusive? I'm not 100% sure. It may be. I don't know. But uh, a woman's kidnapped and finds herself an unwilling participant in a deadly game where women are hunted by masked men. So basically, um, a type of slasher, I guess, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. That's exactly what it is. Okay. You haven't seen it yet, Dave Z? No, it's on the list, though. Okay. Yeah, you'll want to put this on your list. This is an interesting film that... Uh, We'll probably talk. We'll talk more about it, you know, on the mini reviews of of next, you know, of next episode when we do the, you know, the recap for what we talked about here and now. But what are your impressions of it? Because I, I think I do think you'll enjoy it. But what do you think about the cover? What do you think about the premise about, you know, several women being hunted by several masked men? Like it's kind of a kind of an interesting dynamic. They have they're all they're all kind of out there in this reserve, this this big forest and kind of have to face each other and deal with it. And it it goes some certain places. I think you'll dig it. But uh, what do you think about the cover, that premise? Does that appeal to you as a slasher fan? Uh, well, the premise, I'm never a big fan of, of a whole bunch of people coming down. And, 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 and it reminds me of like a game. Like, although I am the guy that does love games, I don't like games when it's, where it's hunt a thing, like like 31, ah. for example, and it's everybody, and I don't know that if that's what this is going to be about. It's just not my favorite type of, of, of movie, but, you know, uh, as far as the cover goes, it's that same font that I see all the time lately, which isn't bad. Anytime I've seen it used, it's been used on good movies. So, it's one of those yeah. things. It, I think it reminds me of, like, um, the American Horror Story for this season. And, oh, uh, yeah, the way the font looks. Maybe Final Girls does it that way too. I know I've seen that font a few times and it looks good. And it's um, it's kind of a plain, plainish, uh, you know, the girl looking cover. But the thing is, and I'm gonna say it again with the next movie. When it comes to these these Netflix movies and these ones, mm -hmm. that, uh, this isn't a Netflix movie, but the yeah, ones Shutter, that come yeah. to Shutter and Netflix, they're not as easy to judge because a lot of the, especially Netflix, they all have that same look to them. So yeah. it's like, whether they're good or bad, they all have that same type of look to them. Uh, but again, I don't know if this is an exclusive or not, but if I was just judging this based on nothing, it I would have to be honest and say, this would be one of those, those um you know, those wait and Zs. I wouldn't rush out to get it. I'd have to see what I had to see. And then it doesn't look like it's a bad cover. It's not winning me over either, but sure. either, I know I'm going to see it in this case. So it doesn't matter. You know? Oh, very nice. Yeah. You will, you will definitely want to put it on your list for sure. Yeah, right, cool. So it's on there. Okay. Awesome. So now, Great. like I was saying, the next movie is a Netflix. It's, um, although I don't think it's a Netflix exclusive. As a matter of fact, I know it's not because it's also on Prime. So, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. And I found that out by accident when I, when I looked on the B here, because you put it in, it's in the tall grass, you click on it and boom, watch now zero, zero, zero with Prime Video. So it's not a Netflix oh. movie. It's also on Prime, which I thought this was a Netflix movie. It is, though. So isn't that weird? It's a Netflix film. Somehow Netflix and Prime huh. are working together. Boy, that's Okay. Weird. Yeah. Wow. So once again, like I was saying before, the Netflix movies, 
all seem to have the same type of look to them. Whether they've been good or bad when I see the cover art. And that's what this looks like. Of course, this one has Stephen King and Joe Hill attached to it. So you already know it's going to pique interest. Uh, synopsis. After hearing a young lady's cry for help, a sister and brother venture into a vast field of tall grass in Kansas, but soon discover that something... Pardon me. But soon discover there may be no way out and that something evil lurks within. So there's something ah, yes. in the grass. Instead of children of the corn, it's something in the grass, basically. <laughs> That's what we're getting here. Uh, I've heard some mixed reactions about this film so far. I do plan to check it out just because of who's involved. And I haven't been disappointed with anything Stephen King involved on, um, on Netflix yet. So why not? That's my opinion. What about you? I did watch this actually. Oh, the yeah, okay. I, I, again, wow! I'm actually I'm I'm really catching up for, uh, on this on this year. I, I was it was going so slowly at first, and now I'm, I'm starting to get some numbers, Dave Z. Yeah, I did watch this one, and yes, you you will definitely want to check it out. It's it's very true to form with a lot of Stephen King stories. Where if you've read a lot of him, as it concerns the Dark Tower and some of the Dark Tower adjacent stories, he's very much about talking about doors in the air that go places and. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say that there is an element of, of parallel worlds here, but just the way that that a lot of Stephen King stories play with space time and different places and, and, and things like that. I think this plays into that really well and keeps those that kind of motif he likes to use alive. And it's, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting film that I, I would love to hear your take on when the time comes. Right on. Well, it's it's definitely on the list. So maybe Sweet. next maybe next month. We'll, uh, yeah, and Patrick Wilson is in it, and he 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 does really well. Oh, he's in it. There you go. I mm-hmm. didn't even know that. Oh, that's cool. Cool. That's he's sporting a stash, uh, just a just just a stash, and I dig really? it. I've always been wanting to do that, but I'm not brave enough. Just a stash. Maybe I'll just do it. A, oh, that'd be so amazing, Dave. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh. Ask my wife what she thinks about it, because honestly, when I have the whole beard, and right now I've been doing the scruff look, where I I figured out a cool thing. I have one of those good razors that you can shave your whole head with and you put the different, you know, uh, attachments oh, on and yep. whatnot. Okay. That's all I shave with. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't okay. like bring a razor to my face ever like a, like a, like what? with shaving creams. I don't think I've done that since 2009. Okay. Now, hold on now. I'm not talking about the little one though that you do, that you would tr- trim like um, sideburns and things with. I mean like a big one that you can actually use on your oh. head. You put that on okay, your well, I do use this one on my head ever since I started shaving my head this year okay. or last year, and so it, I can use it for that too. But it's 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 probably yours is probably a bigger version of the one I have. Mine can do it, but it's more for beards. But y- okay, you can still right. do it on your head. So yeah, because I have one for beards and etc. Uh, you know, friggin' sideburns and whatnot. I have one for that, sure. Nice. But this one is to sh- shave heads with. But what I do is I take the whole thing off, no attachment, and I just push that on my face like every three days. And I have this full-time, a little more than a 5 o'clock shadow going on. Yep, so, that's what I do too. Yep. Yeah, and my, my wife kind of likes it. She thinks it's sexy, so I rock and roll with it. Ooh. If I let it go too long, though, buddy, it tickles her. <laughs> and I can't have it be tickling her, especially no, when I'm you, being intimate. So You, you can't have that. You got you to gotta do, uh, do it the right way. Yeah, yeah, so, so I feel if you. I, you know what I mean? Now, if I change it up now and, and start shaving and then just grow a regular mustache, I don't know how that's going to fly. So that's when I got to run by uh, Mrs. Z and see what she has. <laughs> More on that next month. If you see me with a stash, then she said okay. But <laughs> <laughs> So, Dave Z, what is our next film? Okay, our next film. Very interesting thing here because it says that it debuted on the 4th, much like in the tall grass. 
but it debuted as a Facebook watch. I don't know what a what? Facebook watch is, do you? I, I do. I've seen people doing the Facebook watch parties, but I was not aware of films that are unique to Facebook right. uh, uh, on the platform. Yeah. To, wh which, which film is this, buddy? Okay. It's called My Soul to Keep. Not My Soul to Take, My Soul to Keep. I have um, heard people talking about this. Yeah, I, I've seen the cover here and there. Okay. This was a Facebook. Okay. Wow, that's... Yeah, but you can get it on Prime now for $4 to rent. So it's not an exclusive thing, but maybe for a day gotcha. or two, they add some type of exclusive rights. Maybe it's something that Facebook is, is trying out. Because I know that Facebook also had this thing they were doing with, with uh, WWE when they were having like a, a wrestling match or like a mixed uh, mixed gender a tag team match. Uh, but oh, okay. it was only on Facebook. So maybe I think they're playing around with trying to stream some exclusive stuff here and there. But Okay. I'm guessing that's what this was. Yeah. But my soul to keep. Uh, Eli believes that there's a monster living in his basement and it's trying to steal his soul. Okay. Well, that's right. I can see that. Now, I'll tell you right now, for me, looking at yep. that, that, that cover, I am not really interested in this movie. Um, I can see that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 4.9 out of 10 on, on the B. Only 318 ratings. This is not tickling my pickle. If somebody comes up and says something <laughs> to me, hey, go see this movie, man. It's a, it's a nice surprise. Then, okay, maybe my ears will per, you know, perk up a little. I go, well, maybe. But right now, uh, no, it's, I don't know. You, um, you agree, you said, right? I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. My soul to keep? Eh, I don't know. You, you can, you, your, your movie to keep, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, uh, now we go on to the 11th, October 11th. Here's one I didn't hear about or know about until today getting prepared for the show, which is unusual, but it's called Mary. It's coming out on, it came out on VOD. A family looking to start a charter boat business buys a ship that holds terrifying secrets once out on isolated waters. Oh, and this has Gary Oldman. Okay. That it does. It, it just says horror. Nothing else but horror on the B. So there's no oh. like thriller, drama, action, nothing. Just horror. So, yeah. You know, that says horror to me. So, I mean, uh, huh, it's kind of a floating heads type situation on the box a little bit, huh? That that that, sure that, is. that, that, that new thing that they like to do with the one big head and then the smaller head next to it, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, that's our 2010s version of the 90s posters for sure. Definitely. Good observation. Yeah. yeah, big head, little head. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, You know what the writing reminds me of? Like some type of, uh, like the font here, it reminds me of, uh -huh. um, oh, Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Not uh, there's a certain movie, but it's more like a a romance uh, type thriller type movie. That's what it looks Dude, like. You know what? If somebody had shown me this, you know, me seeing Gary Oldman on there, I would honestly think this could be some kind of like romantic like adventure movie. <laughs> like seriously, if I didn't know this was just like pure horror, apparently that's that's yeah. kind of crazy. <laughs> right, Mary Riley. Is that a movie? Mary Riley is a movie. It has uh, Julia Roberts in it. I believe it was some kind of offshoot of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I think, like, for, uh, like from uh, like telling that story from a, the perspective of like the help, okay. <laughs> the help. <laughs> That's such a condescending term. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the help. Yeah, Mary Riley. It almost looks like the font on Mary Riley, isn't it? Oh, weird? That's, that's what it took. That's me great. From. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, kind of, but it has that type of look to it, and it's Gary Oldman. But again. And it's also from the writer of The Shallows. Oh, so this yep. guy's dealing with water again because evil lies just beneath the surface. It's oh. it's not a bad picture. Honestly, if those two heads weren't there, I might have a little interest in it. Just by the, the way it looks, the red and all that stuff, and the way the fire looks in that boat. I don't know. It's 
it's slightly intriguing, but I just have a feeling it's not going to be good. It's 4.4 out of 10 on the B, almost 600 votes. Yeah. I don't know. This is a wait and Z for me. That's fair enough. Because uh, I think the 4.4 is going to be unjustified for one reason. Anytime you see like a, a name star in a horror movie, I mm-hmm. think like people that like watch regular movies that are aware of Gary Oldman is, are going to see his name and say, oh, Gary Oldman did a horror movie. I bet it's going to be good. Then they watch it and it's just like an average horror movie or it's nothing special or, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, why would he do such trash like this? And they rate it low. That's what I think really happens when you put a name in a horror movie like this. I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, that that's that, that checks out. So we'll see. I, I guess we could say it's a wait and see to a degree. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay, Um. here we go. Along Came the Devil 2, also on VOD. I will tell you this. Along Came the Devil 1 came out a year or two ago, and I wasn't interested in that. And uh-huh. I am not interested in this. <laughs> yeah, there. I never did see Along Came the Devil. I do know, it, I, I think I, I looked at it uh, just a, a second ago, and it had like a 3.8 out of 10 on <laughs> IMDb with almost 1,000 uh, ratings. So that's, that's pretty telling. And I'm clicking on the, the second part, and... It's a 4.3 with almost 150 ratings, so... Yeah, it's on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? It's on its way down for sure, yeah. And so what's this one about? Okay, uh, after receiving an unsettling voicemail, Jordan returns home looking for answers, only to find her estranged father and even more questions. A demonic force has attached itself to the town and no one is safe. The only one who seems to know anything is the small town's reverend, who is played by Bruce Davison, who was in the first one. Oh, so, oh okay. He has huh. returned. Yeah. Yep. So this is one of those occasions, unlike the film that we're going to be doing tonight, where you do need to see the first one to make sense of the second one. It seems to be the case. Yeah, I guess so. Well, hmm. ain't going to happen. Nope. <laughs> I, I, this will be a definite skip for me as well. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, listeners, if you happen to watch any of these movies that, that we uh, dismiss, let us know. And, and, and don't Actually, no. Let us know if it's good or bad. Say, hey, you guys were right or oh, no. You guys were off base on this. Check it out. We'd like to know. Yep. Yep, please. You know? Thank you. Yeah, you know, come on. Uh, Little Monsters is on Hulu, the 11th. Little Monsters? Little Monsters. It's not related to yeah. the original one with um, Kevin Arnold. Uh, or Kevin Arnold, I call him. But Fred Savage and... Um, Howie and, Mandel. And Howie, yeah, Howie Mandel. I almost said Howie Long. <laughs> Howie Long, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the football player. All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, actually, I've heard some good things about this one. Uh, okay. I, I will read this here. A washed-up musician... Teams up with a teacher and a kid's show. First, sorry. When I was reading it, it said with a teacher and a kid's plural. And that wouldn't make sense. Oh. You know what I mean? But I didn't I didn't realize yeah. the word after was show. So hold on. Let's try that again. A washed yeah, up musician <laughs> teams up with a teacher and a kid's show personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. Uh, okay. Yeah. Lupita Nyong'o is in it, who everybody uh, oh. has become a fan of. Yeah. That's it's, her, all right. It's comedy horror, and I've heard that the first half hour is very is very heavy in the comedy, and then it goes into horror. And I've heard some good things about it. For some Look reason, at that rating. I know. Yeah, 6.3 out of 10 and 2,500 ratings almost. Wow. That is impressive. Got it. Yeah. Whew, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I have to see this. <laughs> yeah. Guess. I, I guess you're right. I, I'm not very excited about it, um, mm-hmm. even though I like her. I just... Something about the cover. It looks like a Nickelodeon movie or something. I mean, you know, know, I'd seen this cover floating around. I think maybe somebody had posted they were excited to see it or something like that. And I saw another, like in one of the alternate covers. 
and I I was I wasn't uh, gonna flock to it but you know what with that rating and with her in it and okay all right I'm convinced I will check it out before the end of the year for sure I will check it out too I don't know I don't think I'm gonna really be into it but that's fair. Mm-hmm. it's on the list it has to be on the list with that rating and that that's yeah. fine I, I could do that it's a Hulu original so we'll give it a shot okay now we're going back to Netflix I've already heard a, a few things about this one this past week because it came out on the 15th. It's called Eli. E-L-I. Hmm. Yes. A boy receiving treatment for his autoimmune disorder discovers that he... Pardon me. Man, I'm... Uh, see, you, you you couldn't talk before. I can't talk now. I don't know. Yeah, I still can't say Joe Blow Horror Show. There we go. Joe Blow Horror Show. Joe Blow... No, I can't... I, oh, come on, Dave. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you show off. You damn show off. No. <laughs> yeah, try again on the synopsis. I'm down. Yeah, maybe I can read this time. A boy receiving treatment for his autoimmune disorder discovers that the house he's living in isn't as safe as he thought. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Haunted house. And this is a Netflix movie. Okay, you know what? I haven't... It, it, this damn video game, Dave Z. I didn't even know this was out. It's a video game? Oh, because of your game, you didn't know this was because out. Because of my <laughs> game, I didn't even know this was out, Eli. And it and it's got a 5.9 with, with you know, over 40, like 4,600 ratings on the B. That's impressive. That means it's probably pretty okay. Yeah, that's a lot of ratings. It is. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix has been okay. Draw that crowd. Yeah. Yep. So I guess we got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I This will be on the list. I'll try to catch it uh Mm, shoot in the next few days yeah. oh this guy's a watson fan here hold on I, I was scrolling down through the um the user reviews as i do and i came up and the rating the star system he has seven out of ten but then right next to it his rating is 7.2 out of ten. <laughs> oh god he's using your one old my, system <laughs> one of my one of my big uh <laughs> regrets was <laughs> was doing that i don't know I'm gonna, oh i see it i see it see he, he, i'm telling you he <laughs> must be he must be a war corridor fan this guy. Yep. There we go. Well, well, thanks, Sony. Yeah, I don't know how you say that name. <laughs> Soniac, like Koniac, but Soniac. Sony? Yeah. So it's a combination Ooh. of Sony and Koniac. Soniac and Koniac. I'm down, man. Nice. Okay. Well, shoot. I, I it's, it's on the list, folks. Uh, that's Eli. Eli. Yeah. I'm in. All right. Okay. Now we are on the 18th. A VOD movie called Trick. 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 I've trick. heard people talking about this, Dave Z. Uh, Got like Omar Epps, I think, in it. Oh, really? I think so. Let me. Oh, let that's me get that on. cover. Yep. Okay. okay, I've seen that cover. Omar Epps. Yeah. Hmm. Tom Atkins. Say what? Uh huh. Okay. okay, that just drew me in. Jamie Kennedy. We're talking. Uh, it. It looks like it says that. It's very. It looks like very Halloween oriented. The tagline is always choose treat. <laughs> okay. 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 From the director. From the from. Yeah. Yeah. From the. Does it say director? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Of my bloody Valentine. Who's that? I'm done Patrick with that. Lucier? Tom Atkins was in that. No. It yep. is. It is Patrick Lucy. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, how about that? Five point one out of ten with two hundred ratings. Okay, okay. I don't know. Uh, let's read this though. A no-nonsense detective tries to track down a mass murderer named Trick, who was terrorizing a small town. Trick. Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. <laughs> Trick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know. This is gonna have to be a wait and see for me. Um. You're thinking that. I am. Uh, wow, one of the best modern slashers, somebody says. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- this is like a back burner. I'm going to keep For some reason, I just don't know. But I could see why somebody would look at this and, and be kind of excited. I just have a weird feeling about it that, that it's not going to mm-hmm. be that good. 
Okay. You know, I think I will try to give it a watch before the end of the week, and and I I it just just because it does seem like it's Halloween themed, uh, so True. and I am looking for extra films that are that I haven't seen that are you know of the season so to speak. So so yeah, I think I will uh, give it a try, and I'll, I'll get back to you, Dave Z. You know what? In the spirit of Halloween, I may I may do it if I have the time that week. So cool. Yeah. Trick. All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for trick. Okay. Here's the big one on the 18th. Coming to Here well, we one of the two big ones actually. Actually. Um, coming to the cinema. This is the first one. Zombieland Double Tap. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yep. There we go. Zombieland has come back. Man, I love Woody Harrelson, so, but I'm not going to go to the theater. But uh, Columbus, Tallahassee, Wichita, and Little Rock move to the American heartland as they face off against evolved zombies, fellow survivors, and the growing pains of us of the snarky makeshift family. Okay. We all know what it is. Okay. We all know. Everybody yep. saw Zombieland. It's a, you know, got some big names in it here. You know, they all it does, they yeah. all came back, which is nice. You know, uh, seven. Yeah, that, 7. that is really cool. Yeah, it is cool because whoa, mean, that is at a seven point three out of ten. Yeah. With seven with with over seven thousand like seven thousand three hundred ratings. Okay, that's impressive because I was cool on Zombieland. I liked it, but it's one I've never revisited since. And of course, since then, you know, Emma Stone has like won an Oscar. Jesse Eisenberg, you know, still still always looks like his face always looks like he's going. <gasps> that's what I kind of. Yeah, that's what Jesse Eisenberg is. And Abigail Breslin is, you know, grown up, obviously. And yeah, I, I, I love uh, Woody Harrelson a lot. He's, he's a great actor. I guess uh, I don't think I'll be going to the theater for this because, you know, even without the video game, my time is is, is weird. So yeah. if it comes to my local theater, the one that's walking distance, I might be able to catch it if I have an early day off work. So I don't know. I, I might. I'm surprised by this rating, Dave Z. 7.3 with that many ratings. That took me by surprise just now. Yeah, that is a little surprising. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, right? I, so I want to see hmm. it. I do want to see it. You think it's something your daughter would like? Or your family? Maybe. I think my family might be zombied out. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could see that. I don't know. Like, it's never been my daughter's favorite thing. And my wife's been kind of burnt out on zombies since we stopped watching The Walking Dead. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Maybe they like to see it. I'm not sure. But the thing is, okay, I'll get to that movie in a second. But Because I wanted to ask you, what does double tap mean? Does that have to do with like taps of beer? Or are they talking about playing a video game and hitting a button twice? What does that oh, mean? Oh, no, no, you know, the, the double tap, wasn't it something to do with the, like, kind of like in Scream, like you make sure you shoot him in the head twice, bam, bam. Oh. That's what it's referencing. It, it, it's a it's a, a shooting um, term? Yeah, I bet it's any, it's like, wasn't there something in the original? Granted, folks, uh, I've only seen it the one time when it was new, but wasn't there something in the rules, you know, of the zombie apocalypse about how you got to make sure you double tap, you got to make sure you, you shoot him in the head, not just once, but twice? Was there something in there like that? I believe there was, or at least you got to shoot him in the head at least once. And this could be a reference to now that it's the second movie doing it, shoot him in the head again. So it is a gun reference about headshots. Okay. All right. And that's what it is. Double tap. For some reason I was picturing like, um, like a, like a keg of beer and them having like one tap next to the <laughs> other and it's double taps. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be great. You know, I would love to see a scene where somebody puts like a, a, a tap in a zombie's head and then starts <laughs> pumping blood out of it. That'd be oh, pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, you might be honest on that. hasn't been done yet. Hmm. <laughs> no, it hasn't. If uh, you remember that movie from 2012, Stitches, the clown slasher, yeah. he could pull it off. Absolutely, he could pull it off. Yes. Man. Yep, yep. Double tap. Yeah, well, shoot. I was not planning to see this, Dave Z, 
but uh, because I was just, I wasn't ambivalent, but I was just, okay, I, I liked the first one, cool, right on. The second one I didn't need it in my life at all, but that's 7-3, man. I, I don't know, I'm, I think I'm talked into it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, I, I have free tickets to any oh, movie hey. I want, I know, but I have a good feeling I'm using my ticket for this next movie. Oh, oh. Tell it, Dave Z. <laughs> yeah. That what also, we got, buddy? Also coming out on the 18th to the cinema, Robert Eggers presents The Lighthouse. Here we go, folks. Yes. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> anyone that knows me and Watson knows that uh, we are big fans of The Witch. Clickety-clackety. Clickety-clackety. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, oh, I'm trying not to get excited. Okay, let's just read here. The hypnotic and hallucinatory... Ooh tale of two <laughs> lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Sold oh, wow. because of one okay. word. Sold. Yep, I I, I knew that <laughs> that would uh, that would draw you, buddy. And both these actors are fantastic. True. I listen, you know. And here's the thing: like, I, I'm not a Twilight guy. That I know that you know for the Twilight franchise. That's not for my demographic, so I'm not gonna hate. But I do think that Pattinson is a great actor. I back him being this new younger Batman that they're gonna do for the DC superhero thing. Uh, I, I'm down with him. Willem Dafoe always is is, is amazing. So mm-hmm. I can't with Robert Eggers at the helm. I can't see this going wrong. <laughs> I really just can't see it. And look at this rating, Dave Z. Read that to the peoples, man. Oof. Holy crap! Eight point one out of ten. Woo wee! Mm. Twenty six hundred voters. I could dig it. Mm-hmm. Well, That's conclusive well. to me. And of course, it'll probably go down because you know how people are. Yeah, I think it's gonna hopefully be at least horrific enough. I mean. It's listed as drama, fantasy, horror, mystery. Oh, I mean, okay. I see that now, yeah. But I'm going to have to have faith in uh, Mr. Eggers here. <laughs> That's all there is to it. How can I not? So I, the thing is, I don't think my, my wife and daughter are going to be into something like this. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. Hmm. I got to see it, though. I, I can't chance it not coming out on blue by, by year's end. You know what I mean? No, right, yeah. So Dave, Dave Z, I, I don't know if this is going to appeal to you or not. Or you know, we 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 have a, a lot of wonderful lady listeners, so maybe I can appeal to you, uh, you young, uh, you young ladies out there. Plot keywords. So you, what you can do is you can go to, you know, you can check the plot keywords that are associated with the film. And here's something: if you search this, this movie will come up. So there's bare-chested male, male nudity, male rear nudity, male masturbation. And then next it gives you see all 79. I'm sure if I click that, there's going to be a lot more mail. So I don't know for all you ladies who swing that hetero direction. I don't know. You might want to get your uh, get a load of the Pattinson and the Defoe and see what uh, you can get your rocks off that way. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Mr. Defoe ha- has shown it before in anti. He has. Yep. Yeah. That he that has. Scene. Yeah. Well, a couple times. There was a good scene in the beginning where he's having fun. Uh, and then there's the yeah, other scene yeah. later where it's not so fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you Yikes. go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's forget about that. Let's talk about Sweetheart. Sweetheart, that sounds happy. Sweetheart, okay. Yeah. Okay, comes out on the 22nd. It's a VOD and it's PG-13, so I don't know. Uh, horror thriller, okay. Jen has washed ashore a small tropical island and it doesn't take her long to realize she's completely alone. She must spend her days not only surviving the elements, but also fend off the malevolent force that comes out each night. Oh, interesting. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, Blumhouse Presents, that doesn't mean anything to me because I've seen Blumhouse Presents before and some shit balls that followed. That uh, is true. You know, I'm not very crazy about the, the, the font. I'm not over the moon about the cover. However, it's not necessarily saying bad. So, no. 5.4 to 10, 767 votes. 
you can run it on Prime right now. So wait a minute. Hold on a second. This oh, how about to, that? Okay. It's supposed to be coming out the 22nd. Looks like it got an early bump. Okay. Oh, huh. so okay. Sweetheart is out there. And for, uh, let me look. Yeah, I can say what I want to say. She looks like a sweetheart. She, um, yeah. <laughs> Kiersey. I can say what I want to say. Well, I wanted to see how old you did she some was. math there, didn't you? Yes, I wanted a 1993 rock and roll. Okay. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You can do math all day on that. Yeah, we're good. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kiersey Clemens, uh, a very attractive young lady. Oh, she is. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what else she's from, but I just saw her on the cover and I said, "What else is she from?" Neighbors 2, Flatliners remake. Oh, wow. I really got to see that Flatliners remake wait, now. Wait a second. D- Dave Z, Dave Z, uh, I want you to go look at her her acting uh, her, her acting repertoire here and then read the second one down okay, in on. pre-production. Oh, wait a minute. Let's go look. Okay, in pre-production. Yeah, click her, click her profile and then she where you can see all everything she's in and then she has something that's in pre-production <laughs> that is very interesting to me. <laughs> the title of it. Okay, let's see. There we go. Upcoming. There's seven of them. Okay, hold on. It's the second one down. The ball method. Uh, no, maybe maybe we don't have the same thing. Uh, it should be. There's the language of flowers, and then there's one called Z. Z E E. Oh yeah, look at that. And she and she plays a, a character named Z. <laughs> Z E E, like Dave <laughs> yep, Z on the, Facebook. Dave Z. Ooh. The, exactly because the the movie is called z just the letter but her character's name is z z e e so i i think you might whatever that is you might be obligated just to see it uh my guess i'm not even gonna click on it i'm gonna say zombies no i don't know no it's a western frontier it, oh. it's action adventure oh like zorro yeah and, and as a matter of fact that it looks like zorro cut uh, if you look at the cover of the box it's got the okay z i just clicked it now i said i wasn't yeah. going to click it but that does look like zorro huh well might have to that might be interesting. So yeah, she she's going by Z. So hey, yeah. you know, hey, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, Kiersey Clemens. I really gotta watch that Flatlanders remake because now that I know, I mean, I, I wanted to watch it before. Uh, of course, I'm only going by the people that are in the movie. So yeah. I mean, just just going by that. It, it, when we're talking about uh, her. We are also talking about another actress who I'm quite fond of in the Flatliners remake, and that is Ellen Page. So oh, Ellen Page is great, yeah. I haven't seen... Have you seen the Flatliners remake? I have not, no. Okay. I have not either. I wasn't that interested, but my only interest was my only interest was Ellen Page. But now I see that Kiersey is in this movie, and I'm, I'm more intrigued. I think eventually I just might have to watch that damn Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to Sweetheart. Um... Looks yeah, like, what are you thinking on this? It might be okay. I don't know. It's PG-13. I, I like movies where somebody is stranded. I've always kind of big, been a fan of that in a horror way, where someone's all yeah. alone uh, and, and something's coming out. You know, I, I don't know. It might be okay. I'm not excited about it, but I have a feeling that it's something that I could watch. And at the end of the day, at the end of the movie, I should say, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that wasn't bad. That, that That's what I'm getting out of it. I'm not like... I'm not hating on it at all. It could be okay is what I'm saying. It's as, it's yeah, as much I, as I will see it. You will cool. see it? Yeah, I, okay. I will see it eventually. Before the year's end, I will have watched this. All right. Sweetheart, stay tuned. Okay, so. The last day, 25th, is what we got. We got a movie called Countdown, which is coming to theaters. Now, Countdown, when a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict the moment a person will die... It tells her that she only has three days to live. With the clock ticking and a figure haunting her, 
She must find a way to save her life before time runs out. So an app that claims to predict... Wow. I, I like the tagline, Dave Z. It says, death? There's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And the cover is not doing it any favors, but... Sure. I've seen worse. PG-13 again. Okay. Horror thriller. I'm kind of interested in that premise. It reminds me of something that you would have seen in like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. No, yeah. D- absolutely. Doesn't it, it? Honestly, it almost seems like it, it, it could something like that could be even better suited for like a an anthology, like the new Creep Show or something. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to overstay its welcome. That's you know, it's, who can say? I'm, but we don't we know nothing about this movie. There's no ratings. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's not yep, even that, a true. rating from anybody in the, in the movie. There's not a review. There's nothing. And it comes out, according to this, on Thursday. So. Wow. And yeah. check this out. I mean, yeah, it's coming to theaters. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Huh. That That is interesting. I wonder if there is something to the idea that they maybe didn't do test uh, sc- not the screeners or test audiences or, or press uh, press screenings beforehand. That I wonder if that's telling or if they're just... You know, I, I I don't know what that says. I'm not an industry insider, so yeah, no, very very interesting though that there's nothing here on the B about it. Yeah, and this is the daughter. The lead of this movie is the daughter from Mom and Dad. Oh, okay. If you remember that, and go check this out. Go on the B. Go where you are. Look at look mm-hmm. at this movie, and then go find her. Go go to Mom I and Dad. I did already. Did you yeah, do okay. you see her profile pic on on the B? Uh, on for mom and dad well for anything or just her for her for this actress. yeah she's a very beautiful young lady yeah but not just that it, it looks like her profile pic is naked oh she, she's cut it, off it, you see what i'm saying it does seem to be that I, I wonder if maybe she's got a uh and and by the way she's born in 1994 or 93 so that it's it's okay it's okay um the well, you know, you know, just like Linnea Quigley before her sometimes clothes optional you know and I'll tell you what I really like about this, Dave Z, is if you look at her profile picture and folks, if you, if, you know, I, I realize this is this doesn't benefit you, but let me describe you. Let me let me describe this to you. If you you click on Ann Winters, you know, that's the lead of this uh, this movie called Countdown mm-hmm. and you click on her profile page and you can see her filmography and then you can see the main picture of her and she looks very stunning. She's a very beautiful young blonde lady. But then you look right next, at least the way it's organized with how I'm seeing it. You look, <laughs> a, a video for a trailer is like uh, to the right of her picture, and it shows this black guy just like creeping. He looked yeah. like looking creepily <laughs> at, out, like from like a, the crack of a door, just like looking like he's like stalking and be creeping. And I, it's it's busting me up because he he looks like he's like ooh. <laughs> right, looking at her picture there. That's exactly, it looks like he's looking at her profile picture. Oh, dude, that's so funny. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Oh, dude, I just, almost pointed that out earlier. Oh, it's the thing is, it isn't that I'm like, oh wow, she's hot and she's naked. It isn't that. It's yeah. it's a surprise because she looks like a legitimate actress. It's I you don't mm-hmm. usually see somebody's profile pic on the B looking that way. Like it looks like she's naked in the picture, but it's cut off just in time. It's just odd. You know, it wasn't like I was drooling over it. Not that she's not pretty, but um, the, the reason I pointed it out is it was just surprising more than anything. Yeah, that is an odd decision for a headshot, for sure. Yeah. I've dated two actresses, and and we, like, uh, for one of them, like, I took the, the pictures for her headshots, and she was, like, doing all these different outfits, but there was no point where the shirt came off. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. That never happened. Gotcha. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after the photos, but... 
Maybe so. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay. So yeah, well, this this looks interesting. I I I'll, I'm gonna wait and see and see what uh you you can tell you you just know that Mike Merriman's gonna be uh, getting on the the fresh cuts uh, the the no more no more room in hell presents fresh cuts chat being like I just saw countdown. Who else wants to podcast with me about this? So <laughs> we'll hear about it one way or the other. <laughs> You're right. Too. Yeah, that is that was a good Mike Merriman too. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I just smoked a lot of weed. Hello. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to be quiet for a while and uh, let everybody else talk. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna ream me later when he hears this. That's brilliant. <laughs> love you, Mike. <laughs> Mike's the best. I love him too. That's great though. Wow. Yeah. That's a good Mike M. So, which one should we get to next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a whole show like this one. No, I couldn't do that. I'd I'd break. I wonder if I could do a podcast. Hmm. Oh, yeah, who you got before we move on to the next one? Yeah, who you got? I don't know. Who could I do? Shut the fuck up, JP. No, I can't. <laughs> I know you need to say some words that would be very, very inappropriate for everybody and in, in your life, in our life. And yeah, it's just <laughs> better. Not. I'll think about it. Maybe there's maybe there's somebody I, I, I can't imitate. I don't know. I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, next show. cool. Okay, sweet. Now let's continue on to our next movie, VOD on the 25th as well, Girl okay. on the Third Floor. Okay. Girl on the Third Floor. Okay. Yeah. I have not... You know, I, Dave Z, I have heard of so few of these. Okay. Hey. All right. Here to help. Okay. Uh, this one, Don Koch tries to renovate a rundown mansion with a sordid history for his growing family, only to learn that the house has other plans. Okay. okay. I have seen this cover in so many other movies or something very similar to it too yeah. many times now. Oh, damn it. I have to see it, though. Uh, Wait, what, why? This why? is the one. How could I forget that this was the movie? <sighs> okay, I want you to look at the picture uh, and okay. what I'm talking about and look at the top. What's the first thing you see? Hold on. The, the uh, CM Punk? Yes. CM okay. Punk. CM Punk. I'm a huge yeah. fan for CM Punk, and I, I miss him all. I don't even want. The only way I would watch WWE again is if he came back. All right, so I, okay. yeah, I, I'm a big fan of CM Punk, so I absolutely have to see this. And it's a horror movie, so it's horror and it's CM Punk, two things that I'm, I love. So, yeah, I have to see this now. Okay. Okay. Cool. You know, and and I'm intrigued by this too because it, yes, okay, the 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 cover is a bit derivative. But uh, of, of various covers we've seen like it before, folks, where you have a house and it, it's like disconnected from like a red background, kind of like it's floating there. But it's on top of something that seems to like a, it looks like it could be something otherworldly. Maybe kind of at first glance, I thought it was a heart. That's what but I it thought. Could be, okay. So it could be something else. But either way, we're supposed to get the idea that this house is built uh, the foundation of this house uh, upon which it's built is 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 is, is evil so there's something more than meets the eye going on here and i get what it's trying to do and i dig it uh, the tagline is home is where hell is so okay yeah. it sounds like married with children <laughs> yeah uh, check this out dave z on the poster there by RogerEbert.com. it says yep. a unique vision that satisfies from beginning to gory end indeed mm. yes okay all right, all yeah. right. Six point one out of ten on the B with one hundred eighty-seven uh, ratings. So uh, so far, that seems all right. Is, is this Dave Z? Is this a VOD release? Yes, it is. This is a VOD. Okay. So I'm gonna watch it. I I will. I am going to watch this. So. Okay. Bye. Yeah, and as will I. 
yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be by next month or not, but I will get to it. I'm right now. I'm going to put it on not right this second, but how about when we finish this recording? I'm going to get on my phone and go onto my letterbox and it, it's going in there. I have to see it. I'm just it's CM Punk and there's other reasons too. So excellent. That's all there is to it. Okay, now. I don't know what I just did, but I messed up my notes, but um, there they are. They're <laughs> Hopefully you didn't delete them. No, no. <laughs> I'll never do that again. No, sir. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, this movie. Oh, boy. Okay. What do we got, buddy? VOD, this is the last movie you got to talk about. Um, okay. The Gallows Act 2. Okay. Oh, okay. The yeah. Gallows Act 2, huh? Yeah, VOD. The first one came to the theaters. This one is not. Oh, okay. When Anna... Anna, okay, Anna, I'm going to say. Yeah, that's a weird name. Yeah, Yeah, I never saw that before. When Anna Rude transfers to a prestigious new acting school, she encounters a malevolent spirit after participating in a viral challenge. Okay, I will say this. The killer in The Gallows, I liked him. I liked the Mm -hmm. look of it. Yes, I understand. I I happen to like the sackheads. Yes, thanks thanks to Jason. (laughs) Sure. Uh, yes, it's a sad kid killer, and I'm a sucker for him. So I like the way he looked, and I like the few of the things he actually did in the movie. Am I crazy about the movie? No, but I saw it once, and I did not hate it. It was just, uh, okay. eh. That's all it was for me. It was just like, eh, okay. Uh, it seemed to, the original takes a lot of hate, and whatever, that's none of my business. But, uh, okay. I never um, did see it. Oh, you never did see it? Well, mm-mm. I don't know. From the company that brought you Paranormal Activity and Insidious. Ooh. They're, they're reaching. I mean, from the, the company, company. I like that. I mean, Warner Brothers is a company. They, uh, they put out The Exorcist, but they also put out um, uh, Meet Joe Black 2, or I don't know. <laughs> Meet Joe Black 2. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if that movie exists. It just popped off my head. I like that. I don't think it does exist, but uh, <laughs> you know, hey, there we go. Nothing they might against, as well. Nothing against Meet Joe Black. I, I actually saw that movie and liked it. I, I just uh, that just popped out of my head. I don't know. Maybe I had the Joe Blow horror show in my head. <laughs> there we go. And I couldn't say it. I said sure. The Joe Blow sure. horror show. Sure. I can't. Why can't that that show be said? Oh my gosh. I, you know, it, it, it's kind of like when I hear people <laughs> reference our show, they just say they just say uh, oh uh, yeah and, and from, uh, some you know Daisy or Watson from uh, the Watsy party somebody finish it off and say horse show yeah man that's part of the gimmick <laughs> yeah. good lord <laughs> so the gallows act 2 um yeah what are you thinking are you going to check this out is and you said this is a VOD release so on October what was it 25th so um i wonder if you have to see the first one because i am intrigued by this movie but i i i I don't know if I'm doing a double feature or if I can view this completely uh, separate from the the first one, I wonder. I don't know. It doesn't look like anybody from this one was in the last one, first and foremost. Okay. So at least the top two people weren't. So I, I, I had to check that out. and I don't see that anywhere. Uh, and is this found footage as well, Dave Z? Wow. You know what? It doesn't say. Okay. It does not say. Let's see here. Um, 5.1 out of 10. Uh, less than 200 votes. Um, okay. Let's see. Technically fine and spiritual, generic, <laughs> or entertainment, boring and unnecessary sequel, generic, bored to death, better than the first oh, one. Yikes. <laughs> Listen to this. Better than the first one, but his rating was one out of ten. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I'm almost sold on that alone. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh wow. I wonder if he did that on purpose. Better than the one out of ten. But <laughs> one out of ten. <laughs> the first one was was even worse than a one out of ten. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. I don't know if it is. It doesn't sound... That's why I checked these to see if maybe somebody said something about found footage, you know? But 
It doesn't. And the two that I... There are two that they, they spoiler, so you know I'm not doing that. Yep. But, oh, man, we don't know if it's found footage, so... Hmm, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, weird. It's kind of weird if a movie the first time was and the, then the second time it was. Although, although, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows worked fine for me. So. Yeah, that was a cool movie as well. That one gets a lot of hate. And another uh, right. franchise that did that, well, not franchise, a double, double, uh, double feature that did that was the Last Exorcism and the Last Exorcism 2. I believe the first one was yeah. found footage and the second one was not. And Is I that never, right? Yes, you are correct. I didn't see the, the, the next one either because, you know. Yeah, me neither. Wasn't it called The Last Exorcism 2? I don't know. Wasn't there some type of weird subheading? Oh, gosh, I hope not. Either way, it's already done. No, that's not it. I, I was thinking of A Haunting in Connecticut 2, which is... Oh, sorry, Ghosts of Georgia? Ghosts of Georgia. Oh, like I showed that to my son, that, that poster to my son the other day, and we just started laughing. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's why I compared the, the two, because something's called The Last Exorcism, then there's a sequel to it. The Last Exorcism 2. I mean, yeah. I mean, so what? It's, it's the same exorcism. Is it isn't over yet? It went a little bit longer than we thought. <laughs> the same exorcism. Well, if the first one was the last one, then what's going on here? What are you showing? It, me? Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I like it. I like that it's the. Yeah, I like how you said it's the same exorcism. It's That's really good. <laughs> it's like the never-ending story two. How could there be a never-ending story two if the first story never ends? It's always bothered me. Uh, I, I have no explanation for that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Listeners, engage with us. How can you have a never-ending story, too? <laughs> I mean, what? Good God. Okay. <laughs> That's the end. Wrap up the party favors. I'm, I'm All right, here you go. Now. Well, folks, that concludes our party favors segment, which brings act number one of this horror show to a close. It is now time for the Watsy Party Horror Show Horror Deep Dive segment to commence. All right, folks, we're here now in the horror deep dive portion of the party, and this is our topic of discussion segment. Just a word of warning, if you're brand new to our show here, we normally get deep at this point in the show. This is where we wax intellectual and all that jazz, but this, and I'm, hey, that, that, we can't help it. That just might happen no matter what we do. But this being October, the the October episode, we want to keep it fun, festive, and Halloween-y. So whereas I typically do not include background music in Act 2 here, the better to highlight the segment's deep conversational feel, I thought we might break the rule this one time around to create that All Hallows' Eve atmosphere. If you ever listen to my Halloween episodes of Horror Corridor, I do my best to make those just bleed Halloween. So I think we're going to do get a little taste of that here and now, folks. Dave Z and I have two things on our agenda for this deep dive. Dave is going to start us off and we're going to be talking about his controversial views regarding where Halloween ought to fall on the calendar. And then Dave and I are going to give you a list of our five favorite Halloween day watches. But we're not necessarily ranking these movies in order. In fact, what we're doing is this. We're making like it's the morning of October 31st itself, and we're going to plan our day out with these five movies that we've selected to fashion for ourselves the perfect Halloween. Which of these five films do you start with? You know, which movie do you end the night with? You know, which movie is the climactic peak of the evening? So we'll use these movies to paint that picture for you here soon. But first, Daisy, let's talk about this Halloween topic you'd mentioned to me because some of the details have changed since it was first made public last year. In fact, it changed, I think, uh, as recently as this summer. So as I understand it, Back in 2018, the Halloween and Costume Association, yeah, that exists, <laughs> had created an official petition to change the date of Halloween from October 31st to the last Saturday in October, wherever that falls. 
The petition gained a lot of steam back then and still continues to do so. This is an, a petition you can go sign. I think my son signed it uh, just randomly just because I had the link up. And it still continues to grow uh, even here now in October of 2019. As of now, they're at over 150,000 signatures. But recently, they changed their tune a little bit, Dave Z, and we talked about this a little bit behind the scenes. And it's a move that I think is rather smart, honestly. And these folks have partnered with the costume chain store Party City and have taken... Uh, well, and have the backing, rather, of a few big candy companies like Skittles and Snickers not to change the date of Halloween itself anymore, but to create a new holiday called Trick or Treat Day, which will fall on the last Saturday of October as they plan. So, Dave Z, what do you think about that change? Like, do you think that this new Trick or Treat Day will overshadow Halloween itself? Or do you think these two related holidays, if you will, can peaceably coexist? What, what, what are your thoughts, man? Well, I don't like it. It's going to screw everything up, first and foremost. Um, uh -huh. what's going to happen is that if, is this official? Is this happening now? I think it's what they want to have happen. And I think when you get over 100,000 signatures, don't quote me on that number, you can send it to the white house for consideration. So all this is, is really just a, a public rallying to see if they can even get this idea in front of people who will give a damn. So this is nothing official. It's like when people made that petition to get Justin Bieber out of like not allowed to come back to America or something like that, deport Justin Bieber to Canada. It doesn't mean anything until the White House actually is able to have it in front of them and take a look at it. You know, anybody can do a petition for anything, right? Yeah. Previously, Dave Z, you were all about the Halloween date change when that was what the petition was saying. That was right? something, and yes, I was, and I know some it's people different now. are not going to like it, and I guess if this is going to be the one episode that it's that Dave Z is really going to be an ass, I, I may as well be <laughs> a whole ass because of things I said before and things I'm saying now, and I understand why people, especially in our community, are against the idea, but you will have to hear me out. However, the, Tell it. the trick or treat day, mm -hmm. that's not what I envisioned. That's not what... It's not going to... You, you can't have both, not in that fashion. Halloween is going to be Halloween if it stays on that on the 31st. That's what it is. That's the day people are going to go trick-or-treating, regardless of, of, of the day that it falls on. It doesn't matter. It's Halloween. That's it, all there is to it. You're not going to take that. You can't call one thing Halloween and then something else trick-or-treat day because you know who's going to... Number one, it's corporate as hell. Uh, so I'm, I'm immediately mm -hmm. against that. It reeks of freaking commercialism. It's stupid. It's like if Christmas, if you, if it, it would be like if, if people didn't get off Christmas Day for whatever reason. Halloween, they don't get the day off, and that's my beef. But like, sure. If if, if everybody had to go to school and work on December twenty fifth, no matter what day of the week, and it fell on a Saturday, or, or, or part of me, if it fell on a Wednesday, they said, well, from now on, let's everybody open gifts on the Saturday before the twenty fifth. It just, it doesn't work. It's it it, it, it it's not. I I don't like it. The only people that I think could benefit from it and would take part in it are people that have very small children and sure. and they want to do something on the weekend for whatever reason because maybe the parents are working and it's easier for them to do it on a weekend yeah school nights uh yeah that that whole thing about you know being late with the kids and then trick-or-treating and then they have to get up the next morning and i think it is a safety issue as well i think there was i read some stat uh about that more kids get hit on Halloween night than any other year. I don't know how trick-or-treat day on a Saturday where drunk people are partying is going to change that, but apparently they have that in their their propaganda, uh, you know, in, in there somewhere. So that, that was a little interesting thing that was like, okay, I don't know how that relates. But so I think, yeah, like you're saying, it is for the, it is more for the kids. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And it's going to be more work for people like you and I 
Okay, so what are they what are they trying to say? That on the last Saturday of the month, and then maybe four days later, trick-or-treaters are gonna come to my house. So I gotta prepare for two different nights. It's bad enough. Not that it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I love Halloween. And at this age, where I'm at now, because my daughter's too old to take and I'm too old to go, one of uh -huh. the, my favorite things is handing out the candy to the kids. And I am all for it. I talk to them. I, I love it. It takes me back to childhood. And I'm excited for them. And I love it. So don't get me wrong when I say it's bad enough that we have to do it one night. I'm just talking about <laughs> having to do it twice in a week. It just might not be so damn fun anymore. I mean, so do you think that's what the case will be, Dave Z? Do you think that this trick or treat day and Halloween won't there won't be that clear differentiation to where, you know, people will still trick or treat on on Halloween, October thirty first? Do you think that'll still happen? Of course it will, because the a trick or treat day is probably the kids that are. It's like I said, it's just going to be for the young kids with their parents, and then trick or treat day will probably be older kids or kids that want to go twice. Because let's face it, if I could go twice, if I'm a kid, I'm going twice. Oh sure. I might even buy two two freaking two outfits. I'll do one one day. I'll be Jason one day. I'll be freaking Michael on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Why would I not take advantage of it? And then you're going to have people spending more money. How many people do you think want to go to the store and buy candy and put them in bowls and do go through the whole thing? Now, let me tell you something. You live on the West Coast. It's different for you. Out here, it's sure. cold, it's, which is one of the reasons. I've been saying it for years. I wish Halloween was freaking September 31st. I wish they would change it oh. to September 31st because it's always fucking cold on Halloween night here. And I'm and, and it sucks when you're out there and your nose is running and it's the best night of the year. <laughs> but why do I have to be cold? The end of September is like perfect weather. I mean, it's not, you know, 80 degrees, but but it, it's there's a good chance it's, it's still going to be like 60s or maybe 50s at the lowest. Right now, the other day, I was at work. In the morning, in the a.m. hours, it's 32 degrees here already. Okay? Who wow. wants to go out when it rain and we get a lot of rain in October? Things change in a hurry, man. And I have had, since I moved back home in 2010, I have had a lot of cold-ass Halloweens taking my daughter to the point that you only go for like an hour and then the little, little kids just want to go home. I mean, that's no fun. Come on. So so now you got to think about it. And a lot of people, they got to open their doors all night long when every time kids come. And a lot of people just take down the, the storm door in the front, the, the glass door, the screen or whatever. So they just they don't have to keep opening their front door. And then... Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. and Because it gets cold. Are you opening your door every freaking two minutes, letting the cold in your house? It's something <laughs> to think about. It's something that happens in this area. You know what I mean? Well, so what you yeah, what you do is you you put an empty bowl out in a chair in front of the door and says take take uh, take only one and then just relax the rest of the night. Right, <laughs> like that'll work. Okay, you could do no, that. it won't. Yeah, you, you'll get knocks though for sure. You'll get all kinds of, and you'll you'll get kids taking freaking a lot more than one and doing who knows what and, and kicking in your freaking your pumpkin and everything else that kids do. I mean. I don't know. Oh, wow. Think about having to do that twice in a week. No one's going to do it. No one's going to go out and spend the money because you know it's not going to happen. You think the entire world is just going to say, well, trick-or-treat day is going to be this day. You can still go on Halloween or you can go here because there's no way that could happen. Even if this trick-or-treat day does happen, you think mm -hmm. that they have the that they are going to have the ability because that happens to say, okay, everybody now, from now on, there is no more trick-or-treating on Halloween. You can only go on this day. I just don't think that happens. You you have got to call it Halloween or declare it Halloween for that to be what trick-or-treating. That's how I feel. I just don't think it'll work. And again, my biggest beef is that it just reeks of, 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 of freaking corporate nonsense. Sure, sure. You know, 
I had not thought of that. Uh, the the idea that the differenti the differentiation won't be clear. I I mean, in, in, I guess in a perfect world and probably according to their petition, it's it's just it ju it'll take off and and nothing will will be you know nothing there will be no problems but I, I had not thought of it from that perspective that now you're going to have two of these types of knights on your hands here i think as far as the petition you know petitioners are thinking that won't be the case the differentiation will be clear whatever people want to do on halloween and how they observe that will be that and trick-or-treat day will be for you know for the the commercial aspect of it and uh but yeah you're right there i i think that it will be a messy the lines will be blurred and it will be messy and i think that right there is kind of very well might be the death sentence of a of, of a prospective trick-or-treat day and furthermore you know i read something a worry that somebody had had because i'm not as uh bothered by the commercialization of it because like i'd read uh in in that study or not the study in the petition or uh, an article linked to the petition that you know one quarter of all the candy sold in the u.s for any given year one quarter of that is for halloween and so you know to a degree there's already a mass commercialization to it but I think that, and so I'm not as bothered by that, but yes, this this is kind of a, sort of like Valentine's Day, where it is just a, essentially a candy company holiday. Because if you look into the origins of Valentine's Day, and you look into where that came from, it has nothing to do with going to dinner and a movie and bringing candy home. It, it's a very, it's about Christian persecution when they were a new religion. It's a dirt, it's dirty stuff, has nothing to do with what we do now. But the candy and flower companies love it because we're, we're throwing money at them and they dig it. And that's, I can see that trick or treat day sort of being dedicated only to the corporate aspect of Halloween being really annoying considering that. Now, one thing I do like about it, not the corporate part, but just the custom itself is that. Well, actually, that's what I want to get into. The One of the concerns I read that somebody had about this is that... Okay, so I'm not going to go into the deep and complex history of Halloween, but it originated around 2,000 years back with the ancient Celtic New Year's Festival of Samhain, or Samhain. And over the centuries, the Romans showed up later, changed things up a bit. The Christians, when they were new on the scene, changed things up. Times changed, things changed, locations, locations changed. Now here we are in the 21st century. You know what? The act of communally dressing up in costumes to ward off the dead is still being done today. You might say that our modern trick-or-treating customs still reflect the ancient rituals to some degree. And you know what doesn't though, it kind of pay homage to those ancient rituals, is, <laughs> is watching John Carpenter's Halloween for the 30th time, which I will be doing. But <laughs> I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is that while Halloween is, you know, absolutely a commercialized holiday here in the West, our modern spin on it, our parties, our celebrations, they still show love to the original end of harvest parties they were throwing back in the day. It's all good to me, trick or treat day. I don't think threatens the ritual necessarily, but here's where it does. Uh, well, no, that's that's actually not right. I'm sorry. It does threaten the rituals in that. Check this out. One of the concerns I read were some very spiritual people who buy into the the th those ancient rituals. So like, here's where trick or treat day could be a problem is if you believe as the ancient Celts did, that October 31st really is that special day of the year when the veil between the living and the dead is at its thinnest. If you believe that, if you believe that the trick-or-treating customs help confuse or ward off the dead who really make their way to our plane on that night somehow, then taking that away from October 31st and relocating it to whatever the last Saturday Saturday of the month is, that could feel spiritually devastating to certain people out there. And I was surprised reading threads where people were talking about how trick-or-treat day is going to mess up the whole spiritual dynamic 
of of of, of Samhain and, and of kind of even the way we celebrate it now is still an appropriation or still an approximation of what it used to be. And so I, I found that to be a very interesting take. And obviously I don't have any stock in those types of beliefs, but I do think there's a certain magic to, you know, believing, okay, we have this new year's festival. That's because for the, the Celts, the November 1st, I think was their new year. And so, you know, this new year's festival, the harvest is over and we have this day where the dead might really walk the earth. So we got to, you know, act, you know, look like they are to scare them off. And if you're taking that from the day that it is actually, you know, where it was actually celebrated, there's something to that. That's a little, I, I, that could be feeling, a, a, a that could feel a little dirty to some. So that's just kind of a weird spiritual side uh, that I'd read. And I don't know, what, what did you think? What do you think of that, Dave Z? It's, it's kind of a weird, uh, sort of a weird complaint, but no, I no. think for those people, it's probably valid. No, I get that complaint and, 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 and I hear what they're saying and I raise them because that October 31st is still Samhain. October 31st is yes. still everything that you're saying it's going to be. Now, in essence, we, or pardon me, or they take it back. What I'm saying is that will not change anything. That'll make that day still special to you. October 31st is what it is. November 1st is what it is in any way you want to celebrate it. So in essence, they would be taking that day back. It is no longer about jack-o'-lanterns and kids knocking on your door and Charlie Brown special. It now goes back to that stuff that it started to be in the first place. That is one of the reasons I huh. am for it because we can claim it back. Not we, I keep saying we, but let's just yeah, pretend yeah. that that's how, that I celebrate that way. And I'm not opposed okay. to it actually. Uh, I'm, I'm more I'm more for that than I am a, a lot of uh, Western standardized religions. So sure. I'm just gonna say we. we. So we take that back now. So now Halloween can, can be the last Saturday of the month, much like Thanksgiving is the last Thursday of every month, and that's a big day. And every, and pretty much every holiday falls on the same day, except for, I think, what, Valentine's Day is always the same date, and Christmas, of course. And then I think yeah. pretty much everything else goes by the day of the week and everything else and all that goes. And then there's no problem with that. Like, Easter is always a different day, and that that's religious, too. And it's also commercialized with bunny rabbits and chocolate and everything else. So, <laughs> yeah, let them have exactly. that, okay? Let everybody else in the world have Halloween and call it Halloween uh, the last Saturday of the month. And it still is Halloween. However, October 31st, you can do whatever ritual you want to do, whatever makes you happy, or do no ritual. Just celebrate it any way you want to. Nobody's taking that from you. If anything, you should be happy about it because now everybody in the world isn't infringing on something that you enjoy and that you are a separatist to. If you're into that, most people don't celebrate that. So now it's yours. Now it's all your day. You should be more excited about it. That's how I look at it. Interesting take, Dave Z. So what? Yeah, I, I okay. I, I'm, I'm tracking with you, buddy. So you're saying to take Halloween, and you're saying Halloween as we celebrate it. You know that that word and our customs that we have here in the West make that that last Saturday rather than this trick or treat day. We do the things we always do, which does you know include trick or treating, of course, but the other stuff we do. Celebrate it then, and then keep that October 31st end of the Celtic year. Uh, uh, celebration and that whole, you know, the, they they have things with you know bonfires and I mean, I mean that was what they did back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, there are different ways you could probably represent the 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 fires burning, you know, to keep you safe and whatnot, by with candles or carving turnips or what have you, and and keep that ritual a little more sacred. Okay. Yes, yes, we keep it. That's what I'm saying. And and the horror fans, we could still celebrate 31 days. Who cares? 
You can still have 30. Oh, yeah, and you know they would. <laughs> right, of course, because 31 is still an important number. It's still great. I respect it. I love it. I love Halloween. And let me tell you, you showed me two articles, and one of the articles said what I was intending to say and what I have been okay. saying this entire time. They actually, and I, hand to heart, I didn't read this thing until about three hours ago when we were initially supposed to get ready to record. I said, okay, let me read these things now. So I didn't even know it said that, but this is what I've been saying. But they say it, the way they word it is better than me trying to explain it. It'll take me two minutes and it'll take these people uh, 10 seconds. So let me say what they, this is how this article starts. Everybody loves Halloween, except when it falls on a weekday night. Now, the after-school homework routine is tricky enough, even without a kid who just wants to put on a costume and eat candy, Early bedtimes curtail what could be hours of trick-or-treating. Even older fans of the holidays are disappointed. It's hard to have a fun time when you know you need to be back at the office in the morning. Okay, that is what they say, and that was my biggest argument. Because when I was a kid, I don't know how you guys felt when you were a kid, but when I was a kid, when Halloween fell on a Friday night or a Saturday night, it was always that much more special. I remember being a kid and asking, and my mother saying, oh, Halloween something, and I, my first question would be, is it on Friday or Saturday this year? No. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So those were always more fun. It was great, especially on a Saturday. It's a whole damn day. You do your thing in the day. You party at night. You can stay up late. You can eat your candy. You don't have to worry about anything because most kids are allowed to stay up later on Friday and Saturday nights. So they have that going. And now as an adult, you know, <laughs> I got to go to work. You know you know how much it pisses me? Not pisses me. You know how disappointed I am that I, I've only been at my job for a short time. I don't have any time off. I, I could ask for the day off and not get paid. I'm not going to do that. But you know how badly I, I want to take off Thursday and Friday because Halloween falls on Thursday? I do badly, and I've done it many times with other jobs. I save some of my sick time or whatever it is, and I take those days off. Now I can't. If this was on a Saturday, it would never even matter. I love it. I like it. I love it because I yeah. want to watch movies all day. Or not all day. I mean, if I can, yeah. Like, if it does, you know, whatever. I want to watch movies. I want to hand out candy when the candy ends and Halloween ends ridiculously early now at 8 o'clock. You shut the lights off or yeah. whatever. Then I'm going to watch a couple movies and I want to eat my pumpkin seeds and I want to eat my candy and I want to stay up till midnight. I want to enjoy it and then I want to go to bed and then I don't I don't want to have to wake up at 5.30 the next morning. I don't. Sorry. I want to enjoy Halloween the way I want to enjoy it. So the adult in me has reasons, but I, I think about when I was a kid. And how I always wanted Halloween to be on a Friday or a Saturday night because it was so much more special. So that's, I see nothing but positives. I think people that are holding on too tight are just being, I don't know, they're, maybe they're not thinking it through or maybe they're just trying to be too much of a purist Halloween 31. I get it. I love it. Everyone knows I love Halloween. Everywhere I go, everybody knows I'm Mr. Halloween and I'm Mr. Whatever. And most of us, when we go to work, if they know we're horror fans, they, they must know, hey, you like Halloween? Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite, my favorite holiday. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever. So it isn't like I'm opposing, you know, <laughs> friends and fans of the genre and, 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 and of the holiday and all that other stuff because everybody's getting really uptight about it. And, and I know I'm in the minority. And I know some people don't like hearing me say that, but I think I'm giving valid reasons here. Well, and I agree with you, Dave. And the only reason... See, I had never thought about this, but you, you've, I, I had no horse in the race or hadn't had any thoughts about it, but I, I love where I'm with you. I stand with you on this. And the only reason the, okay, rather the only people I would listen to about keeping October 31st Halloween, if indeed it ever came to a vote would be if they are people 
who actively celebrate the ancient Celtic rituals and, and do it that way. If those are the only people I'll listen to about keeping it that day. Otherwise, I see no reason why here in the West we, you know, you can still observe it that way on the 31st you want, but then the way we celebrate it here in the West, move it, move it to that Saturday. I'm down with that. But if you're, you know, Becky Johnson from Wisconsin or John Jones from Portland, Oregon, and you're telling me, oh, well, we got to keep it to the 31st because uh, something about Druids in ancient Ireland. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I just, we're, we're good. I get you know, that. Listen, I, I, I know, but I don't think that has anything to do with Halloween and trick or treating and things like well, that. I think it, what I'm saying, Dave, is is uh, is is th- that as their defense, like what is their defense? I'm saying in keeping it the 31st, and you know, and so even then, you already have that comeback of saying, well, what does that have to do with your rituals? You can still have it, but if we're talking to say, let's say Mike Merriman came up and he was like, no, just get, just <laughs> anybody in our community was like, well, no, it has to be the 31st. Well, what reason would they have to keep it and, and, and enlighten us, folks? If, if you've got a great reason why oh, it needs to be the 31st, maybe because why complicate things? Okay, sure, right on. I, I mean, Dave Z's answer does seem to simplify that, but okay. Um, but I, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of wondering what would their defense be for it needs to be the 31st, if not for deeply spiritual reasons. What do you think, Dave? I, I'm with you. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. I think I was saying that the wrong way, and I didn't want you to think I was saying No, that. I get it. Okay. I get, I, I, I get what you're saying now. I, I, the way my mind processed it uh, wasn't right. I see what you're saying. You're saying that you're looking the other way when someone's saying that because it, to you, that doesn't make sense because you're saying what I'm saying. So if someone's going to come on and talk yeah. about... Yep. You know, uh, Celtics and, and and all that other stuff and, and druids and bonfires and any other thing you want to say, you know, c- civilization in the United States or wherever, calling something Halloween and, you know, doing th- those other rituals that are family friendly and all that other, you know, hoopla that we do, that that's a completely different thing. I mean, it's like yep. it would be like if Christmas was changed just to, to every Saturday. It doesn't mean that on December 25th, you can't go and light a candle and go to mass and say this was the day Christ was born or whatever and do whatever religious thing you want to do on that day. But hey, let's yeah. open presents on the, on, on the Saturday uh, and let's do this on the Saturday or whatever. I Sure. You know, it wouldn't make a difference. Luckily, that doesn't happen. And, and Christmas is Christmas yeah. no matter what day of the week it's on. People are off. So that's different. But in this case, I don't know. I think it's actually kind of cool. To, to have one this way and then still have the 31st because even me I'm not I'm not you know I don't follow that but it would still be special to me no matter what it was still the 31st and everything else I still dig it so it would almost be like having two Halloween to somebody like me or, or you or what you still have yep. the Saturday and you still have you know the 31st to do whatever you want and I don't know I, I just think it's I, I think it's all positives I just don't see it I just think that people are are, are stuck in their ways and I don't sure. know. We grew up with it being one way, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it would be great. Saturday night Halloween. Oh my god, that's how it should be. It's it'd be a whole day thing, dude. When when that happens, it's always the best. And if yes. it were always like that, man, I'd be I'd, I'd be walking down to the the bar down the street where I sometimes DJ, and there'll be a big Halloween shindig going on. I can 
do what I got to do, do that there and, you know, wake up Sunday or, and be okay and not be having to <laughs> recover at work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, hey, the 30, come the 31st, I'll observe it in the way I always do. Watch my movies that, you know, we're going to be going over that here uh, very shortly about how we uh, the movies we would watch for a nice, perfect Halloween day where we can watch what we want in the order we want. And, and that's how I would observe the 31st. So it would be like having two Halloween. So kind of in in, in summary, folks, because I, I understand that there's there's a lot of nuance to this. The, the, Dave is against, and me too, uh, the idea of a trick-or-treat day simply because it won't be differentiated clearly from Halloween as we celebrate it because it'd just be two of the same celebration. So what Dave is saying is just forget trick-or-treat day, move the Halloween to that last Saturday, and then we can observe the the... I don't want to say commercial, but the more festive aspects of Halloween on that last Saturday and then take that October 31st for our own, I guess, more private, you know, as private yeah. as social media can be, our own private observance. So I am completely with that and I'm down. So down with trick or treat day. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, oh yeah. Forget that. Halloween and trick or treating go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's when people should be, even now when they do it a different day. I, I think it's lame and trunk or treat and going to the mall and all that. Even that I think is lame. Let it just be Halloween and trick or treat and knock on, on the door the way it's always been. We have so few great things left from from our generation that we grew up in. And yes, I know people are going to say, well, Halloween on the 31st was always something we had, Dave. Why don't you want to stick with that? And I'm, I'm, I'm giving reasons because when I was a kid, I want it changed to Saturday. So as an adult, I still do. <laughs> so I've always wanted Absolutely. this. Absolutely. That's all there is to it. Sorry. Yeah, and, and and folks, if uh, I would love to hear any thoughts on this, do you agree with with Dave Z and me on the Saturday? Does that resonate with you in any way, or are you an October thirty first purist? If so, is it just because it's been that way? And I'm not going to look down on any answer we get if you're for or against the thirty first, or or the, the, this, you know, the the just the even the idea of moving Halloween away from the thirty first. I would love to just hear what people think, and if, if there are any of you out there who have the really spiritual take on it, I would love to hear what you would think uh, just about. A private observance of that or does it need to be a collective uh sort of celebration you know do you do you think the dead come back on on the 31st and make it to this plane i i want to hear people's answers and uh, we get pretty good feedback a lot of the time so you know we'd, we'd love feedback on that Dave Z, that's all i've got if you've got uh unless you've got any further thoughts on this topic uh I i'm ready to move on buddy yeah let's move on all right then folks Dave Z and i are now going to give you our lists of our top five favorite halloween day horror movie watches now, as a reminder, we're not ranking these in order from least to greatest. Not necessarily. It might end up that way. Uh, mine's not. Dave's, yours might be. But instead, we're imagining that we've woken up on a chilly, windy, and especially dark Halloween day. Whatever this day holds for us, one thing is certain. We are going to watch five Halloween-themed horror movies, and ain't nothing going to stop that. So, we walk over to our movie collection, we select our five Halloween day favorites, and now it's time to plan out how this day is going to go. Which movie do we start with? Which movie do we end with? Which which go in between? Well, Dave Z and I are going to tell you all that right now, and I'll start us off. Dave Z, party people, I'm imagining it's around lunchtime right now as I pick up my first movie, put it in my Blu-ray player. I've got my Black Phillip coffee cup in hand. Yeah, I've got one of those. <laughs> Maybe I've added, yeah, I do. Maybe I've added a couple shots of whiskey to that Java just to take the edge off. I ain't working. I don't got anywhere to be. Now, it's still bright out, okay? So I'm going to start off with the appetizer on this list, so to speak, and I'm beginning my day with Satan's Little Helper 2005. Nine-year-old Douglas Woolley has decided that this Halloween he's going to dress as the title character from his favorite video game, Satan's Little Helper. Well, while trick-or-treating, 
He happens upon a masked psychopath who tricks Dougie into being his little helper, and the two begin a hellish rampage through the small community of Bell Island. So, folks, this is a mean-spirited little movie that somehow goes above and beyond its meager budget and relatively simple little concept. It's pure fun. Catherine Winnick couldn't be prettier if she tried. This killer couldn't be more ominously hilarious. There's a scene <laughs> involving what this killer does with a cat that cracks me up every time I see it. And the cat gets a little cracked up too, if, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Folks, that's Satan's little helper and that's how I'm starting my day. Dave Z, do you, do you like that movie at all? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy the first half. I, I by, by the time Same it here. gets to the third act, um, I don't know, it, it kind of falls off for me. But I do enjoy it. I I have to to give props to uh, I have to call attention to the to the older sister I think she's just stunningly beautiful and she um, yeah. oh boy oh boy my gosh but aside from that um, <laughs> it's an enjoyable it's it, obviously it's Halloween it's about trick-or-treating and the game and and all that stuff and the kid some people say he's annoying but he's not annoying to the fact that it, it really deters me from the movie is he a little bit naive yeah yes he is but <laughs> yeah, right. It, the movie depends on that. Yeah, but it does have it has that Halloween charm to it. So for it does. Yeah, Not, a more modern yeah. film, it, it, it checks those boxes. I just my issue is that by the time it gets to the third act, something about the third act, it always pulls me out of it. And that's what I always since it's the last act, that's what I remember the most. So I, I, I don't uh. visit it that often because when I think about the movie, I think about two things. That girl and, and, and the end of the movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Well, well, Dave Z, how are you starting your Halloween day, my friend? Okay, I have to start it off light. I'm picturing I have the whole day off and I'm by myself for yep. half the day because everybody's at work and school but me. So this is like fantasy land, you know. Um, <laughs> Halloween's still <laughs> falling on a Thursday. I happen to have that day off. <laughs> yes, happy. Um, so, you know, I'm going to, I usually wake up nice and early, but this day I'm going to wake up a little bit later. I'm going to wake up at like 10 probably. I'm going to go downstairs. Oh, yeah, I usually wake up at 6, you know, so. Ugh. I'm gonna sleep until ten that day. I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna go make some some breakfast, some coffee. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna get on my TV, and I am gonna start the day off a little bit light because I'm just trying to wake up, and it's not too heavy of horror or anything like that. But it's great for this time of year and, and Halloween day, and it's Dark Night of the Scarecrow. And uh, oh, yes, in a, yeah. in a small southern town, a wrongfully killed man exacts revenge on those who murdered him from beyond the grave. That movie doesn't really express what the movie is. It was a made-for-TV movie, so it's light on that time. It's not, it's not gory. It's not crazy kills. It's a couple creative-looking kills. I like that. It has that feeling, and it has a lot of afternoon stuff. So it has that early morning, early afternoon vibe. It's, it's very, um, you know, it's just, it's very October feeling, and we get... You know, we get uh, someone who becomes a scarecrow and goes off in exact revenge, like, like it says. But if you haven't seen it, it's it's not what you're thinking. It's not like a scarecrow slasher or something like that. This is, um, you know, it actually pulls the heartstrings a little bit. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a good movie for coffee and breakfast on Halloween. So that that's my flick. Dave Z, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do because I have never seen that movie. Ooh. So what I'm going to do is come Halloween week, I am going to throw that in the rotation. Good. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the day before, the day before that, just right there in that uh, maybe Wednesday or something like that. I, I you, You've talked me into it. I'm down. I, I like the sound of that. So, okay. So, right now. Okay. We're well 
into the afternoon. I feel like the wind is picking up a bit. The skies are darkening a little early. I've got some candles lit. Got my Halloween lights on. I, I've said to hell with it. Now I'm sipping on a pumpkin beer or five. And I've got in my hand for my second watch of the day. Murder Party 2007. A man finds a random invitation to a Halloween party and upon arriving, he finds he's the guest of honor at his very own gut-wrenching murder. So, I reviewed Murder Party here on episode 10 of Horror Corridor back in the day and I happen to think it's a delightful gem of a movie. You can tell when you watch this, and, and I'm sure everyone who's seen this, everybody seems to say this and it's because it's true. You can tell when you watch this that director Jeremy Saulnier is destined for great things. It's it's absolutely as low budget as it gets. Yes, that's that's the case. But somehow, this film manages to put those limitations aside in order to deliver like a fun, hilarious, and gory modern Hall Halloween horror classic. If you haven't seen it, folks, I do believe it's on Shutter. so put it on your list. That's Murder Party 2007. I'm down with that. Nice, nice. I, I yeah. like Murder Party. I, that's one that I, I will watch like every two or three Halloweens. Not in every year. Yeah, same, same here. Yep. Yeah, it's one that makes the rotation. Maybe not, on, definitely not on a Halloween day, because usually on a Halloween day, I only have time for for two. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, that is exactly it for me as well. Yep. Yeah, so it's not very often that, that I have the whole day to do that, but that's like a, you know, that that's a Halloween week type movie. So, yeah. Yep. Anytime I Absolutely. Go. So, Dave Z. Oh, yep, absolutely. Dave Z, what have you got for us next? Okay, I am going to go off the grid a little bit because if I continue to, to do what I'm doing, it's going to be very predictable and boring. So I'm going to... The movie that I was going to watch last, I'm not going to watch now. I'm taking it off. I'm, I'm going to spice it up a oh, bit. I'm changing what okay. I usually do because everything else is too predictable, including that one. So I'm not going to do it. And some, some years I don't get to it, usually because... I don't know. I started the other one late, and you'll see why when I get to it. It's but it's probably not hard to figure out. But um, this movie here is something that I think would go nice in the early afternoon, one o'clock, something like that, chilling out. It's a very uh, intimate tale. Starts off slow. It makes you uh, really care for the lead character, even you know, even though you know something's something's off with her. But again, it's kind of light for a little bit course by the time we get to the third act and it really goes off the rails and it happens to be halloween night things get pretty crazy and it's like by the end of the movie maybe you're not smiling but you're, you're digging what you're seeing on the screen because the ending is still a little bit tragic but still horror and it's still halloween and this movie is may oh, okay. a lonely young woman traumatized by a difficult childhood and unsuccessful attempts to connect with the people around her is sent into a murderous tailspin so, uh, yes, May, Angela Bettis, directed by Lucky McKee from 2000, jeez, whatever it was, two, 2002, actually. And yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, uh, you, you spend some time with her. She has a little difficulty adjusting. She has a little bit of a, a different type childhood. And it's all about her trying to find a friend uh, and have somebody to, to love her back. And that, that, that's what she longs for. She's always been a little bit of an outcast. And you see what, what she has to go through. And eventually, <laughs> you see her come up with a solution that is definitely not, uh, <laughs> you know, a contemporary thing to do. But <laughs> in her mind at that time, she's doing what she thinks is, is making her happy. And ultimately, maybe the ending isn't so sad because you judge it for yourself. But it all goes haywire on Halloween night. And that that's what I love. So... 
for me, for me, May fits right in, right at this time of day, too. It's pretty perfect. Okay, so Dave Zambi, I'm going to tell you what else I'm going to do. So here, here's the thing. Come Halloween week, I'm going to throw this in my rotation because, Dave Z, I've never seen it. Now, <laughs> nice. that's, 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 technically, that's technically not true. I watched it back in the days when I was drinking hard seven days a week, and I, I don't remember a thing about it. Not, I don't remember the beginning credits. Not like it was forgettable. That this is on me, folks. This is when I had uh, less, uh, <laughs> less, uh, uh, more, more uncouth habits. And so, yes, it, it escapes me completely. And I have always intended to get back to it, but I did not know that there was a portion of it that was on Halloween. Actually, I, that's like not completely true. I would see it on Halloween lists, but it never came off as a Halloween movie. But if you're saying the third act is on Halloween and, and things come to a head, I'm totally down. Dave Z, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow in May. I'm throwing them on the Halloween week list. So thank you very much for that. Nice. Good. Glad to help. All well, right. yeah, so so I, you know, you, you threw that in there to, uh, you know, to, to, to make things a little less predictable. Well, unfortunately, I didn't do any such thing. So <laughs> right now, we're entering the early evening hours on, on this Northwest night. It's dark out. Trick-or-treaters are starting to hit the foggy streets in full force. Now, you know what? Maybe not even full force. Maybe they're just trickling out. Pumpkin beer's low. Maybe it's gone. So now it's Whiskey Watson time. Hmm. We got Absolute Dave. Well, it's Whiskey Watson. Nice. Now I should mention, yeah, I should mention that we're hitting the climactic portion of this fine Halloween day, and there ain't no better film to usher in that peak than John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. Uh, the movie doesn't require a synopsis, but in the spirit of order and fairness, here we go. 15 years after murdering his sister on a Halloween night, some guy named Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital, returns to his small town in Haddonfield, Illinois. He's gonna kill again. So... I don't know what to say that already hasn't been said. This is a filmic masterpiece. I adore it. So there you go. I will put it out there that I reviewed this on Horror Corridor episode four with my buddy Aaron. And I'm pretty proud of our approach to that review. We psychoanalyzed Michael Myers and his ever evolving character motivations as the franchise goes on. I think we do pretty well on that. So check that out. We're talking the immortal classic Halloween 1978. Uh, Dave, we both love it. I'm sure mm. unless you've cut it, it's on your list somewhere. But uh, before that, Dave Z, what's next on your list, buddy? Okay, what's next on my list is something I I'm keeping the trick-or-treaters in mind. Because I'm thinking right about this time, trick-or-treaters are going to be coming up to the door. It's going to be going back and forth. I'm still, I'm still just chilling out like a regular night. I'm probably having some water and everything else. Nothing, nothing yet, you know. Uh, <laughs> I started too early. <laughs> yeah, I, I wait, I wait until, uh, yeah, I, I got the trick or treaters. The door has to be shut, then light has to be off for me to really do my thing at that point. So, uh, and I had to keep in mind that trick or treaters are coming to the door, so I can't have anything on that's going to be too crazy. So I have to keep that in mind because, you know, my stuff booms. I have my stuff up loud and everything else, and kids can hear when I'm watching. So I, I, have to, I have to be a little bit careful here. So this is when I put in another classic, another movie. Just like just so many people watch Halloween uh, on, you know, on Halloween, of course, from 78. I have to put on something else that's a little bit lighter, only has one three-second scene, which I would consider inappropriate for children. I'm not going to even worry about that. This is when I put on Trick or Treat. Yeah. Yes. I think it's the perfect movie to watch because it's anthology style, so to speak. I can get up and down during it and not have to worry about what I'm not missing sometimes when I'm handing out the candies. But it's it's, it's rated R, but for the most part, it's kid-friendly enough to a degree that people in passing aren't going to get offended by anything that they hear. And some other things, maybe not. So... 
Yeah, so <laughs> trick-or-treat goes in a little bit early. It, now it really gets you warmed up for trick-or-treaters. So it's kind of cool because you do see kids going up to the door, ringing the doorbell when this movie is going on. And it's all about there's so much trick-or-treating happening in this movie. So it's like, okay, perfect. So you got people coming up to the door and you got it up on your screen. And of course, there's no better day to watch trick-or-treat because no movie really showcases the, the day of Halloween more so than that. So there you go. You got to have trick-or-treat. Dave Z, I like it. So, okay, at this point in my night, we are full on into the night hours. Maybe there are people over. Maybe I'm alone. Maybe it's just my son and me. Whatever the case, we're still in that climactic Halloween day stride. And in my opinion, there's simply no better way to ride that plateau to its end of all that All Hallows Eve joy than by watching Trick or Treat. <laughs> yep, 2009. I found this synopsis on Amazon Prime. It reads, The rituals of All Hallows Eve were devised to protect us from their evil mischief. And one town is about to be taught a terrifying lesson that some traditions are best not forgotten. So this, like Dave said, folks, this film is Halloween. It's got everything that makes Halloween ideal. Costumes, festivities, blood, <laughs> sex, monsters, ghosts, killers, and of course, Sam. Now, I do want to ask you a question, Dave Z. Did you happen to hear the Horrorcast's recent coverage of this film? Yes, I did. Okay, well, one of them brought up a point that I had never considered before, and I want to run it by, and you you probably already know where this is going, but the listeners don't, so here we go. So you've seen Pulp Fiction, right? I know you have. Uh, you wouldn't consider that movie an anthology, would you? Uh, I wouldn't. No. And what about Sin City? Have you seen that? Yes, just once, but yes. Okay, and, and I love that one, and again, nobody ever claims that that movie is an anthology. Well, with Trick or Treat. We, we've got Trick or Treat here, which essentially has the same format as Pulp Fiction and Sin City, yet we do consider this to be an anthology film, even though, uh, to, to hear the Horcast or whichever member said it, and I'm sorry that I can't remember which of you hosts said it, um, I, I don't know that it is. All five tales in Trick or Treat intersect. They're written and directed by the same person. And by definition, I'm not certain if I can call this an anthology film anymore. I mean, think about most anthology films. There are multiple directors all telling different stories that 95% of the time don't connect. I don't know, I, I think this has too much consistency to it, and so, kind of feeling like if you call Trick or Treat an anthology, you also gotta call Pulp Fiction one. And it isn't, so, I don't know, what do you think, Dave? I had never thought about that. I'll tell you what it is. It's because all anthologies, to my knowledge, that I can think of are horror. So when a movie is a horror movie and it has more oh. than one story in it, by default it becomes an anthology. That's what I think people think. What do you think? I never really thought about it, and uh, well, I can't say that, because when we reviewed it uh, on Exploding Heads, I wanted to do it as a regular anthology, like review style. I wanted to do, okay, tale one, um, uh, the, the, you know, the, the kid and, and his father, tale two. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I wanted to do it that way, and JP was on there, and he's like, I don't think you should do it that way when you do this, because he was guest starring. And he goes, I think we should just do it as a movie and talk about the different things, but not review it like you guys do the regular anthologies. And it got me to thinking, and I said, well... I guess I could see that. That's a movie. I could see it either way. And this is the only horror movie that I can see it either way. There's another movie. It's not a horror movie per se. It's called Four Rooms. And it's four different stories. It takes place in a hotel. And mm -hmm. I would have considered calling that an anthology that isn't a horror. But for the most part, anthology seems to be a horror-related word, doesn't it? I mean, it's just... When do you hear people talking about anthologies? that aren't like horror fans or when, when they're talking about horror movies or a horror TV show like Twilight Zone or American Horror Story. You know, and it's that's it just seems to be part of the part of our uh, makeup of, of genre fans, you know, dialogue. 
So I think that's what it is. Me, I'll take it either way. I I, I could see either side of, of the coin on that. So very nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I, I like that. Synopsis, well, well, by the way, because I didn't. Oh yeah. Shit. Dave Z, I, I like those observations. Well, what have you got next for us, sir? Okay, now now comes a movie that I seem to love more and more uh, each year, and I seem to get a little bit more obsessed with it each year. I, I have this yearning to collect as much memorabilia from it as possible and, and, and to wear more clothes from it and to have more things around my house. It's becoming, um, like I said, a bit of an obsession for me now, especially for this time of year. And now the lights have just gone off. It's 8 o'clock. Uh, I'm settling in. Now I can start concentrating. Still want to have a little bit of fun with and, and get my daughter's candy bowl. What, what she doesn't want, I'm going to eat. And I've already, I'm going to go to my mother's house and <laughs> take the leftover candy there and have a little bit of my own. And I always go to my mom's because she always makes those uh, pumpkin seeds and puts them in the oven, and it's great. So after trick-or-treating ends, and then I go there, and she only lives five minutes away, so that's nice. Then I come home. Okay, let's settle in. A little bit lights are off let's get going it's still a little bit early for main event time but i'm going to put up the movie that i love and that is perfect another movie i will say this this movie i said trick-or-treat was the the movie that you know really showcases halloween this movie doesn't necessarily get the that type of attention but it is extremely halloween based and it's come a long way uh people's opinions on it but halloween 3 season of the witch Nice. I really love this movie. I have to say, I, I've gone back and forth saying, do I like Halloween 2 or do I like Halloween 3 more? I think I'm to the point now where uh, Halloween 3 has overtaken Halloween 2. I um, Oh, I agree. Yeah, yep, it, I completely agree. Halloween 3 blows 2 out of the water for me personally. I love I, them I both. I love it. I love them both. I just, something about 3 now, I just, each year, it just, I'm more and more obsessed with it now. I just, uh, there's just something about it that, uh, I don't know. It does exemplify how, it, it, Halloween, it, it's, after Trick or Treat, I think it is the most Halloween movie. It's all about Halloween, it's all about what happens, trick or treating, the masks, and everything that's going on there. So, I mean, it's, the whole basis is around Halloween. Well, if you're talking about Michael Myers, yes, Halloween is important, and it's front and center to a degree, but it's not yeah. all about the holiday, where this movie is all about plans that are going to take place on that holiday, that that particular day. It's a big deal. But in case anyone doesn't know, Halloween 3, number one, go see it. <laughs> or not go see it, but make sure you see it. A lot of people have skipped it. It's, it's, it's made a big comeback. But, you know, kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Dr. Daniel Chalice seeks to uncover a plot by silver shamrock owner Connell Cochran. Interesting. Uh, yes, that is what happens. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. It is what happens. But man, I tell you, and it's just fun. You can't take it too seriously. Sure, they're, 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 they're stretching some things, but it's just one of those movies that every bit of it works for me. And like, man, I don't want to go a Halloween without watching it anymore. But now on, a, on this perfect Halloween day with our five movies, this is the perfect spot for it. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh, I love it, Dave. You know, it. I did a coin toss to determine which was going to be my my first my the, the way I start the day on this list and it turns out that Satan's little helper beat out Halloween 3 just by me calling heads. Oh wow. <laughs> nice. Cuz I love Halloween 3 and and I believe it was maybe two Halloweens ago 
could have been, it was maybe the last one because we might, we were living in this house here. Uh, I showed my son that we watched Trick or Treat and Halloween 3. And then I think like at 5 in the morning or something like that. Well, no, because it was a Wednesday. Something happened and we were doing something dumb and we were up way too late watching then Halloween 1. It, it, it got nuts. But yeah, we, we love Halloween 3 and Stacey Nelkin it couldn't be more adorable. My goodness. And, and Tom Atkins. It's it's just, it's, it's the best. So I, I'm right there with you. So... All right, everyone, the, my night is nearing its end. I'm getting sleepy, got myself wrapped up in a bunch of blankets. I'm ready to wind things down with Art the Clown in his feature film, Terrifier 2018. Synopsis, a maniacal clown terrorizes three young women and anyone else in his way on Halloween night. So I actually remember, folks, the very day that they announced this film on Facebook. I was following the Art the Clown Facebook page because I loved him in 2014's All Hallows' Eve movie, which is an anthology, my friends. Uh, no one will argue that. So anyway, this was my most anticipated film of 2018, and I realized that there isn't much to it. I get it. You know, the plot's paper thin, and aside from a conversation that you could have if you really wanted to about the nature of psychopathy, there isn't much the film offers in the way of subtext. That said, I don't need to have subtext to have fun with a film. And for me, this film is an absolute blast. I love Art the Clown and just how mean-spirited and wicked he is. The movie pulls no punches. It's about as gory as it can get. It's got some surprises here and there that first-time viewers will not be expecting. And as far as Halloween Day watches go, I'm satisfied to end my night with Terrifier because it's a, it's a, it's not a big movie. It's small. It's, you know, I mean, for, for lack of a better word, it's intimate to a degree. You know, it takes place kind of, it's it's not grandiose, so I can, I can wind down and watch art uh, take me off to dreamland. Dave Z, what is your final Halloween day watch, my friend? Very nice, by the way. I forget that Terrifier was a Halloween movie, so thanks <laughs> yeah. for, for bringing that back to my attention because that's another one I'm going to try to squeeze in there now during, yeah. during that last week. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. I've only seen it once, maybe twice, so. Yeah, I've seen it twice, yep. Nice, but that that's a fun one. Okay, um... Yes, yeah, so uh, this has to be this movie. I I've watched it on a Halloween night for as long as I can remember. It's always been that way. It is. It became officially my favorite horror movie uh, a, a couple years ago after a after a long, very close battle between three movies. It's it's taken the top spot, and uh, yeah, of course it's John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. Yeah, buddy. I have got to end my night. The only way I don't end my night with it is what I bumped. Usually, usually I watch Halloween and I immediately follow it up with Halloween 2, which makes perfect sense because it's a direct continuation. So yeah. it's nice watching that whole tale unfold. And it's also nice having my night end with the Mr. Sandman and, and, and something, that whole thing. But for the sake of the show, I, I, I you know, instead of being too predictable, I, I this time... <laughs> I'm just going to watch Halloween, and this has happened sometimes, where I, it's just I don't watch part two every single time. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but I always absolutely watch Halloween, and I try to watch it as late as possible when it's quiet outside and all the festivities are definitely over, all the fires are put out, everything's gone. You know what I mean? It's just quiet. Usually I have something with me, but if I don't, that's okay too, because I, I want to give it my full attention and, and just be in that, you know, be in that in head and feel for a bit. And, um... Yeah, I, I adore the movie, and it's just something about when when that movie ends, when Loomis looks over the thing, and and Laurie does that little cry, and Michael is not there, and the credits hit on Halloween night. I can't tell you the way it makes me feel. It it, it, it transcends me to a place where I'm I'm glad that I'm me for that moment. I'm like, you know what, life 
is great. This movie makes me feel great. And it's just it's very special to me. And the later it happens, the better. Because I, I, I want it to be towards the end of the night when it's eerie and quiet and it's getting close to bed. And that's like the last thing I see on my screen. When that happened, it's like, okay, that's what it's all about. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, I lived another Halloween. Here I am. So there you go. Man. Dave Z, I love how you described all that. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that's what I did. I used it as my climactic uh, part of part of my two two movie climax event. But man, that was well said, buddy. Because I, I I feel that same way. And you know, it, it was uh, back when my son was twelve. He's almost sixteen now. But when he was twelve, I took him to see Halloween for his first time ever seeing it on the big screen. It played at the the Capitol Theater in Olympia, Washington. After the movie was over, he turned to me. He's like, Dad, I can find nothing wrong with this movie. <laughs> and nice. I was like. Aid, bro. Fucking A. So, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> heck yeah. So, I, all right, folks, there you have it. Dave Z and I will now read our list one final time for all y'all, our party people. I had Satan's Little Helper, Murder Party, Halloween 78, Trick or Treat 09, and Terrifier. All right. And I had Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, May, Trick or Treat, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, and the original John Carpenter's Halloween. Fantastic. Well, all right, folks, that concludes our horror deep dive segment, which brings act two of this horror show to a close. It is now time for the Wet Z Party Horror Show Showtime segment to commence. My friends, we're here in the third act of the party, and it's showtime, and this is also the third time I've done this take. Here we go, done this intro. Since it's the film review portion of the episode, and this episode's feature review is a VHS 2 2013. If you're a first-time party uh, person, party party peeps, first-time listening, here's how we conduct these reviews. We'll begin with a topic. No, not a topic. <sighs> and, I'm one, and I'm the one with the migraine. With the migraine, yeah. I, I had a migraine two weeks ago. Maybe it's it's surviving. We'll begin with a topic. Nope, not a topic again. We'll begin with a synopsis of the film, give you some quick film setup, and then we'll give you all our likes, our dislikes, and finally we'll conclude with our final thoughts and ratings of the film. Folks, listen to me right now. We keep it absolutely spoiler-free in this section of the show. So, if you have not yet seen VHS 2, you are free to keep on listening so as to determine whether or not it's for you. Synopsis time, don't mind if I do. Searching for a missing student, two private investigators break into his abandoned house and find a collection of mysterious VHS tapes. In viewing the horrific contents of each cassette, they realize there may be terrifying motives behind the student's disappearance. So this film begins with our wraparound story that acts as the glue in between each of these stories we get here in the anthology. We've got two private detectives who are hired by a, a mother to find her missing son who's like an adult. So they break into this dude's house, find his address, break in, only to find the place is a mess full of old televisions and VHS tapes littering the floor. They decide to watch a few of these tapes, and these essentially are the short films that make up this anthology. So the wraparound story I've just described is called Tape 49, which recurs throughout the film in pieces. It's by Simon Barrett, who is more known for his writing than directing, as well as his artistic partnership with the director of the first segment here called Phase 1 Clinical Trials by Adam Wingard, who we, we all know as the director of Your Next 2013. 
A Horrible Way to Die, and the upcoming King Kong vs. Godzilla project, among other things. This short is about a man who, after a car accident, gets an experimental new eyeball that restores his sight, but this also sees into the other realm as well. He's seen some supernatural business. That second segment after that is called A Ride in the Park by Eduardo Sanchez, who gave us The Blair Witch Project 1999, Lovely Molly 2011, and the best Bigfoot horror movie we've ever gotten so far, in my opinion, exists 2014. Have you seen that one, Dave? Of course. Love it. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Oh, Good. Yeah. Good, good. And so, yeah, that, this one here, A Ride in the Park by Sanchez, is about a man out BMXing who comes across zombies. And then the third segment is Safe Haven by Gareth Edwards and Timo Chianto. No, Chianto. That's how you say his name. Timo Chianto. Between these two guys, we've gotten some of the absolute best modern action movies I've ever seen in my life. Evans is the man behind both of the Indonesian films The Raid, Redemption, and The Raid 2, as well as last year's Apostle, which made my top 10 of 2018. And then Timo Chianto directed last year's May the Devil Take You, which was basically an Indonesian Evil Dead. And he directed last year's The Night Comes For Us, which is a 10 out of 10 if, if you enjoy hyper-violent action movies. And not to get off track here, but if you take, Davesy, listen to this, if you take The Night Comes For Us that Timo Chianto did and both of the Raid films, you will see a higher and bloodier body count in those three movies than probably all the big horror franchises combined. No joke. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so, wow. All yeah. right, I'll keep it in mind. You, you might have to, but I know they're action movies, and, and I know you don't like them, but they are super violent. So you, you'll have to make up your mind if, if you can, uh, you know, keep, keep your... Isn't your problem, uh, you've said before on shows, that you don't... It's like your attention isn't kept by action? Right, true. Yeah. So maybe the the crazy violence will help with that. I, I, I can't be sure. But anyways, the third segment these two gentlemen did is about a film crew that goes into the inner sanctum of a doomsday cult. And that's Safe Haven once again. And then the final segment is Slumber Party Alien Abduction by Jason Eisner, who he did Hobo with a Shotgun 2011 and Treevenge, right? Those are his movies? I think yeah, so. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, this short's just about a group of prank-happy kids whose slumber parties interrupted by some extraterrestrials. So that right there, folks, is a rundown of the film, quick rundown. A lot of talent working on this project, as you can no doubt tell. So right now we'll get into our likes. So Dave Z, give us your first like, buddy. What, what have you got for us? Uh, you know what? This is kind of basic, but being the fact that this is a sequel and a lot of times the wraparound isn't anything special... And I'm not gonna say that this is special, but I will say this. My my big problem with the first movie for the first VHS, which I, I really do enjoy the movie, but my big problem is I wasn't crazy about the wraparound. Mm -hmm. But this one, instead of ignoring what happened in the first one, they add on to it. And they, 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 they pick up where it left off and they come up with a, a more cohesive narrative. And I respect it for that. It's nothing special. Like I said, it's very basic. It's just them doing the tapes, and you see a gradual thing happening throughout. And there's a, there's a, yes, there is a payoff at the end. But I like the fact that it was an improvement and a continuation from what they did the first time. I agree with that because in the first one, which I also like quite a bit, there it seemed more random. Like, you weren't sure, okay, what, what are these films we're watching? How does it, what is this wraparound? This one does give you a, a more narrative structure to to that whole thing and what's going on, kind of in the bigger picture sense of the word. So I, I agree with that, Dave Z. Uh, my first like has to do quite simply with the fact that there really is something for everyone in this movie. The film's overarching theme isn't tied to any one subgenre, just the found footage method of filming. And so you get ghosts, 
zombies, killer cultists, the greys, you know, extraterrestrials, twisted up possessed people. The bloodshed takes many forms, and I just simply said I applaud the variety here. Yeah, what, what do you think? You know what? That was going to be my next like because, oh. yeah, it's you're it's 100% correct. I, if you're going to have an anthology, it's always wise to not have anything repeating. Sometimes you'll see an anthology and you'll see, like, you know, two werewolves uh, uh, out, of, out of four things or something. It's like, eh. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't you just steer towards a, a werewolf anthology and then, you know, come up with two more or something? But whatever. Uh, yeah, that, that's a big thing for me. Uh, like you said, you got the ghost, the zombie, the supernatural, the the cult, the UFO. So, yes. And I, I totally get that. I'm with you there. Sweet, sweet. Okay. So my next like has to do with the fact that for the most part, these shorts don't overstay their welcome. They, they move along quickly. They play out in complete fashion before boredom is able to set in. And the trick here is that this solid pacing isn't at the expense of the stories. Like, I feel personally that each of these short films is a clear window into a different vision a different world and then when they accomplish what they set out to do they wrap up and you're on to the next one with this anthology format you really can't ask for more in that regard great work there uh, do you agree with that dave what do you think of the pacing of just the whole thing in general yes i i do agree with that because in in this one you only have four stories uh where in the first one you have fifth pardon me you have a fifth so it's five stories in VHS one, and it's a two-hour runtime, which is a little bit heavy for a found footage movie. Maybe not so for an anthology, but for the most part, they're short. I mean, you look at the first Creep Show, it's two hours. You yep. know, you look at this movie, the first VHS is two hours. For the most part, they're usually ninety-minute films. You know, I think that it's a that is another improvement. Although I'm not sure what I would cut from the first VHS, but. Yeah. I think that they're all, yes, the, the movie itself is paced well, and the, you know, the individual stories are paced well. I'm I'm right with you, man. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, so what, what's your next like, buddy? My next like, as far as what I did for my likes, they were more geared, because it's kind of hard to, uh, doing, doing our style for an anthology such as this, it, it's yeah. kind of hard to... Uh, Outside of production value and thing, I mean, they did do well, you know, considering that that it's found footage. That, but it's it was hard for me to to do anything without it applying to the individual chapter. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I ran into that same problem with with the notes. I kind of relegated all the specific segment talk to after party notes. I don't know what 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 you think of that, but <laughs> no, no. Listen, it makes sense, and it's interesting that. When I brought this movie to the table, I was I was thinking about a change of pace, like I said on the last show, just so it's not always a, you know, it's not always a, it's always been like an elevated horror type movie. And I don't yeah. like to use that term, but I mean, and that works for, for the type of dissection we do. So it's great. So I just wanted to try something different for, for the fun of it, you know, just to not always have it be that way. But the point is, as I'm watching the movie and as I'm taking notes, I'm, uh, I almost regretted doing that because I was like, how are we going to discuss this the way we usually discuss on this podcast? Right, yeah. So, in a way, my bad. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I was doing it, my heart was in the right place. I was trying to do it just to not be typecast, just to do something 
uh, <laughs> loose and, and something that wasn't heavy where we could just play with it. But, you know, when you get right down to it, it doesn't work for our format. So, uh, listeners, and I know we had that that um, that email earlier about um, preferring uh, Wish You Were Here. Not Wish You Were Here. Excuse me. <laughs> it's a Pink Floyd album. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are what we are. Uh you know, being disappointed that that was not the selection. And now I feel bad because not that this is going to be a, you know, I think that people are still going to enjoy the show, but it's tough doing it in this format. So I, I, I tap out. I have nothing else I can do this way. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I would say, I would say to the listeners that hopefully you have seen this and you're, you're right. And you're willing to go to the after party. So that way you can hear us break down each segment individually because I, what I did with my notes is I, I was doing that at first, Dave Z. I was going each segment, doing likes and dislikes of each one. And then I realized because of the length of the segments, it you can't really – the discussion would kind of be – it just wouldn't be right to discuss each segment even as vaguely as we do without pretty much spoiling things. And so that's why I relegated all my specific segment talk to the after party. So, folks, I hope you'll stay for that portion of the show after the outro music is played and all that so you can hear us really get into the themes of each one and just what we like uh, specifically, kind of more into the kind of more of a, a microscope into the movie rather than right now where we're being, you know, kind of macroscopic about it. But so I'll throw my last like out here and it actually does deal with a specific segment. The last like hero that I'll highlight has to do with Safe Haven. So without going into any spoilers, yeah, I think it's a masterpiece of a horror short film. And without saying anything about it, I hope that draws people in who are like, oh, I don't know about anthologies or found footage. Listen, folks, Safe Haven by Gareth Edwards and Timo Chianti, Chianti is Chianto. Sorry, I don't have his name in front of me. I had to do it by memory. And I actually had to write it phonetically because when you look at his name, it's like, how do you say that? So I listened to an interview with him and he said his name aloud. I was like, okay, gotcha. Thank you. And so, um... Let's see here. Yeah, just a total masterpiece of a horror short film. It's damn near perfect. And when people talk about horror shorts, Safe Haven has got to be in the conversation. But speaking to the whole, back to the whole of the film itself, David already alluded to this, but the way the shorts are placed chronologically is well done. It starts off pretty solid with phase one clinical trials, hits an exciting stride with Ride in the Park, climaxes with Safe Haven, then comes down, brings you down with Slumber Party alien abduction and, and then the, the, the wraparound. And so which itself is super intriguing and freaky. And so also just wondering, Dave Z, which of these segments is your favorite? I mean, mine, as I said, is Safe Haven. I imagine that could be the case for you. Absolutely. And as soon as you said you wanted to highlight something out of one, I was hoping it was going to be something from Safe Haven because yes. that has the most meat on the bone. And it is a masterful. That movie is, in a way, the saving grace of the entire film. Yeah, I can agree with that. I also do believe it's the only one that if it were given kind of a feature length running time, you, you kind of spread things out, add dynamics here and there, that it's the one that could work the best as a feature film. I don't yeah. know if the others would, would work as well spread across 90 minutes. True. No, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement again. Yeah, that could cool. work. Good, good. So have you got any dislikes you'd like to highlight? Without, no, I mean, without going into individual stories, uh, no. I mean, no. I, I don't think I have a dislike that, that, I, that I could do in this format. So th this is a learning experience. Sure, sure. This show's strong points. One of the, this show's strong points is, is the deep dive. And um, if you can't deep dive, 
you can't do the movie on this show. So it's a lesson learned, people. Don't hold it against me. This show is what it is. Like that movie, we are what we are. That's what I've learned here. <laughs> we we also are. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, I've got two dislikes, and now I'm going to be... Ve- because these do involve... And maybe this, this is sort of undercutting you in a way that I'm honestly not trying to do, but they are about two specific segments and I'm but I'm going to be vague with it without any spoilers it's just technical kind of tech on the technical side of things and so the first one has to do with slumber party alien abduction now it, kind of the way it comes off like I I do appreciate how it sort of seems like something you might have seen from like the late 90s or early O's you know like uh, what, what's the alien what is that one called the is it called the last broadcast the the one where the people the aliens are coming after them the one with what coming after uh, them? The aliens, like extraterrestrials, are coming. They like laser a cow out in the field, and then they, then the 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 Greys invade like a house. I remember it came out. I think right either before or after the Blair Witch Project. Was it called the last broadcast? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, I sort of appreciated that slumber party alien abduction here had that feel. Um, in 2013, it stands out to me as a little kind of an odd aesthetic choice. Uh, but for me, this one was the weakest. It by far in the movie it's the only one that came off a bit oh gosh this is such a harsh word and i don't mean it like to say amateurish exactly but for instance there's a lot of shaky cam going on here and i don't mind shaky cam i I don't mind it but when it's done for the reason that certain like for the reason you might use shaky cam some people might use it to you know create tension oh okay here or to give a, a sense of perspective and that that just that jarring chaotic whole thing but this one seemed like it was hiding action rather than creating tension and so that was kind of a little odd to me because there were times where i wasn't sure exactly what was going on at certain points in this short and that really detracted this time around but just to kind of throw a quick positive because i don't i do like uh this that segment i did think it was the funniest of the bunch and i applaud it for that but overall it just wasn't up to par with the others in my opinion and then my other dislike has to do with the wraparound, which I really do like. Listen, I mean, don't don't get this twisted, folks. I find it intriguing, and in the after-party segment, I have a question for you, Dave, about it, and hopefully we can talk that out. But I feel like it misses a critical opportunity to link things together a little more cohesively. Now, like you said, it is absolutely an improvement over sort of the random-seeming wraparound of the first movie, and this one does give a narrative to, to what's going on, but... It was just a little too much on the cryptic side for me, a little messy in that it's it's telling you certain things, but it, I, I want just a little more. And I think that might speak to just how much I did enjoy the narrative that it places over these seemingly random VHS tapes that we're watching, that th- our characters are watching and that we're watching. I would have liked just a little more something set in stone, something said, and we just get these little shreds of reasons that do add up in the end to something that you can talk talk out like we'll be doing in the after party but it just didn't feel like it was quite enough i wanted just a little more so i'm just saying that i wish there'd just been a little more explanatory maybe exposition here something to just set it off but anyways i that it's that's kind of just a little quibble i think that it's nothing too damning honestly just small things those are my two minor (laughs) nitpicks if you will dave z uh, if that's uh, if that's all, let's go into our final thoughts. Yeah, well, and, I, and I'll say this: I do agree on one of your one of those complaints. Like I said, it is improved, but it's still not great. So uh, I'm talking about the wraparound. It, it, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. As far as the other thing, um, that's actually um, the last one is actually my second favorite. 
Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I, it's funny because I like it a little less than I liked it the first time I saw it. But for me, the second one, the zombie thing, uh-huh. with the comedy, I don't know. It kind of got, I don't know. Like We said earlier that the, 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 the running time was good. And it is good for you know for each individual segment but because i wasn't particularly fond of it i kind of got tired of the shtick about halfway through ah uh, gotcha but that that's really it that's all i can say about that uh so okay I'll, I'll that's fair the complaints uh, cool no, no that, that's one. fair that's fair yeah uh no i do think the the slumber party alien abduction one though that one i, I crack up there's a line i'll say later on that just it busts me up every time i watch it i, I seriously just howl with laughter and so it, it just gets me every time and uh, so I'll just give my final thoughts here then. So, folks, if you don't like found footage films, this ain't going to change your mind. But if you do enjoy that method of filmmaking, this is one of the better examples you can find out there in the genre. As an anthology, it's a lot like a tasty appetizer plate with a variety of different foods. None, none, of, them are, none of them will fill you up necessarily. But the nature of these sorts of sample platters is that you can get a little something here, a little something different here, something else over there, and it makes the ride worthwhile. And since none of these are terribly long, kind of like Dave Z and I were talking about just now, even the segments that might miss the mark in your eyes are over fairly quickly. So, you know, and it frees you up to get to something you might enjoy more. I love anthologies. I love found footage. If I were making a top 10 found footage list, I, I think this could make the cut. I, I don't know. I've, I've never really thought about it, but it would it'd be high up there, at least definitely top 20. So I'm giving it an 8.25 out of 10. Dave Z, what say you, good buddy? Okay. It's interesting that you should mention a top 10 or top 20 list because we just did that on, um, on Exploding Heads. And Oh, really? Um, now, I don't know which one of these two shows is going to come out first. They both recorded in the same week. Yes, but we did do that. And, uh, well, I... I'll tell you this, VHS 2 did not make my top 20. Oh, okay. Um, and I do love found footage. Uh, man, I, I sure as hell do. <laughs> Probably more than almost anybody I know. And uh, I, I yeah. everyone seems to love anthologies. So I, I'm with you there. Something happened this time watching it where uh, the, 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 first two, the first two stories... Just, I don't know, maybe because I've seen the movie four times, they don't have the rewatch, rewatch value. I just, I I lost interest uh, big time in both of them. And uh, oh, wow. they both really came down and it, it knocked things down as a whole. But I, the way I judge the movie is I gave each, and I always do this, not always, but a lot of times I do this with, with a, a found footage if I'm getting get, get a, a rating. And um, it ends up balancing out it, not not in a bad place, but I did a little uh, division, multiplication, some things, and uh, it ends up still coming up okay. It's still it's a seven out of ten for me. Oh wow, okay. And it's weird, buddy, because this was in my top ten the year it came out, and at that time yeah. I, I would have easily given it an eight. So I would have been with you, but some it's my old expression, man. A movie's only as good as the last time you watched it, and this time it, it went down a little for me. Oh, sure. Hey, it, it happens. I've had movies do that. Like, it the first time I saw what It Comes at Night, I was over the moon about the film, watched it again, and was like, oh, it felt like over a full point for me. It just it just didn't have any rewatch value. And yeah, wise words about the movie only being as good as the last time you watch it. So, all right, folks, that does it for our spoiler-free review of VHS 2 2013, thus concluding our Showtime segment, which brings Act 3 of this horror show to a close. 
So right, folks, shoot, only one more order of business to attend to before we wrap up things, and that's where we choose the film we'll be reviewing for the next show. If you are new to the Watsy Party Horror Show, here's the deal. At this point in every episode, Dave Z will come prepared with a movie. Mr. Watson, that's me, will come prepared with a movie. And this time we'll be selecting a movie from 2012, and neither of us knows what the other has in mind. We'll flip a coin using a coin flipping app that I've got up and ready, and then we'll see whose pick makes it to the next show. So it's my turn to flip the coin, folks, and it's Dave Z's turn to call it in the air. Dave, are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Cool. All right, here's the app. I'm over the flip button right now. Call it right now. Heads. And it's spinning... Tails. Ooh. So I won this time. Pressure's off. Huh. All right. After, uh, Pressure's good. up. Oh, so by chance, what 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 did what did you choose? What are we missing out? I on? was looking at one, but I was but I had another as a backup. But I, I was looking at a movie called Excision. Oh man, I forgot that was 2012. Ah. Okay. Excision. Yeah. Dang. I I'm almost wishing I didn't win this, but I, I'm kind of happy I did too because the horror film that I selected from 2012 is The Cabin in the Woods. Dave Z, have you done that one on an episode? A long time ago on something that can't even be heard. So Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, taken from Amazon Prime, the synopsis of this movie goes as follows. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. So I am excited to deep dive into this one, my friends. It's got a lot to say about the genre as it stands today. It's a spectacularly done deconstruction of just horror as it is now. I can't wait to discuss that with you, folks. If you were, if you're, you know, you're wanting a deep dive, the cabin in the woods will definitely give that to you. And shoot, excision would have too. So we would have been back to maybe what you want from us in the first place, listeners. So, <laughs> folks, you can look forward to our coverage of this on the next episode of of the show. Well, then, uh, why don't we take a moment to here to give our plugs, Dave Z? Where can listeners find more of you, my friend? All right, um, horrorfilia.com is what hosts all the shows. We have exploding heads. We have this show, of course. We have ABC's A Hidden Horror. And um, they can be found pretty much anywhere you can hear podcasts, uh, iTunes, uh, actually Apple Podcasts now. <laughs> I keep calling it oh, iTunes, yeah. but it's Apple Podcasts. There's Stitcher, Google Play, and all those pod-catching, pod-crunching apps and all that stuff. We're out there. <laughs> Absolutely. And folks, be sure to check Dave out on the podcast Under the Stairs Summer Series. That summer series, man, I know it's fall now, but that was an impressive feat of podcasting excellence, and I applaud host Duncan McLeish for his work. I applaud him for all his work. He's a stellar solo caster, first of all. He kills it when he's hosting other people on the show. I have no idea how he puts out so much damn content that's consistently as good as it is. Please tell me that bastard doesn't edit. Daisy, does he edit? Please tell me he has like a, a production team or something. No, no, he is. I call him it's the hardest him. working man in podcasting. It's just him. Yep. Well... Wow, I'm okay, that is genuinely impressive. So, look, I love Duncan, and apparently he's known about Horror Corridor for a bit. We're well met, we've been talking. Can't wait to work with him in the future. We're, we're working, we're talking things out right now, so I'm excited for that. But yes, check out the summer series. Dave, you were on, I think, what, three episodes of that whole thing? There were two, the two years you did, you did you 96 and 98? 96 no, and 97, actually. Seven, okay, that's right. And then there was the wrap-up episode. So, folks, you can go through, you know, get your podcast-catching app, search up the podcast under the stairs, and you're going to be scrolling for a while because Duncan puts out so many episodes, and they're all great. But you'll see the summer series, and just, like, look for the ones that say, like, featuring Dave Z, and check those out because it's fantastic work. It's a in insane undertaking. Uh, enough of that. There you go. Some free advertising my... Uh, is he Irish or Scottish? I've never looked at where he lives. He's Scottish. McLeish. So, oh, he's so okay. So he's Scottish. Okay, all right, all right. So, 
as for me and my plugs, I'd be honored if you would all check out my solo cast horror corridor. Type that into that Google, that Google box podcast catching app. You know how to do it. You're, you're, you're grownups. Just I do what I can over there to deliver a well-produced pseudo intellectual show. Only two more episodes before I wrap it up. I've been dragging my feet a lot on that, but with the new computer here, I don't have an excuse anymore to you know not dive in and finish that show up. As for the Watsi Party Horror Show here, be sure to check out the show notes of the episode where we'll have links posted of any articles and studies that we use. Folks, we'd love your feedback, and you can find this show on social media in the following places. Facebook, search it there. Type in Watsi Party Horror Show. You'll find it. Join that group. We'll let you in. Find us on Instagram, even though I don't know if I have any plans to do anything with it. Get in on the ground floor if you want. Maybe one day it's going to click. And I'm just going to be like taking pictures of stuff. Dave will, you know, who, who knows what we'll do with it. Get in if you want. And lastly, we are on Twitter and we do use that. So follow us there at Watsy Party, W-A-T-Z-E-E-P-A-R-T-Y. Lastly, hit us up by email if you want to be heard here on the show. You, you got to hear people getting their words in edge, edgewise. If you want in, do it. Email address is WatsyPartyHorrorShow at gmail.com, all one word. My friends, be sure to stay tuned after the outro music has played so you can hear Dave and I and our, no, Dave and me. Dave and I is bad grammar. That'd be like, so you can hear I in our spoiler-filled discussion of VHS 2. No, 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 no. Dave and me in our spoiler-filled discussion of VHS 2 2013. We'll be going over these segments one by one, so you'll want to hear our talk there. Folks, that concludes episode number six. I'm the Watt, Dave's the Z, and we thank you very much for attending our horror show, so please join the party and celebrate the genre with us. See you next time. It is now time for the What Z Party Horror Show After Party segment to commence. Okay, folks, if you're listening to this portion of the episode, it means that you've either seen the film or else you don't mind a little spoiler talk because that's what's going down. Consider yourself warned, my friends, because it's happening. So, Dave Z, let's go down the list of the short films here in VHS 2 and talk them out. What do you say? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Okay, so first is Tape 49. This is our wraparound story regarding two detectives looking for a missing young man and upon searching for him in his abandoned house, we are introduced to the VHS tapes that make up the rest of the film that we watch. So, Dave Z, what do you think of this wraparound? You said it was an improvement over the first movie. It gave a little more story to just why the anthology has happened. Uh, any further thoughts on this specifically? Spoilers are off. We're free to talk as much as we want. It's a little more coherent, but it's still a little bit tricky, too. It's still not... Yeah. You know, particularly the way the, it's really easy to follow in the beginning and the fur between the first three segments. But when when it gets to the end, um, it's cool what you see, and and, and it's you know they play up to it. There's the you know there's, they're building to something, but yes. it's not necessarily explained. But hey, there is a cool effect. You know, I mean, it's again, it's better than the first. I'm repeating myself, but still not great. But but I'm okay with it, you know. Yeah, the, the the setting in that little house is super creepy with the screens everywhere and all the static. The possession elements going on with the missing young man and then later the female detective. I think those scenes are pretty scary. The way they, you know, they scuttle about and are suddenly evil. <laughs> like, the implication is that viewing all these VHS tapes has altered them somehow or taken them over. Now, Dave Z, let me ask you this. Do you feel 
like the things they're watching on these VHS tapes are real occurrences elsewhere in the world? Are they maybe parallel realities, maybe? Windows into other worlds, perhaps? Like, is this why the tapes involving the missing young man, where it kind of cut, kind of intersperses here and there of him talking? And he's, and is that why the videos of him are like him ranting and raving about watching these tapes in sequence or whatever? Like, what do you think we're supposed to be learning from this segment? What power do these tapes have? Well, I mean, it's all evil that that's happening so i guess it's it could just be as you know something as simple as exposing yourself to so much evil oh interesting cast an evil spell on you so to speak how interesting i i, I wonder if that's a propaganda no <laughs> just kidding it, it, clearly it could not. be it could be a um a, a tongue-in-cheek thing talking about you know what people used to say back in the 70s and 80s a lot sure. more about you know if you watch a lot of horror movies you know, I mean, go to church, and a lot of them are going to tell you, don't watch yeah. horror movies. That you're you're uh, opening the gates to the for the devil to get into you because you're watching that type of stuff. Maybe it's just you know, it's Careful just taking a little jam. lies. What <laughs> you see, <laughs> little church songs. Yeah, no, you know that that that's very interesting, and maybe because since that was the prevalent topic about horror in say the 80s i wonder if it's any coincidence that these are vhs tapes that were also a staple of the 80s that 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 might be a little sneaky little commentary like you said a tongue in cheap jab at that kind of commentary actually folks i think we just did a little deep diving how about that we found <laughs> yeah. a way <laughs> so, <laughs> no, and, and and I like that. I, I like I like that, and especially since it's bloody disgusting. Who puts these out? Which is pretty neat. And they're you know all about horror. So, uh, what, concerning the tapes themselves, you know, I seriously doubt that these detectives exist in the same world as a zombie apocalypse, as vengeful ghosts, the devil reborn, uh, aliens invading. I don't think the things we see on the tapes that they also see take place in the same reality as the wraparound story. And so. You know, are we to believe that by viewing these tapes, by witnessing these events from alternate worlds, so to speak, it, it like it changes you? I mean, like like you said, Dave, I, I like I think well, the implication being these are evil things, maybe you know, otherworldly in and of themselves that permeate you and change you. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's kind of like there's something bigger at hand. There's like this underground <laughs> tape trading community, literally. That's what's yeah, and that's here. and that's what I wanted more of from this segment because. I like this idea that we have these tapes that if they are played, it, he said in the videos, there are these little little cuts of the missing boy talking about, you got to watch him in sequence, and he has them numbered, and uh, presumably he did watch them in some kind of sequence, our detective only watched the things that we see, and she changed, so I, you know, I don't know what the end goal is supposed to be, but I think if there were a VHS, well there was VHS viral, but if there were a third VHS that wanted to continue this story plot, I would love a whole thing about the VHS trading, about the power of the tapes and what they do and why they do it. You know, you can you can get vague and just say the tapes are from somewhere else and that watching them, you know, taints the soul or does something else. I'll accept that, but I would love to see that as a nice as as a narrative. I think that'd be a good story to see and if a future VHS ever happens. What do you think, Dave? Wow, that's a great idea. I would have much preferred that to viral. Oh right, we God. see we oh. see the kid or a kid or somebody, our main character getting like tape one, watches it and something happens. Maybe maybe a stack of tapes. He watches the tapes and something changes. His world is his world is is altered, 
and then he finds oh there are more of these tapes out there of the, of this brand from this same location you know whatever the origins of them are he's able to track a few more down and that becomes his life his life like i i would watch that in a second that that sounds great so yeah, yeah folks uh folks listening uh just put us in the credits that's all i'm saying so <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about phase 1 clinical trial so this is the one about the man who gets into a car accident and has his eye replaced with an experimental camera. So he soon after that, after the surgery, begins seeing otherworldly things here and there that might threaten his very life. So Davesy, what did you think about phase one clinical trials? You know, I really used to be higher on it than I was this time. Watching it this time, I kind of um, noticed things before that I hadn't noticed. Like uh, I found myself questioning things. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cool idea about putting that the eye in there, and you know, a, a part of the deal of having this experiment. Now you have sight. Is that everything's going to be recorded, and you you signed off on it? I get that. I dig it. I dig the fact that he could see supernatural entities, ghosts, because of it. I hundred percent that that good idea. Some good jump scares. The things that happen look good when he sees those creatures, the ghosts. That stuff, the basic stuff, I, I, I still enjoy and I get it. But watching it this time, I just found myself, you know, questioning uh, why. Like, wouldn't they see it? They're monitoring everything. He's complaining about, you know, what if I'm in the yeah. bathroom and what's going to... Wouldn't the people that are monitoring this see the ghost and be like, oh my God, look at that. You know what I mean? They don't interact with him at all about it. We know that they're there. Why would they yes. not do something about it? And how does the girl know all the stuff that she knows? There's not, things are implied, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like we're, we're given enough. You know, I, I completely agree. I, I, I do. Is like, okay, so first, like you said earlier, I like the camera conceit that it's always on no matter what. I think the girl he meets, Slater, who knows too much is rather gorgeous. And for those of you who must know, she pops off her top at one point. So mm-hmm. get your jollies from that if it tickles the old fancy. But, you know, I, I do like this one overall. But yes, there were several plot points and character decisions that I just didn't understand. So this girl is telling him that seeing these ghosts is better than not seeing them. But it really seemed like, first of all, she only hears them. So that's that's that. Right. Right. Uh, but it really seemed like the rules of the story weren't laid out very clearly because these ghosts seem to have complete power over both these characters and can do whatever they want, whether you see them or not. Plus, right. our main man ends up ripping his eye out in the end and is worse for it, just like the girl said. So why do you do that? Like, and then of course the like you said, why aren't these you know this company that funded this experimental surgery? They got to be seeing all this, and if not, if let's say they don't see the ghosts, which they would, but let's just say. That's his brain, something, something. There's some other explanation for it. Well, which that wouldn't hold up because they're, they're definitely seeing it. But let's just say they don't see it. But they're watching him run around and locking himself in the bathroom, presumably seeing things. They'll see something. They'll see doors shutting. They're going to know something's up, at least that something maybe potentially, you know, uh, unlawful or something creepy and weird is happening. So you would think that there would be... That they, they could have pumped up the body count by having somebody, a representative from that company, come out, come over and be like, hey, we've been seeing weird things. And then maybe the ghosts kill him. Like, I'd have been like, OK, like, that's a quick fix. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. There were several things that it didn't it, it, it didn't feel like it was completely fleshed out. Like, I do like the segment, but the introduction of the girl should have provided us with some more exposition, helpful exposition that gives us some rules to these ghosts, why they're here and how to actually deal with them. Now, that said. We do know that the ghosts haunting our main dude here are the other party in his car accident. He got messed up from it while they apparently died. 
and the script doesn't tell us whose fault the accident is, you know, but there is definitely a vengeful spirit comeuppance narrative at work here. Very EC comics, very tales from the crypt. I, I can kind of dig that. So, yeah, did you did you catch that, Dave? No. Wow, you just blew my mind with that. I oh. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that yeah, his ghosts. Wow. Okay, yeah, his ghosts, oh. but hers are still, it's like her uncle who, you know, and I'm not sure why, you know, having sex helps that. Uh, that kind of seemed strange. I have, I, I, I have a theory on that. Okay, tell it. What do you think? She says he wasn't a nice man, and I, I, my, as soon as the first time she said that, I immediately thought like pedophile, like. Oh, like, absolutely. He's the okay. funny uncle. Right, he's the funny uncle. Correct. So, yeah. <laughs> what's gonna piss him off and, and get him away? Seeing her sleep with somebody else—that's probably why oh. she does it because that pushes him away. Which I always liked it. I'm like, okay, that that makes okay. sense. He doesn't want to see her making it with someone else because he has a crush on her or whatever it is. So, and okay, that's what okay. she said. Yeah, because he leaves and she knows it's going to make him leave. And that stuff is really good. But one more complaint. Why now does the ghost decide to kill her? He, he, it could happen right? anytime. I don't oh, think sure. this, is, this is the first time she's had sex because she knows that it's going to happen. She's like, okay, this is what this is what I have to do. Don't worry about it. So it's something that she's already well-versed in here. Yeah, no, dang, good point. Yeah, this one, man, as we're talking it out, I am I still like the conceit of it. I like the, you know, like I said, the, the way the camera is played. Because, you know, you always got to ask, why are they still recording? And this one, for the most part, yeah, this takes care of it completely. All the segments really do, except for maybe the final one. But even then, it, it, they, they all seem to work for me. But, like, yeah, all these plot points, this one does, this one needed more. This one definitely exceeds its grasp, I think. Yeah. Or its reach exceeds its grasp, rather. Right, um, I knew what you meant, yeah. right. Well, uh, any further, any further, anything further on this one? Because I do like the comeuppance angle because we do learn that these ghosts, or it's implied rather, that these ghosts, like it was a kid, and I think someone else, are the other part of the car accident that got this guy into surgery in the first place. No, I'm glad that you've pointed that out to me. Now I'm going to have to watch it again and uh, yeah, and notice that. See, now that cool. you might have elevated a little bit because I like the whole idea. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, like like I said, it gives it that whole comeuppance thing, the whole the the the, the revenge, you know. So I, I I can I can dig that. Well, want to go into a ride in the park? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we're just we're, we're flying, folks. Let's keep going. So this is about a man, a ride in the park here, directed by Eduardo Sanchez, uh, about a man BMXing through the woodsy, you know, through the woods, a woodsy park, only to come across zombies, and he's quickly bitten, and then we get to watch his transformation from his own perspective. So. I did feel like this one did drag for me this time because I've I've seen this movie. I think this is my fifth watch of it, but I do think it there's it's it's damn clever. Like the rules of this world are clear and concise. We know what these zombies can do and why. The camera explanation is perfect. Dudes just got a GoPro on, so you can basically just set it and forget it. But the strength of the segment though lies in the emotional glimpse that we viewers get into how exactly a zombie's mind might work if they suddenly realize they aren't human anymore. Even though it's limited, we do come to see that the zombies that inhabit this world here have the potential for self-awareness. And that's a horrifying ass thought if you go from, you know, being in love and riding your bike one moment to suddenly murdering people and eating human flesh the next moment. You know, it's that whole idea of the monster realizing who and what it is. And as far as zombies go, we don't often get that kind of self-reflection. You know, it does happen from time to time. Return of the Living Dead comes to mind with the zombie woman on the table. You know, she's talking about the pain she's in and how brains are the answer. Uh, I'm thinking of the one movie, I never did see it, with Teresa Palmer and Tony from Skins, that romantic zomcom movie where 
like the power of love changes him back to human or something like that. <laughs> he, he becomes more more human as it goes along, can sort of analyze who and what he is. Day of the Dead, of course. But in any case, even in the last few minutes we spend with our zombies here in a ride in the park, it manages to be impactful enough to see our zombies suddenly remember who he used to be. And so I don't know if I really thought about that any other time I watched this, but that's what I really did like about it. But Dave Z, give your thoughts. So for this, uh, this time it seemed to drag for you, did you say? Yeah, because I'd seen it. I, I, I'm probably with you, right? About five times. I've seen yeah. this now, so um, uh, the novelty kind of wears off. But again, you used a word that that was I completely would have used the same word, and that is clever. It, it it is a clever idea that that Sanchez did. Let's see something from the the POV, literally, and you know, <laughs> with a camera, and you know mentally from the, the side of the other side yeah. of, be, of being the zombie yourself i like that i like it I, I like the idea i just i don't know it just goes on too long i, I it kind of loses the novelty only carries it so far i like where they get i like i like ultimately and the gore is good so i'm happy for that if you're gonna yes. do it have good gore um i found it interesting that he bit into his own arm at one point I'm like, yeah, that's something right. I haven't seen a zombie do before. So that's kind of cool. The ending is, is actually sad, you know? And yeah. I get that. Um, that stuff is good. There's some good here. I just think that it's, I don't know, for the most part, it's one note. And it just, that note is just played for, it's held for too long, you know? Yeah, I, I can agree with that too. It did feel like... This watch for me, it also, even though I do like it, it did, I kept thinking, wow, this one is a bit, is on the slower side, but I did like, you know, like I said, the sort of self-reflective aspect of the zombie, because a lot of the time, zombies are used as a metaphor that's completely antithetical to self-awareness, you know, and so that's where that, that, this makes that work and is clever in that way, but also, I think what might have fixed this, Dave Z, try this on for size, let's see if this works better, what if, in the halfway mark, he has that moment of self-discovery and then from there he's watching and, and maybe even inadvertently and accidentally participating in this rising zombie apocalypse but still going like oh shit like this is this is horrible and I'm one of these and oh god my, my girl and oh, oh there's flesh ah, and then he's looking at the mirror again and is like oh yeah like this is bad like this is you know like I think if, if it had been something like that maybe had milked that a little more it might have given it more of a two note <laughs> rather than one note uh, aspect True. to the story. True. Oh. That could have definitely worked as long as it wasn't played for laughs. If it was played for laughs. Oh, good point. Because you could easily see that happening, you know. And yeah. And this did have have some some goofy stuff in it. You know. Did it? Didn't it though? I don't uh, know. When I, I, I think of it, don't recall. When I think of it, I don't have it in my note or anything. But anytime I picture this one, I picture some silly stuff. I could be wrong. Maybe it's just the taste that's left in my mouth of, of it going on too long. Uh, sure. Somehow, uh, somehow I'm equating that with probably because it's zombies and you see a lot of freaking zomcoms. Maybe I'm yeah. just equating that with that. So maybe I'm maybe I'm way off base on that. I, I do like the fact that it's a virus and they vomit before they turn. That's something different. Yeah, and that that you know it, it absolutely is, and I think that speaks to the idea that Sanchez had the idea of okay here is what this story is here's what these zombies can do here's what they can't do it seemed like they were rather hard to kill didn't it yeah yes it did yeah and so you have that going on where the first story uh, phase one clinical trials 
didn't have that laid out. And just like I said in episode four, you know, when you have a supernatural tale, so many writers don't lay out the rules for the world that the characters are inhabiting. This one did, you know, the zombies do this, they do this. And you, you, you can expect it. They throw up, uh, you know, they, they vomit as to, so as to infect others, you know, maybe in the bite as well. It's, it's clean. It is simple. Dave is right that there is a one-note aspect to that for certain. But it is at least clear. You know, the, the note is clear. So I, I, yeah. can, I can praise it for that while it, it's a little bit of a backhanded compliment, but, you know, I, I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe it's not as bad as, as I'm making it out to be and. Again, maybe next time I watch it, um, both of the first two uh, will come up a little bit. So sure, sure. It, it does okay, happen. Okay. It does happen. All right. Well, then, then let's uh, let's then talk about Safe Haven. So this one is about a team of filmmakers who are invited to film inside the private compound of a doomsday cult. And it just so happens that this is the day that their prophecies, so to speak, come to pass. So these filmmakers are caught up in all the things that this death cult has to do to ascend. And I, I, I guess you could say that's the right word. But man, what a damn good short film. I always look forward to this one every time I watch this. The writing and the pacing are on point here. You know, for starters, Dave Z, you know, the whole thing begins very much grounded in the real world. We've got this film crew. They're making a documentary piece on this particular and peculiar cult that may or not, may not be involving children and sexual practices. Pretty dark stuff. We've got the relational dynamic going on between three members of this crew. Little side romance here, some cheating there, a pregnancy, some breaking up. But then out of nowhere, this cult's end times prophecies, their whole eschatological prophecies come to pass, and this short goes off the rails in all the best ways. I mean, Dave Z, we've got the folks, we've got the cultists killing themselves left and right with guns. We've got the, like the, a la the suicide pacts of many cults. We've got the teachers passing out poison, like juice to the kids. We've got the cult leaders stabbing the hell out of one of the filmmakers. And then best of all, we've got the birth of some kind of antichrist-like figure something like that so much happens so fast stellar work Dave Z what are you what are you thinking man oh it's tremendous it's one of my probably it's probably the best segment that I've seen uh, maybe I'm trying to think of like anthologies from like the 2000s plus and yeah this, this may be easily the best of them all I think it's, it's it, yeah. fantastic yeah absolutely yep. I, and, I and the guy exploding is, is oh yeah Tremendous! Right. Oh man, I love that shot. That's my favorite friggin' shot. Oh, just the the, the different deaths, the, the the birthing scene later on, the gore is Ooh. all. I don't know how they did it. I, I mean, on the budget they have and doing it found footage, I just I don't know. Some of the stuff I just marvel at. I love everything about it. There's only one thing, one tiny tiny thing. The very last shot seems a, a tad bit goofy but i would gotcha. still i would still rate it a 10 out of 10 if i'm rating them that, that's what gave me my because what i did was to come up with my grade was i gave each one of them uh, uh you know a number this and this, oh. this one got the 10 and i divided it by the amount of you know shorts you know got you well, well then uh go back to the the others that we've covered so far what, what did you give those they each were sixes six six ten. Oh. okay yeah. that's fair actually i yeah that, that's that's very fair so i do have a question about this segment here something that's a little unclear to me so we know that one of our characters is pregnant going into this whole filming project they're doing but at what point in the story does her baby go from being her baby to becoming the catalyst for this cult's whole ascension like like when did it become that creature like when did it go from being her baby to whatever 
this cult, you know, turned it into or believed it was. I'm not clear on that transition. Did, did I miss something? No, you didn't. And you know what? That That's a good point because apparently she was pregnant. There's that whole, you know, love triangle thing going on there that's discovered. Yeah. And apparently it's the baby of, you know, the other the other cameraman or whoever, whatever his job is and not, not her, her current boyfriend. And uh, they had a one night stand apparently. But yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Is it just her presence? A, a pregnant woman being there on that particular day, it caused it to sure. happen? Maybe? Because yeah, because, yeah, you know, happening. I like that. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, there absolutely is. My God. Uh, I do like that angle because to think that maybe the Antichrist was already in her when she got there, that's too much for me. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't work at, at, like as, as strong as the rest of this story is to believe that this filmmaker accepting this assignment who's part of it I think she's one you know one of the producers of this of this documentary crew to think that she's already pregnant with their their particular antichrist figure or whatever it is when she goes in there from the start that's that's too coincidental and just not not in a good way so for them to have done something where maybe her being pregnant and being within the proximity of their their voodoo or whatever it is that they do, their magic or their just w whatever it is they have going on that makes this cult special, you know, that like was like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back that sort of set everything off to where, okay, now for this doomsday cult, it is now doomsday. And this is, yeah, we, we have we, Ascension Day is happening. So I like that idea that a pregnant woman needed to be there and then the spirit, I guess we can fill in the blanks that the ethereal spirit of this thing inhabited the baby, turned it into whatever it is, and then busts out. You know, so I, I can dig that. You know what? I, I'll take it to a um, a different level. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. Because of who she was pregnant by, and obviously the kid knows who it's pregnant by, or kid I call it, but you know, the this, <laughs> this entity, being, whatever. Yeah. Maybe because of the circumstances uh, in which this happened. Maybe if it was a husband and a wife and they were in love and they went in there and had a baby, it would not have happened. But because the, this pregnancy oh. happened under you know, what could be considered like nefarious means, you know? Sure. Cheating. So the, the, whole, the whole iniquity, to use a biblical word, sort of kind of is the catalyst for making this all happen. Uh, that's that's very interesting. And I guess to a, to a degree, you know, there's the whole... I guess the sort of it's like the inverse or the antithesis, I guess, of, say, you know, Christ's virgin birth, whereas this is sort of a, a birth born out of infidelity and betrayal. And yeah. so therefore, yeah, they're, they're right there. Iniquity. I think the Bible says iniquity stains the land. And uh, and, and so I think we're getting a little bit of a, <laughs> a thing there with this. I like that, Dave. It puts a moral, a whole moral compass to it that sort of bring, like nails home the whole religious aspects and facets of the story dave i like it you just man i don't know if it's possible to go up uh beyond a 10 but damn it <laughs> <laughs> cool cool I'm glad, I'm glad i helped i mean it was the best i can come up with because i like it why not why not that you know but no for sure something happened when they got in that place they, they must have got the vibe or something maybe because the leader just kind of declared we've been waiting for this day they don't make it sound i don't know i don't know you got that whole thing going on with him you know with the little girl that whole situation which is always like creepy but but, but yep. effective she's like i'm not a girl anymore uh father made sure of that and then did the girl <laughs> yeah. cut her off i always thought that oh. was, uh, that's cool man i mean not cool but it's yeah for the sake of the movie it's cool you know what I mean? like, absolutely man that's freaking creepy shit going on in, in this place this 
this this guy is um you know having sex with these um you know young teen girls yeah and that and of course that just just drives home the whole idea that you we are witnessing kind of the the inner workings in, in of this private cult that's doing some dark things and not just dark things you know like the sacrament which you know I'm not I'm not a big fan of Ty West the sacrament uh the performances I am and of course Amy Simons is is the best I love her but like uh you know my old karaoke buddy no just kidding <laughs> but like uh <laughs> the whole nice. thing of yeah remember that yeah. the whole thing from episode 1 uh, but also the it, it was the you know the idea that they're not supposed to be here, and they're where they're somewhere where they're not supposed to be. And then not only is it dark from a worldly perspective, but then suddenly it's dar- even darker from an otherworldly perspective. And how about those scenes, Dave Z and folks, where this you know the cameraman is navigating his way through this compound trying to escape. He's seeing people you know like the the suicides and the murders you know with the, with mm. the guns because this cult to transform they you know they have to shed this mortal coil and so they do. We're seeing the kids getting poisoned. We're seeing you know and then other worldly things start happening i think do they, they come back from the dead is that right i think so and you got a head yeah. blown off the freaking yep. crawling on the ceiling you got all kinds that's of- right yeah and then this thing and then this birthing scene and it starts coming after him and it, it's so fast it, it and powerful it catches up to his speeding vehicle as because he gets away folks and then it catches up to the speeding vehicle and knocks it off the road this thing is powerful and presumably this thing's taken over i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I could see that. It's a baby now, but yeah. Oh gosh, and to even think of it like when it's full grown, it's gonna take over this this world. Uh, you look how <laughs> no big problem. it is. Right, you see how big it is when it came out of the girl too. It was like my blue giant freaking head and everything else. It just it shredded the girl right up. You know. It was, oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Good stuff, Damn, so, man. So good. yes, it is. Yes, folks, if you if you're still, you know, if you're listening right now and you're just like, oh, I'm just listening to this part of the show. Don't intend to watch it. Maybe just fast forward to Slumber Party or Slumber Party. That, that's the next one. Fast forward to Safe Haven and you, you'll you'll see a fantastic short that's well worth your time. I, once again, Gareth Edwards and Timo Chianto are fantastic directors. So they and they deliver it here. So next one, folks, is Slumber Party Alien Abduction. This one follows a group of lakeside suburban kids who record their various pranks and they're they're funny I, I these kids bust me up and one night a ufo shows up and they have to fight for their lives against invading aliens so Dave Z, what are your thoughts on this one okay um because i've seen it so many times i i used to like this one a little bit more but now i find myself just waiting for the aliens like the stuff the kids yeah. do is funny and the setup and all that and you know um busting into the freaking place when, when they're having sex and you know um <laughs> babies making babies babies making yeah. babies you know <laughs> that's funny um they even just i don't know uh and the kid getting busted for for uh for jerking off and with, yeah uh, with his friends around all, all that stuff <laughs> And again, it, it doesn't overstate its welcome. It's well-paced, all that stuff. But I, I love what happens when the alien shows up, aliens show up so much that I'm just waiting to get there because I truly think that is one of the best things put on film of aliens invading. I, I think it's it's amazing. The freaking, when the loud noise comes in and... Yeah, that was cool. Oh, man, and the way it looks and I don't know. It's going in and out, and, and when they're in the barn, that's scary. That's almost like slasher movie scary when they're in the barn, and just something about me and aliens. I, it's very few alien movies can affect me, and, and when they do, I, I praise them because it, because that's something that that does that's a thought that does 
kind of scare me if they, if something like that were to happen. That's oof, man. But I think they really pull it off. Like the last, like you know, the last ten minutes of this, I, I just think are fantastic. You know, Dave Z, help me out here. There was one scene I don't think I really understood, and it was like so. At one point, they're inside the house when the aliens first arrive, and then suddenly they're in the lake, and then then they're back to the house again. Like what? happened the aliens just like brought him out to the lake and then let him go I, I don't think i was clear on that what did i did the camera cut like what happened hmm no, that's like I, the one part that i don't understand that's kind of where my complaint with this one comes from even the shaky cam like i said that i kind of felt was hiding things rather than highlighting things that really doesn't bother me that much i was kind of just a nitpick and nothing really nothing big at all but i guess there was one scene where i, I was like wait i'm confused so the aliens are you know, they see the flashing lights, and then all of a sudden they're in the lake, and then they're going back to the house again, I think the barn, I was just like, wait, I don't understand, did the aliens have them, and then let them go, like, did they get away, and there's just like this little missing chunk that I don't think I understood. I think that maybe one of them got away, whoever had the camera. Okay. Oh, okay, that, yeah, you know what, that could be it, I'll, I'd have to, you know, next time I rewatch this, I'll, I'll be, uh, be attentive to that, because yeah, you could be right with the dog as well. Right, and then the poor dog, and that. But I mean, all hell breaks. How about that? How about that ending where where the dog falls? That is that's rough. Now, I I think we're both of the mind that we both uh, uh, I don't want to say enjoy, but we both like the sort of narrative implications of kids and pets dying in movies. Uh, There's something to that. I think it was one of the hosts of horror movie podcast has long time said that you know, like a film's real when the dog dies, like. Right, and not, but the thing is, this, this, the effect itself is worth it, because when they pick them up and they go way, 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 way up in the sky and then drop yeah. them, oh, it's so oh. cool. Of course, the very end, I could I could have gone without seeing the actual, the thump of the ground and, and, the, and the the crying dog. Um, oh, yeah, you're you're sensitive these days about the animals. <laughs> I you're am. A, you're a lifesaver. You're a lifesaver. <laughs> I am. But what? See, it could be done. It could be done in a in a in a comic way that doesn't bother me. Like, it's hard to explain. Like when it happens in The Witch, I don't like it. When it happens in Toxic Avenger, I find it funny. Um, when it happens here, I, I don't find. It just depends on the context of it. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but. I okay. have, I have, but I'm never going to be that uptight person that says, oh man, you, you kill a dog. I can't see this movie or, or make a big deal. Oh, I don't want to see a dog get killed. Or, sure, know. sure. Now, if I saw kittens get stomped on, that would probably hurt me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that'd be a mean spirited stuff. Although I got to say my favorite pet death in a movie is Satan's little helper when he snaps the cat's neck and writes boo. <laughs> oh, see, <laughs> that doesn't blood. bother me. That's different. <laughs> yeah. See, you're right. See, yeah. Back to you that know, movie. I, I on a I was on a first date with a girl and uh, we we watched that movie. She'd never seen it, and I wanted to judge her based on that scene. If she freaks out and is like, "Oh, poor kitty," or 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 laughs or whatever, or doesn't isn't bothered by it, I, I was gonna gauge our second date off that. And thankfully, to this girl's credit, worst girl I've ever dated in my life. But she did laugh at that part, and maybe that should have been indicative of the fact that I was uh, about to go down a really dark three-year path. In any case, <laughs> in any case, no. So. <laughs> um, I, I do I do like the levity 
that Slumber Party Alien Abduction brings to the collection here because after Safe Haven, you kind of need a breather, I think. And Ooh. I laugh. One, there's there's a part to this where I laugh like an idiot every time. And there's a word I, I can't say or shouldn't say, rather. And, and no, it's not in my everyday vocabulary. But when the sister's boyfriend grabs their camera from them and he's like, you homophobic slur here can yep. suck my dick and then one of the other kids yells i don't want to yes <laughs> and it just cuts i die every time because i mean i i got to agree I, i'd be like you know i i don't want to like so then it's it's the perfect response i, I laugh at every every time at that right buddy, there. so buddy that <laughs> quote is my notes for the for this one i have maybe one two three only six or seven observations and uh, Literally, that is one of my notes. You can suck my Seriously? Dick, comma. I don't want to. No exclamation want to. point. <laughs> yes. So ah, there you go. Ah. It was in my notes, so it got me too. I love that. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, that that that's like my that might be besides Safe Haven my favorite part of the movie. Just I love that line. Um, well, shoot. I think I I've said everything I wanted to say about this segment. So are there? Do you have any other thoughts about the film? Maybe the ending of the Tape Forty Nine wraparound or. Uh, what what are you thinking? Any any other thoughts before we call it quits? You know, I I don't think I do have any other thoughts about it. I I think we we did a good job actually covering it. Yeah, I do I do as well. And so quickly, where do you place this against the other two VHS movies? I'm definitely two, one, and I've only seen Viral once, and and Mr. Watson had uh, delved a little deeply. I was I was a little bit deep in uh, deep in my cups, as it were. So. <laughs> For me, it's it's right in order. One, two, and, and then viral. Oh, you prefer one over, over two? I'll tell you what. The more I think about one, and it's been quite a while since I, I've watched one, but yeah. I, we are going to do it in, man, it might be the next one. Not the one that's just coming out now, but the one after, but the one after that, Exploding Heads, we are we are doing the trilogy, so I'm going to go into it and, uh, okay. for a while. But when I, when I was looking the other day, I don't think that there is a weak... Uh, entry in VHS in the original, and I know a lot of people don't like that one in the woods. And I, I for the life, oh, of I me, love that one. A lot of people don't like it. I, I I can't imagine what's wrong with it. I think it's great, and I've heard some people say they don't like the uh, the Ty West one with the couple. Yeah, that's I think, me. I dude, I think it's freaking. I don't know. Like nowadays, you you see a lot of stuff like that, but the thought of that happening to, to let's say you. Shack up with some, you know, like that blonde that we saw at the beginning of this movie, uh, VHS yeah. two. Remember that girl? She's in the hotel room with that guy. I thought about you <laughs> with that blonde girl. You know. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's pretend you. She's my in style. There. there you go. Okay. Absolutely. Let's pretend that's you with that girl, and, and nobody's filming to, to, for an expose. But you're put in that position. You and this girl are, are going on some trip, and the thought of somebody breaking in. And freaking filming you with your camera yeah. in your hotel room, and then setting it down, and then what it le- maybe what it leads to is the is maybe that's what leaves a sour taste in people's mouth because I that's almost, literally it, Dave. Oh, because I, I literally the- forgot until right now as I was talking about it the way it ends. I think it would be much better if it were kept ambigu- ambiguous. So, I agree. You know what? Because yeah. literally the only problem I have with it is that ending scene. It's like, oh, really? This is what this was? And then other than that, though, yes, I, I agree 100% the thought of the road trip and being, you know, spied on like that. Yeah, there, that that's that's dark stuff, and I, I do like that. You know what? I When you guys cover it on the whichever EH uh, Exploding Heads you're doing, I will I, I'll, I'll watch along and then, yeah, maybe mail in my th- thoughts or message you really quickly. And hope, yeah, because I, I love VHS1 as well. I, I think... 
except for that that one scene. I think it's a, a damn strong movie. And even the spinoff movie that came from it, Siren, I believe it was. Yeah, I loved fan. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Okay. And did you see Viral by chance? VHS Viral. One I saw time. It one time. And okay. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it? I don't remember it, and I'm I'm kind of saddened by that because I think the one thing I did take away from it was that my favorite rapper had a couple songs in that because the director of one of them, uh, I think it was Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, I think had done who had done who had done uh, Resolution and The Endless and Spring. Oh, really? Well, Spring. Yeah, Spring Cage was my, my favorite rapper from from uh, the your your neck of the woods. There is in that movie Spring in the very beginning. He's that kind of thug that the dude fights. Even though it's kind of funny because as as a rapper, he's not like the thug type. He's more of a flannel wearing skinny jeans type uh, type dude who, <laughs> even though he's one of the darkest rappers out there. Um, but anyways, a lot of people believe Eminem got his shtick, his whole serial killer shtick from him. Actually, it's kind of a whole thing. But anyways, not n- none of that. But like uh, we won't get into that. But he, his, a few of his songs did appear in VHS Viral, and I remember thinking, ah, oh, they should have used a couple different songs. But in any case, that's mm-hmm. all I remember of that. But you know, I'm gonna, I can't wait to revisit VHS One. But that, uh, and I will when you guys do that episode. So I think, folks, that does it for us. Um, Dave Z, have you any last words? Last I mean, not last word. words, as in like uh, <laughs> this <laughs> migraine you've got right now is gonna claim you. But I just, last word for this uh, Halloweeny October episode. Oh yeah, Halloween is right. Hope everybody is uh, gonna have a great Halloween, safe, you know. And uh, yeah, keep watching movies, man. Forget thirty-one days of October. You should be making, you know, thirty-one days. Uh, you should be watching a horror movie a day all year round and talking about them. Because <laughs> I, I love, love what's going on, don't you? Right now, yes. with, with everybody talking about what they've been watching, and it's like everything comes to life, um, you know, in, in, in the places that we hang out with online. It's just, you know, I don't know. I wish yep. there was more. That I wish people always put the movies they watched up there, and everybody seems to be happy about it. There doesn't seem to be any negativity. Oh, that movie sucks. You're seeing less of that right now. And uh, wow, yeah. you really are. I didn't think of that. Yeah, have have you noticed? Yeah, man. Now that you say it, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's it's it, it's good times. So hopefully, um, you know, I hope we can all continue to, to have this this attitude and keep sharing what we're watching. And if you don't like it, then don't say nothing. But just have fun, man. Just spread the horror love. I like it. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we're out of here. Happy Halloween. See you. <laughs>